When the crowd gets loud, that's a pop. When Biff Music hits the chop of a lifetime, that's a monster pop. Hey, everybody. I'm Reclaim Joey, Twitch streamer, performer, professional wrestler, and uh, we are Monster Pop Podcast. I'm flanked here with D Straight, lifelong professional wrestling fan. And uh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing okay, although I'm a little upset my number didn't come up. I was an alternate in the uh, greatest clusterfuck, and I just sat on ass. <laughs> oh my god, the greatest clusterfuck. Holy shit. Also flanked by EOD, Emperor of Destruction, Dr. Destruction, PhD, legit doctor, right here, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just, you know, watching a whole lot of stuff. Uh, wasn't there live with you guys? That would have been, I'm sure, a total hoot, but... Uh, you know, it's sometimes there's some advantage from getting that uh, bird's eye view, if you will. Like, holy shit, we watched we watched a lot of wrestling this week. Be honest, were you watching the in ring action, or did you spend the majority of your time just trying to spot us in the crowd? I was watching. Uh, the, I don't think I only spotted you guys <laughs> a couple times uh, on which was it? Spring Break. Spring Break was the one where you guys were kind of visible. I did try to look a few times, but it was sometimes the camera was just so disorienting. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. The crowd's going <laughs> to focus. Did I get my shit in? <laughs> <laughs> you did have a very concerned look following the uh, Joey Janela and X-Pac match. X-Pac match. <laughs> yeah, I was concerned for the future of professional wrestling. Yeah, I was wondering if you just turned to Joey and was like, did we just see the worst uh, Joey Janela spring break ever? No, oh, it wasn't that bad. No, I don't know bad. what the worst. Yeah, I had seen them all, so I don't know. I was just you know mimicking your your previous WrestleMania oh, rest- testimonials. Which whichever Roman numeral went after WrestleMania in 2016, that was you know that that's what we're referencing. It was the worst WrestleMania of all time. I think it's the one I've been to. So man, so, uh, yeah, insane weekend in Dallas. We're Joey and I are DFW boys. So we didn't have far to go to hit some of these shows. We took pleasure in doing so. Um, what do you guys just want to get into what we attended? And I know Doc, you saw these events on, um, you know, on live feed. Yep. So you'll have some insight there that we didn't. Of course, when you are attending a live wrestling event, there's always going to be some action you can't fucking see because you're on the other side of the ring or you're on the other side of the crowd. When they're you know fighting into the crowd, etc., and you hear pops coming from the other side of the building, sure, your your side of the building just has we can't see shit chance going or whatever. So <laughs> it's good, yeah, it's good to have you here. We certainly don't have more insight than you necessarily, just because we're there. Other than maybe atmosphere in the building and and setup and general mood and everything. But Joey, what do you think walking What's... up to the uh, uh, Embarcadero building in Fair Park? Before we get to that, let's talk about. Can we talk about something uh, important here? Let's talk about the the format of our shows this week. So we sure. are going to have two separate shows. We're going to have this episode that you're listening to right now, which we'll release first. It's going to be all of the stuff that we experienced and stuff uh, that's not WrestleMania itself related. If that makes sense, um, there will be a standalone WrestleMania only episode. Everything else is going to be all the shows that we attended live uh we're going to talk about our experience um we're going to talk about what the atmosphere was like what what like stuff that we set up stuff that we saw interesting things like that so that's what we're doing here this week so i just wanted to let you know if we don't get to wrestlemania there is a different episode for wrestlemania that will be out later this week so yeah awesome yeah so my thoughts walking up to this place um i was excited because it was just like this really it was in like it was in fair park 
So we literally had to like walk into like the area. I'm bummed I didn't get to see Big Tex uh, yesterday. So uh, I love Big Tex because it's fucking weird and creepy. And uh, I don't know. Be, early like, morning guy. Movie. Early morning guy. Steel. I think is a good stand-in for Big Tex. I agree. Oh my god. Early morning guy. Steel. Holy shit. That's one of the highlights of the weekend, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, we walk. We walk up. We see a lot of the wrestlers hanging out and. Uh, a lot of the fans hanging out, and we see like just the a, a fucking poster board of just, that just says the collective in Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, no fancy <laughs> sign or anything. It just says the collective. So that's where we're going. The GCW collective, just the collective. It just says the collective. And uh, maybe, so maybe, we walk. Yeah, we'll post that. I think we have a picture of that. But maybe fastsigns.com fucked their order up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we walk in. And uh, and to our, immediately to our left, there's this big giant room that has a ring in it. I have no idea what the ring was for. I assume it was for wrestlers to work out in and train and stuff like Wait, that. Wait, before or... hold on, hold on, hold on. You are bearing the fucking lead talking about that ring. Okay. The first thing you see is fucking Suzuki standing <laughs> in the entryway oh, okay. to that building you're Good talking point. about. Yeah. But you walk in and you're like, okay, we're here. Some wrestling fans around. What's here to the left? Oh, Minoru Suzuki just immediately just standing there with a blank look on his face at his table. We were really excited. Davey's like, holy, he goes, holy shit, Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> and then we see him and then we go up and we uh, get a picture with him. And he was so, I don't want to fucking like break kayfabe or anything here, but he was really nice. Like he, he, he was, uh, didn't say a word like he had like a handler or whatever fucking doing shit and uh uh we got a picture with him he's just like didn't change his facial expression at all took the picture but then he shook our hands and i was like thank you sir that's all. <laughs> that was it yeah, he said thank you uh, so yeah, he sh- did say thank you hand, which like, i was yeah i was surprised that we're shaking hands in this era yeah and i yeah. compared it to if you've ever made pancakes before <laughs> and you've you drop too much batter in one spot and it didn't spread out for whatever reason and you end up with this thick ass pancake. That's his hands were like that. They were unbelievably thick, like they were just stacked with scar tissue. And he gave me what I assumed was, you know, your typical pressure on a handshake. He didn't do the you know, those guys always trying to compensate for something by squeezing your hand really hard <laughs> on a handshake. He didn't yeah. do that. He didn't do that at all, and it still fucking hurt. I didn't have the same experience. It was a very firm handshake, but uh, he shook my hand, and I said, "Thank you, sir." And he goes, "Hmm," and uh, that was pretty much it. I didn't. I didn't hurt me. I don't. Maybe he like used all his strength up on you or something, but it was definitely a firm handshake. I think he sees me as a threat, and he just does. He sees you as somebody that he'll squash. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but if you That's hear this, Suzuki, if you hear this and you get this translated, Joey did say he saw right through you. The ring, and I, I didn't. I saw Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think you know. At this point, we just got to end the show, right? I mean, you've exposed the business. You've exposed yeah. Suzuki. <laughs> What's the point? It's all over now. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So the atmosphere in in you know in and around the building was, you know, there was an anticipation for sure. It's char. It's highly charged. The weekend is just starting. They had already run Glory Pro Wrestling uh, at that venue. I'm not sure what the attendance was like for that. I couldn't really get any residue from that event by being there. It may as well have been the first event of the day. We're talking about Bloodsport. We're showing up for Bloodsport. Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 8, by the way. Can we talk um, that room that Suzuki is, is in? Can we talk about all the crazy merch we saw? 
Yeah, they had vendors in there. Yeah, some wrestling related merch. They had, yeah, yeah t- <laughs> you don't sound as excited about it as I. I thought was. a lot of it was junk. I mean, there were a lot of you know Walmart Steve Austin shirts that were faded. Yeah, there were those, but there were some cool. The coolest stuff was the Lucha stuff. Oh yeah, like they had. That, yeah. They had this really cool like Kimonito shirt with like it had like glittery blue fur and uh there was just like some cool little like old action figures and some people were selling tapes but then there was some absolute garbage you're you're not wrong there was like that was that was certainly the best booth and they were at the last GCW show as well so that might just oh, be Oh yeah you're they, right good yeah i forgot about that, that they do. but i on the way to Dallas i listened to there's a podcast I like called Twitch of the Death Nerve, and they did an entire episode about the El Santo, the El Santo films. So I was feeling, I was feeling inspired, and I grabbed an El Santo action, El Santo action figure. So that's the context awesome. of the picture. It's a yeah, really cool. It's a yeah. really cool figure too. He's got a cape and everything. It is really cool. So I had some little Dracula figure that someone had gotten me for a birthday. So <laughs> I went ahead and posed him like dropping Dracula on his head or whatever. We, but it's a cool figure too. We posted a picture of it on our Twitter, which is uh, Twitter at Monster Pop Pod. Y'all want to check it out? We filter into the main building, which um, I think on on TV it kind of looked like a rundown building, but. In person, it's actually not. I mean, it's it's showroom floor space, so they don't typically in those buildings they don't finish out the ceiling, so uh, you have exposed ductwork yeah. and everything. But that's part of the design. I think on TV it maybe looked like an abandoned warehouse, but it's actually very nice and very upscale. It actually Certainly didn't look a, too bad on the feed. Okay, it's a it's a it's not a cheap building to to rent. That's for sure. Right. And they've had it, they had it for 48 hours, like full 48 hours, for 72 hours or something like that. I don't know, a long time. I thought it was a great building to run. Mm-hmm. It was a great building. It was to, to beautiful. It was clean. It was oh, yeah. wide. It didn't have like a lot of shit like, like bombarding the way. Like we posted pictures of it. It looks gorgeous. And one thing and, that, I, and I don't want to sound insulting, but we've been to wrestling events that didn't have the luxury of high ceilings and a spacious Mm-hmm. Um, room and what starts to happen is uh, a smell starts to permeate and I'm not saying wrestling fans <laughs> don't shower but I'm saying it can get hot in there and it yeah. can start to smell bad this we had plenty of ventilation great great fucking building one thing about GCW shows and the way they run the door it's just plenty of opportunity to just sneak in and maybe I shouldn't say <laughs> that but I, we know somebody somebody told us that they snuck in to the planet death show and they they accidentally so easy yeah and they accidentally gave our other friend like multiple wristbands when he like showed them like his ticket he's like oh here's my ticket and they like gave him like a handful of wristbands it was so weird it was so weird and uh yeah it's not the most they they don't lock it down for sure i want to uh i also want to like talk about something that um that goes along with what you said about there being like really nice ventilation in that building and stuff like that i realizing right now that it was always like a great temperature. Like it was, it was never hot. It was never cold. Like the temperature was always perfect in there. And I, I just realized how much of an enjoyable experience it was than to be in a building that was way too hot or way too cold. Straight up. I forgot man. about that. Holy shit. It was very comfortable fucking wrestling shows to watch. That's crazy so, to think about. I know, right? That you don't yeah. normally, that no, normally doesn't get talked about, but a lot of the indie yeah. shows run in buildings of, um, you know, do. The other building that they run in is an indoor soccer facility that yeah. I don't even think oh my has God. air conditioning. So it can We went to right. that one show dead in the fucking center of fucking summer mm-hmm. and we were just sweating. We just like we were just filthy when we left, like disgusting. 
Felt like we went to a fucking punk show. Doc, on the on the feed for Bloodsport, how did it open? Do you remember? Or did oh. you catch it from the very beginning? They do the they do the intros. Yeah, they the did open. the intros. Yeah, yeah the where intros, like they have yeah. they brought everyone, you know, to the ring and like fight number one is so and so. And you know They do that every Bloodsport. They have like the people coming, which is weird because they kind of kill their pop. I don't yeah. know why they do that. Like I don't know if that's like a thing in like um I don't know, like a pancreas thing or some shit. I have no fucking idea, but uh, it's weird. But I feel like they kill their pop. But yeah, they definitely show that on the fucking show, like on the feed. Yeah, one hundred percent. But um, it does allow. At least it allows for, you know, I think Suzuki and Dickinson got each other's faces a little bit. Yeah, man. yeah. Got you know, put, push them apart. Okay, so that was that was broadcast. So we're in this building, and I'm telling you, the anticipation in there and the charge was so good. Such mm-hmm. a positive charge. I was really stoked to be in there it was we're very much you get the feeling that when you're at that show as a wrestling fan and you walk in that building right as the show's beginning you get the feeling that i don't think there's anywhere else in the world i want to be right now and mm-hmm. very seldom in, in someone's life can they actually say that because you'd always rather be you know whatever the cliches are on the on the beach or you know the city that you want to be in or with your friends or whatever but i think it was just like yeah this is this is the fucking place to be right now Absolutely. It was, it was, uh, it, I definitely felt like we were where the, the best wrestling fans were going to be at that moment in time. I was fucking excited out of my goddamn mind, uh, ready for this show. We had great seats. There was no, there was no bad seats in the house. So, like, if you ever go to one of these shows, or I guess at least at this building, and there's standing room only, and you don't mind standing, get fucking standing room only because there's literally not a bad seat in this house. Not at all. Like you hear that sometimes, but there really isn't. It's such a cool atmosphere. You can see the ring from anywhere that you are, as long as you don't have fucking lurch sitting in front of you or some shit. <laughs> yeah. um, which we inevitably always get stuck. We behind. always get stuck behind somebody like that, which you know people can't help how tall they are, but somehow we always end up with some fucking weirdos in front of us. <laughs> we'll get to that one later. But do you want to uh, run through? Do you want to run through the matches, or, or yeah. do we just want to talk some highlights? So. I, well, I, th- I guess we can kind of run for the matches. And I was going to say, um, to some extent, the atmosphere, it did and didn't come across on the feed. Like, this yeah. first match, you could hear, like, a pin drop in this crowd. Weird. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys were hyped in person. I mean, part of it was, like, the front row we people were. didn't seem to, like, give a shit. Like, they're on their phones. Like, I don't know if that they were sucks. just expecting more of, like, yeah. a high spots I, type I, style or what. But it, it, this match in particular, they didn't really react to. I know that like like we like us we were taking pictures and posting them on social media and things like that and I know that other people probably were too but it was not very quiet most of the time in the building it actually was really hype I don't know if that's just on GCW and how their fucking um, audio is for their crowd but the show was hype like it seemed it seemed like people were really into it it really did I don't and, and I don't want to say that it was super loud especially during this first match because mm-hmm. I think people, I'd compare it to something of the, and I don't necessarily think this is true about Japanese crowds historically, but you hear people say, oh, the Japanese crowds sit respectfully and watch. That's not really, especially if you go back and watch 90s All Japan and stuff, they're mm-hmm. the, the hottest crowds maybe of all fucking time. Yeah. These dudes literally jumping, pumping fists, running down the aisles, getting just getting crazy. But I, I'm telling you from my vantage point, so the first match is, Masha Slamovich and Shania Kai, right? Mm-hmm. 
I felt everyone's attention was absolutely yeah. glued, and there was hundred percent. Everyone was mesmerized by what was going on, what they were going to do. I felt that way. Everyone around me seemed into it, and yeah, there was a quiet, but it wasn't. We're bored. Quiet. It was. Okay. We're watching. Like, yeah, we're watching. It was almost like like a, like you're seeing a great movie, and everyone yeah. is being quiet, and then of course there's going to be some cheering. This uh, style, so, Bloodsport yeah. style, is a hundred percent like a. A, a very more more intimate style, uh, so to speak, with the uh, with the mat wrestling and everything, and it's so good because it makes a lot. It, it by default it makes things mean something, right? So I came away. I remember everybody loving this match, and I came away being a huge Masha, Masha Slamovich fan. Like I knew her, I thought she was pretty good. But man, after this match, I really, really thought she was great. Okay. And there was this there was a spot where I thought they both I thought they both did. They were both job. good. Yeah, they were both very good. Um but for some something about Masha was really great to me and uh there was a spot where they were just like working towards something and then um I think Masha picks uh picked up her opponent and did just a basic body slam and then that was like the first big pop of the show. Mm-hmm. It for a fucking body slam. It was so good and like that's kind of like what the old timers mean when you say make something mean something. And this style actually lends to that a lot because you're always constantly working for something. And when you work for something in a pro wrestling match, it that's what makes it mean something, right? Because it means you fucking went through a lot to get it, right? It's the old adversity makes a great champion kind of thing. So if you're going through adversity in the match, when you finally get something, it's going to be really cool. But yeah, I can I can honestly agree with Davey. Everybody was into this match. If it looks like they were bored, it's because they were paying attention. That's the only way we could put it. Except for me, if you said you saw a few jaded guys on their, yeah. on their phone, I'm sure, yeah. those, I'm sure there was they some could, people like that in there. They could have been tweeting. Maybe they were texting their loved ones that they were there. Or they were, or they were Googling Masha Slamovich opinion on Russian-Ukraine war. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I did want to say something real quick about like the style and how it leans itself to like stuff meaning something. Mm-hmm. What what it does too is like when people like when moves like real moves happen, not just you know jockeying for position and stuff like that. Like I noticed like the crowd popped like when she got in like a LaBelle lock, like moves that they mm-hmm. recognized. That's yeah. when like that's when the crowd kind of came alive, right? Even like a body slam, right? sure. yeah, it's a little bit more basic, but it's like it's something, right? It's as opposed to just kind of that leverage stuff. And I think, you know, there's certain matches where I think the crowd was definitely more alive as far as like the audible reaction Mm -hmm. uh, down the car. But yeah, this match was, uh, it was totally fine. It just seemed like, again, like it was, uh, the crowd just seemed a little cold uh, compared to how it would later in the show, especially when you start getting some names out on the, uh, out in the ring. I can, I, I, I can tell you the exact moment where things really got hot and picked up for the entire rest of the show, like, and just stayed hot. But like I said, I don't think anybody I don't I wouldn't see that as anything negative because people were really just paying attention. They were interested, but maybe just not hype yet because the sh- like the, the sure. weekend is just starting. Maybe they're not going crazy yet. But there was like a I can I can tell you the exact moment. We'll get to that in a second. Um, well, and, and one thing about this style and it has its pros and its cons, but yeah, the biggest pro I think is that you have two competitors that are in constant offensive defensive mode and what that does is like you say it when you finally get something through offensively you just overcome you just overcame rather let me conjugate my fucking verbs you just overcame their best defensive effort and it makes it mm. mean that much so if and and i see guys selling and and professional wrestling environments that they mm. oh, they can't quite get that move yet they can't quite get that move yet but their opponent isn't really being defensive 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't really come across, and and I'm not saying you can't do that. They do that thing outside where like, of the like, style. Yeah, they do that thing where like they try to go for the like the suplex and they just hook the leg a little bit. Like that's not really what we're talking yes. about here. Yeah. It's some. It's like yeah. it's it's like you're really fighting for it. It's like somebody going for an armbar, and then the defensive yeah. guy grabbing yeah. their arm and not letting them have it. It's like rolling around until the, somebody can finally get something. It's like trying to put dead weight on your opponent and not not sandbagging. But like, man, this style is just—it's so fucking good for all that stuff. It's and even in, like, in that, yeah, even in that spot you mentioned, if if you go to put somebody in, you know, your uh, typical uh, wrestling hold or slam, let, let's just mm-hmm. use the su- suplex as an example, and your opponent is fighting their fucking ass off not to get yeah. suplexed with everything they have, that's that's what we're talking about. Well, yeah, the, yeah, and what the biggest thing about it is that it makes it it makes ever both. Both uh, wrestlers look like they're trying to win all the time. Yeah, exactly. They wa- it, it makes them look like they want to win. It makes it look like they're trying to win. It doesn't make anybody look like they're fucking there to do to go through the motions. Like it just lends to that. And another thing that, like, even if they were trying to go through the motions or they were tired, the other wrestler is not going to let them because the the style is so physical and intimate. They have no choice but to like work that style too. Like it kind of brings you brings somebody else up to their level. Like that's why we see a guy like Yoya look really good, right? We see him look silly on GCW shows, but when he's in this environment, he's badass because he's he's using what he knows and he's trying to yeah. fucking match that kind of stuff. And, and, and that, yeah. I, I would love to see like a full blown promotion of this style that had storylines and like some classic pro wrestling stuff, but like this style only. And that would only like I would love to see something like that. Like if they just made Bloodsport like a full. A, like thing with like a real booker and everything it would be fucking sick i think it would be say, really what, good oh sorry what were you gonna say doc well i was gonna say since we're bringing up yoya like should we talk about his uh match uh which was next on the card yeah absolutely yeah let's, let's bring it up let's go yeah so yoya versus ninja mac so ninja mac comes out first and unmasks for like sort of the special occasion right you know this is blood mm-hmm. sport treated more seriously that was a big pop it even this came was through the, on the yeah. audio yeah this, this is was the, the moment first, you're talking about. This is not the moment I was talking about. Oh, okay. But this is the big moment that this was like the first big moment of the show, right? This is when people started coming up a little bit. But this was like he took his mask off and then people popped. But then he fucking started walking forward and he fucking fired up. And then people just like like the fucking audio just raised in the freaking room. Like he was really over right here for this, and uh, yeah, and he was over even as he came out. Like you could tell that he's clearly mm-hmm. like a star with like the JCW crowd, mm-hmm. um, and I guess you know kind of in the general indie crowd. Um, he was obviously on a ROH Supercard of Honor, not to like you know bury the lead, but the commentary actually said that uh, fans, I guess, sort of like voted him in, so to speak. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, that's rad. I did not know that. Um, in fact, when we were there, and I guess we're skipping ahead a little bit, when we were there. I was bummed to find out that nobody knew who he was. Oh, that's at least like there was only nobody, like a, but it, yeah, it wasn't. No, yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like zero. You weren't getting like the like, Ninja Mac chance. Yeah, I thought we were gonna get some Go Ninja, Go Ninja goes. I thought we were gonna get some Ninja Mac chance, and then the gasps and stuff when he did a couple of things in the match that told me that people had no idea who he was. I think that the set of fans that went to the ROH show were closer to like Mainstream. AEW fans. Yeah, I wouldn't say mainstream, but they're closer to like AEW fans, which closer to mainstream than normal indie fans, and but less away from the mainstream than like say WWE fans. Sure. So like, there's like this, you know, there's like these layers and like a spectrum of wrestling fans, I guess. And um, 
that's where they were. These these were not like the ones that would know about Ninja Mac. And I was really surprised by that because I was pumped. I was real pumped to see Ninja Mac. And I looked around just people with thumbs up their asses like, like seeing him, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, they don't know who he is. I couldn't believe it. But that's we'll get back, we'll get to that later, I guess. But back on the show, he was like people were really into it. This was the first big moment of the show. Uh, and the match was freaking awesome. If you want to take us through it, yeah. So like at first, um, like because they're work, they're they're working sort of the blood sport style with like a hybrid of like that more like gymnastic stuff that they do. Like there's you know the way they like avoid moves and whatnot is clearly you know the ninja mac uh, style and like Yoya kind of works a somewhat similar style. And at first, I was kind of wondering like this isn't bad, but you know would this be better if they were just in a normal match that you know they got to do all their stuff in? But it quickly picked up. They I think did a couple spots where they crashed the floor. One looked really bad, and commentary mm-hmm. put it over as it's pure concrete. You guys was. confirmed it was that, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent pure concrete. I even showed, I even like took a picture of our feet. Not, yeah, not like yeah, you, yeah, you sent me like the picture of your feet when, when I, I was like, of literally where we were standing to show to show EOD. He's like, is that really concrete? It doesn't look like concrete. And I was like, oh, well, I wasn't look. like, and I put, doubting. But I was just like, like, is there really no protection here? And you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. There's zero protection there. And I took a picture of, of like where we were standing, and it's just pure concrete, straight, straight up. Crazy yeah, and, freaking and that, like falls, and that extended all the way to the ring. They didn't have padding around the ring. Exactly, none at all. And then. Uh, yeah, and then eventually uh, we get a, I think this is our first knockout win with this really insane looking 540 kick from Ninja Mac. Yeah, that was really cool. Just yeah, spiked he, Yoya under the ring. Yeah, he's nuts. Match ruled. Okay. Did you like this? You like this match, Davey? Yes, yeah. I, and Yoya did a great job of selling the knockout. Like, he looked limp. And they did, you know, there was some more shoot style. There wa- There were some more professional wrestling style high spots the spill to the outside like you mentioned was incredible we get everybody gasped for that this was a lot of fun i'm having a lot of fun at this point um and then we get to the next match which kind in my opinion kind of brought brought things back down to like kind of a baseline yeah i would agree um bad dude tito versus uh royce isaacs um, I was going to say something that kind of, and I think it, it came into play here as well with, I somewhat have somewhat of an issue with the shoot style in the sense that, you know, a knockout, like, yeah, you have to sell it, but like at the same time you need to get out of the ring. So you have to get up within like, you know, the next minute or so. Right. Yeah. Which is like, mm-hmm. but you know, like suspension and disbelief and all that, like it's, it's fine. It's just like, it does sort of take you out of it when you're trying to be like, oh, this is like real but then it's not they could have more ring crew or quote-unquote medical staff sure or whatever rush out there out, yeah. you know and you see that in, in new japan where young lines or young boys will get out there with the ice packs and they get it looks like they're getting a lot of help after, after yeah. a match and stuff and they they should definitely do something like that for ko victories in in blood sport and even maybe the occasional stretcher motherfucker out <laughs> you know what i mean yeah sure. straight up that's what they, they do uh, in the in the Bloodsport movie. Mm-hmm. They do, uh, yeah. This match, it was like, and you can tell, like, like these guys that came out, you can tell that it was pro wrestlers that were that. I don't want to like just say this because I don't know for sure, but it, it it came off to me like guys that didn't know how to work a shoot style at all, or do or do a shoot style that they were You're talking about this look- particular match. Yeah, the guys that looked yeah. like they were like like just some tough guys instead of mm-hmm. being like tough shoot guys. Yeah, and they were doing things that looked like pro wrestling to me, 
and uh and not in a good way and like at least not for this style and it was weird so this match was not bad but it was just very um this was easily the weakest match on the card this was like astonishingly sure. average it was yeah exactly astonishingly Straight average up. that's a yeah. good way to put it yeah and it, it it did kind of put a damper on the momentum that i think had built between match one and two mm-hmm I don't think it totally came back for this one, but then we had Slade versus Alex Coughlin. Yeah, uh, last year we saw Alex Coughlin in just one of the coolest fucking spots of, the, of like the whole weekend. And uh, this match, it was it was another one that was fine. It was better than the match before it, but again, it was kind of average to me. Mm-hmm. The deadlift German at the end uh, that led into this yeah. Renee Choke win, I thought that was pretty cool. But like, yeah, yeah. it was just kind of yeah. I like I like Coughlin. Like obviously he's a LA Dojo guy. They announced him as an LA Dojo guy, which was cool. Um, oh yeah, yeah, they did. So yeah, it just wasn't you know a, a showcase maybe for him. But I did enjoy this uh, a lot better than the, the previous match for sure. Next up, we had John Hennigan versus Simon Gotch. Uh, John Hennigan when he came out, like there was a pop for him, but I, I it wasn't like what you'd expect for like a name to do it. I think they just didn't realize who mm-hmm. he was because he changes his name, like the John, Johnny, whatever. Well, but he, eventually he cha- they quickly came around to, you know, Johnny Bloodsport as they started chanting for. Well, he wasn't dressed like he normally is. He was, yeah, wearing, like, he was wearing his shooter shorts and his shooter stuff. And like, he just looked completely different for a second, but then he held up a flag that literally just said Johnny on it. And so then everybody knew who he was. Yeah. This was okay. The highlight of the match was uh, when it got really quiet, and I yelled, "Simon got shoots on in, shoots hard on Enzo Amore, something like that." And then <laughs> putting got, like, a chuckle. Yeah, I'm putting myself over right now. It got a chuckle. That was the best part of the match. We got to get Simon Gotch versus Enzo Amore in a future blood sport, right? I hope so. I want to see pretty, that. I'm pretty sure that Johnny was dressed as um, the Chung Lee Bolo Young character from Bloodsport. By the way. Was he? No, I no don't think so. He was wearing some regular ass shirts. He was clothes. wearing like the red. He was wearing like the red and shorts with the stripe and the headband, which Bolo is young? Was, which is Bolo's gear from Bloodsport. Okay. Didn't he have? Didn't he have full red like pants? I thought. I thought he, he had like. I thought, like, he was it red, I thought it was red and black. Yeah, red and black. Oh and wow, these props then. Wait, were they were they shorts or like longer shorts or were they full? I pants? thought they were shorts, but I can't remember. Yeah, that, that's honestly. Bolo then. That, that has to be what he's doing. He's doing the headband. Come on, that's what he was doing. Okay, I I'll take your word for. It. I don't remember what he looks like, so or what he looked like. He was wearing. That you took. <laughs> Did I take any pic? Did we take any pictures of him? I don't. know. I think I so. Care. I think uh, you posted one on Instagram or maybe with media. Uh, I can't remember. I don't think that this match was a huge improvement over the the prior two, a little bit. Yeah. But the the crowd being hotter was you know made it a little bit more more fun. They love John Hennigan for whatever reason, and mm-hmm. um, you know he's he's solid. He's charismatic. Women like him. He got a big <laughs> response from the from the lady folk in the crowd. People chanting Johnny Bloodsport. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, Simon Gotch also came out to like I think one of the few heel reactions yeah i mean there were like got, some, like, some heat. in matches but i think he was the only one that was like immediately received as a heel he had some heat mm-hmm. yeah so this next match is where it really started picking up uh zeta zang versus marina shafir yeah they came out and it felt for no reason at all felt big time like 
the way like the they seriousness stoked, they, they, the way they stared each other down and whatnot the, the way they stared each other down marina shafir had her game face on uh they both looked really great and professional like fuck this match was like the first really great match on the card i think marina uh, had just gotten the video package on dynamite this week that yeah. too. Yeah. That probably put her on a lot of people's radars that, you know, where they didn't have her previously. But mm-hmm. Zeta was fucking awesome too. Yeah, they yeah. were so good, both of them. Uh, Davey and I were really into this match. I remember we were fucking, we were really into it. And then, uh, Th- though the finish was a little messed up because, like, the ref called it, but, like, it, I, the commentary wasn't sure what was going on because they couldn't right. see that she tapped. And then the crowd seemed a little confused too. I don't remember being very yeah. confused. I, I remember being like, like, uh, being really excited about the finish, and maybe you I were didn't see smarter her, I, than the other fans. I don't. <laughs> I didn't see her tap, but I saw the ref calling for the bell. Yeah, so I, I knew saw she that too. Tapped. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been because of the side that we were on or something. But maybe. Yeah, this we like. I like this match. I like this match a lot. This was great. Marina Shafir is uh, is money straight up, and so is Zeta. Uh, maybe Marina, Marina more so, but in a different way. But yeah, it's they're they're they were money. This was a money match straight up. Going into this weekend, and I had said this before, I knew there were there were people that I had heard of and maybe I had seen once or a handful of times, and I knew that this weekend was going to put people on my radar. And these two for sure are now there, and we're going to get Shafir on AWTV, but Zeta, I will definitely be on the lookout for her to see where yeah. she goes, and I'll be interested to, to if, see her again. If uh, any companies had people scouting... Then they're definitely gonna want Zeta. They're they're gonna want Zeta and Marina Shafir. It sounds like AEW already has her though. Good stuff. Um, yeah. And then the next match was where Jr. Kratos uh, versus Timothy Thatcher. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Timi- Timothy Thatcher coming out got a Super big over. pop. Oh my god! Like he is a shoot god. Like a like people like people that like this this style love Timothy Thatcher. And um, fuck man, I was so excited to see him. It was my first time seeing Timothy Thatcher live. Uh, one of my favorites, and fuck, man, and Kratos, big motherfucker. We didn't think much of him at first, and then, or I didn't think much of him at first, at least in like a shooting aspect. And he did a great job of being that big dude. Like it was good. And good by the en- and by the end of the night, uh, the crowd seemed to hate him. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He 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 fucking fed into that. Uh, there was a boy chant. I don't know if this came across, but a boy chant broke out. Uh, because you know he's Kratos, Kratos, and stuff like that. Oh. And people were yelling at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and people were so mad that Tim lost. So mad. This was Tim's Boo's first match back. Chance. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dang. I think <laughs> Put, putting I, myself yeah. over again. I started the bullshit chant. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I think yeah, this was his first match back, and he came out to a great reaction. And yeah, you said he's a shoot god, but he's he's working. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's working his ass off with facials and stuff. Like he's a great professional wrestler, straight up. And if he doesn't end up with, I, and I don't know, because it's just like, I, I don't want to be that guy that says Tony Khan signed this guy. I want to see him in New Japan so bad, dude. He straight would be up. so that's, good there. That's God. where I want to see him. And I'd be shocked if he didn't show up on Strong or something. Maybe he just doesn't right, want to. Man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know like, if he's. And they're on tour right now. I know yeah. the most recent episode of Strong. They were in Florida. It's taped. Yeah. Um, but primarily, right, LA Dojo, and it's primarily a West Coast promotion. And I don't know where Thatcher lives. And he lives I can't in he, he, he's a, he lives in California. So there's that. Okay. So well, that shit. works out. If, if, so if he's but living I, there you know, right now. 
I don't know like what is up with him. He 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 hates social media. He's he's like one of those. He's real old school. He doesn't like social media. And I know there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But a lot of companies now they care about your presence online. That's like important to them. Like that's why Danhausen got signed because he's like such a big presence online. He sells a fuck ton of merch, and he's never even like been on TV. And uh, a guy like Thatcher, he does not use any of that stuff. So how interesting does he look to bigger companies? I think New Japan might not care or probably wouldn't care, but there, that is a thing when it comes to these big uh, companies wanting to sign somebody. He was. Like, oh, I mean, this guy he, doesn't even have a Twitter account. Like, what the fuck? I mean, he was main eventing NXT events before That's this true, yeah. format. So he's. it's not like he hasn't had some exposure. And in the indie that world too, with yeah. his, his run and Evolve and on various indies, mm-hmm. you, you know, he's a known quantity. Oh, fuck, man. He's so good. He does this thing that I think only the best people in show business do, and I'm not. And people might get pissed when you say wrestling and show business in the same, in the same mm-hmm. breath. So I'm not necessarily equating wrestling to show business, even though it is very much. Yeah, straight but, up. But but let's but let's take that out of the equation. Just let's just talk about people who are doing live uh, performances, whether or not it's a musician, a comedian, a speaker, whatever. They have this ability to make you think that they are looking right at you when they're in that when they're in that when they're in the ring or they're on stage and Thatcher does that he's got that ability i know the motherfucker wasn't looking at me i know we don't have a, a fucking connection but when he looked out in the crowd in our direction yeah. i swear he was looking at me and Joey probably he thought that too yeah. he was, was just, yeah. just kind of smiling like when I, he would get yeah. Kratos in a you know i took it was like i was, i took pictures of that part too like it was uh it was when he was doing the uh, indian deathlock and then he was doing that thing where he was like falling back with it and stuff like that. And then people kept saying one more time. So he would look around the crowd and he'd smile. And you're right. Like it looked like he was looking at you. And then he would get up and he would do the sadistic smile again. And then he would fucking do the bump yeah. and, and everything again. Like, yeah, he did that a bunch of times. That was that was the spot of the match right there. Just him doing that. That was so good. Showing his missing teeth. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> Working it. Oh, it's so good. He knows, and, man. It's fucking insane. God, he needs. To, yeah, you're right. He needs to be. He needs to be in New Japan. Mm-hmm. He's fucking money for them for sure. Kratos hits him with um, a pile hits him with a forearm. A pile drop. I think the finish. He knocks him out with like a like a big four. Like yeah, a big yeah, Forearm yeah. to the ground. Yeah. yeah, he like does like a ground and pound almost. Which oh, it looked good, but everybody was crazy. mad. Yeah, we everybody pissed, was. But... Yeah, he. Oh yeah, he did a. He did like a Superman punch from the fuck. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Laying on the ground. That's what it was. Okay, yeah, that's, it wasn't a forearm. It was like a. Yeah, yeah, a grounded. It was, super, oh, it was so. Yeah, cool. he, he got him down and yeah, jumped in the air. Yeah, it was awesome. But and, and it was even though it was good, everybody was mad. Everybody wanted to see Tim like have the heroes fucking return, and uh, so testament, people were pissed. Testament to how much you know people love Timothy yeah. Thatcher. Yeah, and 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 credit to credit to Kratos. Uh, everybody was shitting all over him and stuff like that. And he was like, he, he, I bought it. Like he looked mad and he was like, he looked at somebody like right next to me in the crowd and goes, he goes like, fuck you, bitch. And he fucking gives him the the fucking middle finger. But he looked fucking so mad, dude. He looked like you took like your dad's last ice cream sandwich out the fridge and your dad wasn't mad, but he was disappointed or some shit. Like he was mad. (laughs) It was fucking really scary looking. (laughs) It was good shit. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Yuya Imura. Former, or is he still current New Japan Young Lion? I think he's, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's on excursion officially. Yeah, I think he is because he's he's not wearing uh, Young Lion stuff anymore. He's not wearing the Young Lion gear anymore. 
that's something that I noticed right away. So he has something is definitely there. Either he's he's like uh, been like 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 uh, let loose, which I doubt because he hasn't been back on New Japan yet, or he's straight up in like uh, excursion status, which I think that makes more sense. He is the future IWGP heavyweight champion. <laughs> he's so cool. He's so good. We call him Baby Kobashi because he just like reminds us so much of Kobashi, and, like uh, just fucking stellar. Speedball's fucking awesome. He's uh, one of the MVPs of the entire weekend of how much he was working, and you see his name everywhere and stuff. And uh, I was behind him. Speedball was great. Yamura gets the win, which was great because you're so used to seeing him. Take the L. Laying down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look you know, at the as lights. A, as yeah. a young lion, and you know he gets the win here. Very exciting. I'm very excited for this guy's fucking future. He is so he is so good. Mm-hmm. I think. Let's see. He's. In his late, tw- he's like twenty seven, so he's he's ready. Yeah, he's ready. I mean, he's definitely ready. And once they give him like a an identity and a character, I mean, that's why they have him work in the United States and work in these GCW shows and as his excursion, so he can learn a little about maybe about personality and things like that and how yeah. things work like that. Like, yeah, we're gonna see some big things from him for sure. He, I agree. He's been he's been working strong, and I was telling Joey, why don't I watch strong every week? It's yeah. better than a lot of what I do watch. And maybe that's something maybe that's something I need to remedy. It's a good show. It is. Maybe we should uh review it next week. Make sure yeah. we get it get a watch. I, well, they do have a they do have a big show coming up and uh That's right, so the Chicago maybe, show. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe yeah. we can watch that. Yeah, so maybe we just watch that and uh get a good look at it and stuff. I think that'd be I, fun. I think the the event they did in Dallas was actually a pay-per-view. I don't think it was a strong um uh, I don't think the, the I don't think the uh Windy City show is either. I I think it's a New Japan show. It's Yeah, it I believe it, I believe it's New Japan cuz it's got a lot of like their Yeah. Uh, stars. I think it's like a full New Japan okay. show. I think okay. New Japan sh- the next I know they have one coming up. Well, this one this was an actual pay-per-view that they did this weekend, so we're going to have to take a look oh, at that at some point. Is that the Lone Star the Lone Star show? Yeah, the, the Lone Star shootout. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to kind of take a look at that and maybe we'll we'll hit on it quickly in uh, one of the future episodes, but yeah, the Windy City show, they're promoting it as a pay-per-view and I don't know if it's going to be live on New Japan World or not. So It'll be we'll on to, fi- it'll be on Fight from what I understand. Yeah, it'll be on Fight, so I don't know so. if it, they'll put it on New Japan World you know? Usually, usually their um, their United States pay per views they usually do on Fight as opposed to uh, New Japan World, and then it's up on New Japan World later. So later, yeah, within a week. Oh, or so. here it is. Okay. Here it is. Uh, this is the show I was talking about. Uh, NJPW Strong Mutiny is the next mm. uh, big New Japan sh- Strong show. It is on April tenth, so pretty soon. We'll keep our finger on the New Japan Strong pulse mm. a little bit, and maybe we'll we'll do some more coverage of that. I think we should. Um, all right, so we had uh, Imora got the win. This was a lot of fucking fun, and I thought for sure Speedball was going to pick up the win, and it's always good when you get a small little surprise. Yeah, um, for sure. But oh. Just announced Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki at uh, Windy City Riot. That's going to be a must-watch. That's going to be a must-watch New Japan show, people. All right, so let's let's uh, let's get back to Bloodsport. Oh, yeah, yes. sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got okay. Jonah versus, versus the... Uh, I guess promoter of Bloodsport himself, Josh Barnett. Uh, I thought this was okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think Josh Barnett was pretty good. Jonah's not bad, but he does a few things like where I, I don't think he's as comfortable with the style. Like he did a Centom, yeah. which was kind of cool, but like his open hand strikes looked fucking horrible. 
that he this like, is what we're unleashed a flurry this is, of. This is what we're talking about. Somebody, but in this case, it was a really weird clash of styles because we had somebody that's good at pro wrestling and not good at not good at the shooting stuff versus somebody who's really bad at pro wrestling and really good at the shooting stuff. So it was such a weird match. Yeah, Josh yeah, the Barnett, crowd, and the crowd was pretty much dead for this. Mm-hmm. Um, Barnett didn't get much of a reaction. I and I always thought there'd be more crossover. I mean, I remember watching Josh Barnett when he was in Japan doing Pride fighting, and uh, you know, just I, thinking like this guy's incredible. I think he, like, because I, he would he would bring in some of the pro wrestling stuff and cut promos after his legit you know fights, and mm-hmm. um, he was a lot of fun and. And then seeing him in the actual pro wrestling environment, I've never been that impressed. Like he's never been able to really, to kind of capitalize on his ability there. And yeah, the crowd didn't really care about this. I think like last time we saw Barnett, people were really pumped about seeing him. But I think one of the things that he suffers from is that he doesn't do anything other than that. Like he'll show up that once a year or whatever, or the once every couple, every three months or whatever, and he'll do the shoot style match and it's okay. But he doesn't do any pro wrestling stuff, and when he does, it's bad. So we rarely see him. So he's like a crappy version of Brock Lesnar, and that's a shame because because his shoot stuff is really good. But I don't know why he can't put that together. It's really weird. I remember they put him on Impact at one point, and it was bad. And uh, I don't know, man. We saw him a little bit on the clusterfuck, and that was real bad. Like holy shit, bad. So that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that he's suffering from just, like, not getting enough reps and becoming the good pro wrestling portion, and I really don't think he even cares to, to be honest with you. He doesn't give a fuck. I guess he, I don't know, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but, like, maybe he feels like he's a legit badass and he can beat up any pro wrestler anyways and doesn't have to learn it or something. I don't fucking know. I really don't. It's really weird. You would think that Josh Barnett would be a bigger draw at this point. Yeah, you'd think, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, I don't think this match was, like, horrible. Uh, it was just, again, like, it's sort of like a poor mismatch. Not a lot of chemistry between these two. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything to get any heat going mm-hmm. either. For what it's worth, I met Josh Barnett once at the hotel, and he was really cool, so. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah I was, yeah, no, no, no disrespect to him. I just, that's just how I see it. I well, think I, I imagine like we'll be uh, leveling a lot of uh, insults uh, over the course of these two shows to certain workers <laughs> that, uh, you know, I'm no no offense to them as people, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next match, and then we have probably nothing bad to say about this one: Biff Busick versus John Moxley. Now, when I was saying like this is the moment where like the crowd just stayed hot the rest of the show, it was this during this match. Everybody was the show like, was almost glued. done. Well, it, that's it, the thing. It, it yeah, was, I mean, like, but the, like the moment was, you're talking about, there was probably only like 15 minutes yeah, of show there, left. What I'm saying is, like, people were, like, constantly, like, this was, like, the fucking climax of the show. The match was good. It was another match where people were, like, really paying attention and stuff, but they were more into it. But there was this one moment where Biff Busick gets in the ring and hits Mox with the fucking loudest chop I've ever heard in person. Mm -hmm. And it fucking rang throughout the building. It was loud. And then everybody jumped out of their seat and started fucking screaming and yelling it got a huge Is that when you start getting pop. the uh, blood sport chance? Yeah, that's when we started getting the blood sport chance and then like and then every then nobody was quiet the rest of the show for this match or the next match. Like nobody was quiet. It was just loud the entire rest of the show pretty much. Like this is that moment. I know there wasn't that much left in terms of like I mean, but it wasn't 15 minutes. It was like more like half an hour or something. 
Yeah, I mean, the match itself uh, wasn't super long, but, like, man, like, these two, you know, did everything you could hope for in a match of that length. Uh, Biff was busted open, like, the visual of him doing the uh, cross-faced chicken wing while he's just pouring blood out of Mox. Yeah. Uh, Fucking fantastic stuff. Also, we got confirmation that uh, the Blackpool Combat Club is Mox's and Danielson's crew. Uh, He had a hoodie for it. The commentator and announcers uh, announced Mm -hmm. him as representing them, and yeah you know there's crossover uh in 2022 you know going back before and i don't you know bullet club was maybe the biggest kind of uh kindling for this where you had you know a gimmick or a storyline crossing over to different promotions yeah. but mm-hmm. these are promotions that aren't necessarily working together other than sharing talent mm-hmm. and it's it's cool i like that um, i love it too yeah it would be it would be great just to to get that all around the wrestling world, but you know, politics and things get involved and, and put the kibosh on it often. Yeah, that was fun. This uh, up until maybe Briscoe's and FTR was the match of the weekend. Straight up, there was some dangerous looking spots on the outside. These guys were landed in that chop that Joey mentioned. I that's probably the loudest I've ever popped just naturally without <laughs> tr- mm-hmm. without. For instance, I'm. I was trying to yell for the Briscoe brothers because I just love those guys. I'm just a mark for those guys. But that was me putting all my conscious effort into, you know, chanting them boys or man up, whatever. But this was authentic reaction that sprang out from inside of me. Something about the frequency of that chop and the acoustics of that building. Fuck, it was loud. And the timing. It was just a, yeah, the timing. The timing was perfect. It was like Biff had just been busted open, took a huge yeah. spot on the outside, but bitch he's back and he just knocked the shit out of you um mox no sold it <laughs> which i don't know if that was a yeah good decision, I, honestly but. i don't even remember exactly what happened right after i remember the i remember the chop was really loud and it was awesome and then everybody got into it i legitimately like we legitimately jumped out of our seats yeah. i fucking did like the fucking like I did like a punch in the air and fucking <laughs> jumped and stuff like that like it was so cool and everybody was like out of their fu- out, out of their seat like this is whenever, like I said, like this is the moment where like people just never shut up the rest of the show. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Top tier match. This is a match that you really want to go out of your way to watch. It's, I don't know if it's a match of the year, but I think it's, you could argue that it could be one of the matches of the year. I you mean, know? if this it is your style, it, it, yeah, it's definitely it, a contender. It's, it's definitely a, like a top 10, a top yeah. 10 match of the year match. It was uh fucking incredible. Like, holy fuck, man. If you're going to make a top 10 list at the end of the year, this will definitely be in the conversation. Yeah, 100%. It also also brings up what we talked about last episode a little bit, which were the guys that are working their asses off this weekend, Mm -hmm. Biff being one of them. So he has this match where he gets color. He gets a pretty good cut going. And after this incredible match, he's got to get his ass over to the Fairmont Hotel for WrestleCon for his match against against the next one of the next um, participants in this Bloodsport event, Minoru Suzuki. They have a match yeah. later, and Suzuki still has to go on. Suzuki didn't break as much of a sweat as Biff did here, but man, I just I want to stop down right now to say how much respect I have for the Briscoes for Suzuki. For Biff, for even guys like Rich Swan, who I didn't see actually Speedball. wrestle once this Speedball, this weekend. Yeah. Speedball, and you know, even guys that I didn't necessarily see, but saw them popping up all over the place. Sometimes 
you know, like I mentioned, for events that had bell times within an hour of each other on the other side of town, or in, in the case of the Briscoe brothers getting back after, you know, the the clash with FTR that we're going to talk about, they had to get back across the Metroplex to get to their match with the Good Brothers on Impact. And man, like, I have so much respect for these guys. Unbelievable. The effort that they put out to then have to just go across town, fight traffic, and get ready for the next show immediately and go out there and have another physical confrontation. Oh, man, I love these fucking guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They work their asses off, and you know what? Those are the guys that were having the best matches this weekend, too. The best matches were from these guys that legitimately busted their ass like just, just all over the fucking place. I, I want to see... Now, Suzuki, we didn't know when we recorded last week that he was on Supercard, I don't believe. No, and I was and I was no, already no. thinking, God damn, Suzuki's everywhere. And then he did Supercard. That's at least four matches, maybe five for Suzuki this past mm-hmm. weekend. I'll yeah. have to double check if he actually. You think he did that other show that um that smaller one? I forgot what it was called. That's fine. He worked. He worked his ass off. Who cares? He yeah. worked his ass off. It was insane. And uh, lots of guys did. And, and meet uh, and greet with fans. Meeting, yeah, yeah, meet and greet with fans. Took a picture with us, man. Holy shit! <laughs> He'll even take a picture with us. How does this uh how does this match end? Biff and Mox match? Yes. Yeah. Uh we get a Death Rider into a uh choke into uh then he starts just kneeing him. Uh I believe and I don't I can't remember if it was this match or the other Mox match where he starts doing like some of like the Danielson spots too. Um yeah. but it's ends by a technical knockout. Terrific. And yeah. Moxley, I sometimes I'm a little lukewarm on him. That might be unfair, but here He's he's in full force. Like this is the best Moxley match I've seen since G one. Straight up. Yeah, it is. I have not it, seen a better match from him since then. And I'll I'll carry over what I said last episode. Biff is the fucking man. Yeah. He, may, he might be on like Tim Thatcher levels for me. And I hope that we just see him every weekend. Somewhere I, in a show of consequence. I yeah, feel like I'm he's a big a, fan of both he, these guys. I feel like people have been starting to notice Biff, but and but he was still a bit underrated going into this weekend. But I mm-hmm. think I've seen so much buzz about him over the weekend mm-hmm. that I think people like this this weekend he he put people on notice. Like people know know how good he is now, or they're starting to at least. Like fuck holy yeah. fuck, yeah, man, that guy right. rolls. It kind of sucks that he had to run over to also be on this Hitchcock show because it would be cool if he had you know, some merch or meet and greet stuff set up like some of the mm-hmm. guys after spring break night one, but I get it. You ain't got time to mingle and sell those shirts, man. But when you're in there doing what we all love, which is, which is, you can wrestle, always support, so. you can always support these guys on pro wrestling tees and stuff. I'm sure they got one. He's got stuff on there. I'm sure. Uh, next up, uh, I think we'll have our first uh, disconnect between our experiences. Uh, Chris Dickinson versus Suzuki immediately after Suzuki's entrance, you know, we get the Kaze Ninare from the crowd, the feed cuts out. Oh my God, did it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. How uh, long was it out for? Uh, I never got it back on. Uh, I'm Holy sure some shit. people did, but... Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay, so no knock on Suzuki. I think he knows at this point, this is match one of at least five. I know we were just trying to count them on, <laughs> but we're losing track. So I don't think he was trying to have the match of the year here. It really seems like he was trying to pace himself. This is by by no means was he bad, 
Yeah. Um, he was a lot of fun to watch. It was great to see Suzuki. And I think he knew that people were just happy to see Suzuki. Nobody was looking for match of the year from him. And uh, everybody's just really happy to see him. Um, but yeah, he's 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 clearly pacing himself at first. Um, I he think has he has his better matches later in the weekend. Ideally, I think this would have gone on in the Biff mock spot, and then the, if they could have just switched the places of these, I think that well, no, because then Biff I wouldn't have seen it. Oh, there <laughs> you go. That's true. That's true. You know, yeah. the the t shirts the t shirts that they were selling for Bloodsport Eight was like the front of the shirt is like Biff versus Mox. Yeah, uh, straight up, they, they're treating that as the main event, which is weird. Yeah, and I don't so I don't know why it didn't go on last. Maybe it was maybe Biff had a, a spot earlier in the card on Mark Hitchcock than Suzuki. I didn't I didn't get to see that show, so maybe that's why he had to get it out of the way quicker. I'm I'm almost sure that was it. I know these promoters are working with these guys so they can make some money and and get as much exposure as possible on this crucial weekend. So yeah. Anyway, um, Dickinson was getting booed throughout this match because he's He's wrestling Suzuki, and much like Kratos before him, he did a lot with it. Yeah, uh, Dickinson. Yeah, the same thing. Everybody turned on him. He fucking cut a he cut a really fucking insane promo, like really good promo. Uh, told everybody to suck his dick and left. It was fucking crazy. Well, did you? No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that was that, and that was Bloodsport. It was fucking great. Then we. Uh, took a break we had like a little bit of time and we goofed around looked at the look at stuff that was uh being shopped around people were selling gimmicks and things like that and then uh and then we ended up at uh joey janela's spring break part one spring break six part one i didn't know what to expect going into this event i was skeptical we you know we had talked last weekend about the mark hitchcock show and i was wondering did we make the right decision of course the matches weren't announced when we were buying tickets so as we're filing in, I'm wondering, man. I never we, doubted it. Have we fucked up? I never doubted it. I would have loved to see Ishii versus Thatcher. I did end up watching Ishii versus Thatcher, and it was did not live up to what I have expe- what I would have expected to them, for, for them. And even though they're two of my favorite wrestlers, but um, it's like that sometimes. Yeah, it is like that sometimes. And maybe like it was the atmosphere and stuff like that. But I watched when I said I I never for a second thought that we were not in a good or a right place to be. This was going to be the cool spot. Even if the show wasn't any good, it was going to be probably be the, some of the most fun we had. And, uh, the, the crowd is going to be hot for this show. No matter what, it's just that it's just, it is what it is. It's the cool fucking show. Right. And then I looked when I watched that show that the, the Mark Chickock Memorial show, it looked so weak, man. It did not look fun at all. Like, yeah, I tried they to had, watch a little bit of that on like a separate, um, yeah, a separate you know tab or whatever. While this, and I, I just stuck with this because it was like you know what, like yeah. the environment is least is like really holding exactly. this match up, and and sometimes times it's just a content overdose looking at all that. It, yeah, and that's and that's what I knew. I knew, that, and that's what I like. I knew it was going to be that way. Like it was, it just was going to be a completely different atmosphere. So show starts off hot. And uh, we're sitting, in, we're, we had seats, like we had actual seats and the standing room only was crazy. Like there was nothing stopping people from just standing at the front of the room, at least on like the edges and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so we ended up just not even sitting in our seats that cost were, what twice as much as the standing room only just tickets. About. There were yeah. times, there were times 
and this event where, because of where we were and because what was going on and the amount of people, we were kind of pushed up in the area just outside the ring, so closer than front row Mm -hmm. to where we were in, we were kind of in landing zone territory. Yeah, straight up. Not because we were being asshole marks and trying to get up in there, just because (laughs) that's just just kind of what, that's just kind of the flow of what the audience situation was like. It was just like it was like being at a fucking show, like a, at a at a music show. Like everybody was like kind of packed together and watching the show, and then we were just getting pushed forward and pushed forward a little bit more, a little bit more. And then you, you guys were practically the, part of at least one match. Yeah, on but, here. yeah. Before you know it, we're like standing out in the fucking middle, <laughs> like near the ring, and then the people at the front row and stuff like that that paid their good money for their seats can't even fucking see because because everybody's <laughs> like just crowded around there. We looked. I remember we turned around at one point. And there was this dude in his WrestleMania jersey and a hat. And he, I turned and I was like, oh my God, dude. And I fucking like, I hit our friend, uh, I hit our friend Jason. I was like, dude, look at this guy. Look at this guy. And then we were turning around looking at him. And like, I wish I could have taken a picture or a video because it would have been a fucking instant like viral meme because of how fucking little fun he was having. It was crazy. <laughs> and I said, and then he heard me talking about him and I was like, oh, hey, dude, I'm sorry. We're in your way. He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But he got really excited to see X-Pac. Just jumped up for X-Pac and clapped for him. And then he left after the X-Pac match. So <laughs> he was oh, there to wow. see his WWE guy, I guess. And like, um, but no, the fucking, this show fucking ruled. Uh, Davey and I didn't even sit in our seats. We ended up at the front. Uh, Nick Gage, which, which the, by the way, standing room only cost, was like half the price of, uh, of the seats that we got. And uh, right, it was like half. Yeah, roughly. I know those, yeah. those seats were expensive. This event outside of WrestleMania was the most expensive event to attend. Like yeah. average ticket price was the most expensive event to attend um, this entire weekend. Yeah, more crazy. than Supercard of Honor. It's crazy. And uh, yeah, we, we spent significantly more than the floor seats we had for Supercard of Honor. Wow. Yeah. And the, the, like I said, the, the, the crowd was so hype. We got up there. First, um, we get to see the Briscoes and fucking Nick Gage in the same match. I finally get to see Nick Gage live after uh, him missing the Dallas show at one point. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, straight up. And then, you know, and this time he didn't even, they didn't even have the shirt in my size, his shirt, the MDK (laughs) shirt in my size. I was pissed. And, um, but (laughs) he comes out, it was fucking, I'm telling you, man, like the, my inner, like my inner mark, like completely let go of any fucking like part of me that's been in wrestling or knows about wrestling. (laughs) <laughs> self-respect and dignity and i just had so much fun and like screaming and yelling we were acting the absolute fool in the, during this show just having a, the, the, a great time at least i was and uh you know doing nick Gage, like when i did nick gage's entrance and he's yelling like where's my motherfucking gang at like super fucking fun shit and you're like me yeah. i'm here you're like the mdk all fucking days like just nothing like it at this point this had in the first match in this was the most fun I ever had at a wrestling show. So it's funny because like So his partner can't make it, right? Who is his partner again? Matt Tremont. Uh, Matt, Matt Tremont. Matt Tremont. He can't make it, so he just says, Oh, need a fucking partner. <laughs> so he worked his worked the match himself, but basically. This stood was on the, the weirdest most of the time. thing to watch. Like probably yeah. not live. Like I'm sure you guys yeah. had a lot of fun, but I'm watching it's like <laughs> it's like a 
I, I first of all I was like, okay, it's like the triple threat tag rules that like they do in like other promotions, right? Where someone has to be tagged. Yeah. In. But like the Briscoes and the second gear crew are just going at it. And Nick yeah. Gage is just standing, just standing on the there. apron, just yeah. awkwardly <laughs> just standing, like looking yeah. at it, like, hey guys, let's go. Like I was like, what the fuck is happening? He was standing there right in front of us and everybody. We're just like laughing about it and stuff like that. And it's funny because like I was thinking this too. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and like any any like yearning for logic or anything went out the window oh, yeah, when this, you're when, this was like when you're Vince there Russo. yeah when you're there and you're watching this stuff and you're watching and like the crowds this hype and stuff like that like i found myself not giving a fuck about the shit that didn't make sense and boy it didn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> but i was i, I still yeah. had found myself having fun and yelling and like clapping and like popping for the spots and all that kind of stuff like i really lost myself uh in this in this show i had such a good time and this probably opens because Briscoe's got to go over yeah, and wrestle Loki yeah. and, and Homicide. Exactly, yeah. Goes and on first. To... I, was, I was stoked to see the Briscoes come out. It's the first time we're mm-hmm. seeing them this weekend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were great. They didn't really hold back for you know this match either, considering they had another event to immediately go to. And uh, this, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I was having a lot of fun at this point. Um, Slade comes out and starts. <laughs> yeah, to... this is. <laughs> we're like, we're guessing he's his partner. Like, yeah. Did Nick forget his fucking? Uh, he so forgot like, his he pizza came cutter out, backstage. He brought the pizza like, cutter, yeah. Like that's yeah. cool. And then he like participates in the match, and then he eventually eats the pin. Yeah. So yeah. I guess <laughs> yeah, they don't really the announce pin. Slade is now you know Nick Cage's <laughs> partner. It was whatever. I didn't really care. This it's was crazy. Fun. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, he got pinned and nobody gave a shit that it didn't make sense. <laughs> Everybody with the title cheered. off of it. Like, I, dude, I think it they got, took like, for granted that it, it was going to come across that he, you know, had interjected himself in the match. It was now yeah. his partner officially. They could have done, and you've seen other promotions, they'll have the ring announcer make a quick announcement. And usually yeah. that's like it's a pop, too. So yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do that. Um, but it got, I, I guess it got across enough that no one really gave a shit. Exactly. It was, it was, it was fucking funny. And we, like I said, we had a fucking great time watching this. Um, like I was losing my voice by the end of the night, just how much we were screaming and stuff and great experience, great fucking experience. I don't care. Like the show might, as far as I know, like it's funny. Cause like after the show I got online, I was like, Oh, I wonder what people are saying about it on, on, on squared circle and stuff like that. Shout out to Reddit. Uh, who apparently hates me. Um, <laughs> shout out to Square Circle. Well, hey, they, they like you now. But like, <laughs> but they, uh, I, I was like, and I looked at the live thread and people were shitting on this show, <laughs> saying it wasn't, it was like terrible and like, uh, it what it didn't meet the quality or the standards that Joey Janela Spring Break usually has. And I was like, did we watch the same show or was I just having way too much fun? I, like, you know, because it, 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 a lot of that stuff that maybe I would have been too critical about kind of melted away and in, in some ways it kind of made me have an epiphany and i'm still not 100 percent sure of this i'm wrestling with this inside myself are you is like no it, it like <laughs> it's like it's like it's like do you need to be overly analytical about some things in wrestling or can you just like enjoy it and have fun and so ladies and gentlemen that was monster pop podcast this is episode final show no, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's fine to be over analytical. It's like analytical, but I mean, like, there's some things that I might pick. I Like, I noticed that I would probably pick apart um, in, on a show or when I'm talking with friends or something like that, that I just did not mind during this show. It was really weird. And I, honestly, I felt like that about during during a Supercard of Honor, too. There were some things that 
uh, I found myself not minding as much as I normally would if I was watching it at home. So it was just a, it was a really weird experience. Um, because well, like know, I said, like you know what, like as okay. someone who's watching it at home, and like usually, like when I watch this, I'm watching it with you, right? And you're right. You're always like incredibly charitable GCW for like lack of a better term. <laughs> so it's like I don't have you know the you know, the, the devil over my shoulder telling me that this is like amazing, this is good shit. Um, constantly, I actually thought this was pretty good overall. I mean, like this this match, I thought was okay. like it was fun, but it was incredibly fucking stupid, as you said. I was watching yeah. this with my brother, like just this match. Uh, he tuned out for the rest of it. <laughs> um, right, but uh, it was just like what the like. I'm like he's like he he wanted to see how big Nick Gage had gotten. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a big boy. But uh, I like watch this like finish. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy wasn't even in the match. There's three other people who could have eaten this pin. But yeah, you know what? Like whatever. This <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely weird. Uh, what was the next match on this card? So first, there was a couple of video packages that you guys didn't see. Yeah, what were they? Because I still oh haven't God. gone back and watched them. So, Apparently, one with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, so there's like a Jeff Jarrett one where he's like pulled up in his car. This is the second one, but he's he's like getting stalked. I guess it didn't. It oh, just kind of ended inconclusively. Yeah, I guess he like someone's stalking Jeff Jarrett. Oh, I thought that it was like a tease that he was. Uh, I, I thought it was a tease that he was coming back or something like that. So I was like, but he kept like looking over like, his shoulder and whatnot. So it was weird. So I was telling people like in the uh, like sitting next to us, I was like, Jeff Jarrett's coming. Jeff Jarrett's coming. And then I remember one of the girls brought it up on her phone uh, that we were with, and she was she like looked on her phone and like she watched the video of Jeff Jarrett, but we can't hear it because it's so loud in there, so we can't hear it. There was so we like just no nothing that, worth hearing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we just assumed that it was Jeff Jarrett like showing up to the building well, like I, we're, so i was like expecting alert. jeff jarrett the entire show <laughs> um God. yeah i i think that they were just building i think they're just building for a future appearance for yeah, yeah. at home they was playing his music too all right so our next video package was uh this really weird one with alley catch she has like she's just like in her living room or something and she has like this weird shrine to like these women Dude. that she's a mark for the, a lot of them she's had matches with. Yeah, I ended up seeing this. I know what you're, I know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, I didn't about. see this, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, man. Sorry. Yeah, this was weird. So she's like, she's got like pictures of all these women. She's face Ruby Soho, Jordan Grace, of course, it's Mickey James. And then she's just talking about how I, I didn't like totally get the whole tone of it. It was really quiet, but she's just like, you know, these are, it's a big deal for her to face these people. And then it ends with her doing like the Mickey James, you know, the uh, oral sex sign thing. <laughs> Wait, I, oh, I didn't, I didn't get that far. So she ends Wait, by, she like, ends doing by the, doing the, like the the V thing with like the tongue, like what, like yeah, she holds the up eating pussy, the eating pussy thing. Just say it, yeah. Well, what, oral sex, what, what, what she did at, yeah, what she did at <laughs> WrestleMania and got in trouble for it, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So she, wait, she she ends the the fucking video package with this. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. So she's clearly since she's back at home. I think this stinks of she is in town from at her hometown and she's in her childhood bedroom like at her mom's house and she has a collage of but like it's it's really weird though because it's like she's like sitting on like the corner of her floor and like her doorway so it's it's not even like next to her closet yeah (laughs) yeah it's like it looked like next to her closet yeah Uh but it looks like her old bedroom at her mom's house that you know how it is when you move out and like some of your shit's still there. Yeah. But they also use it as a guest room or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she has, she's cut out either printed out photos of wrestlers and cut them out or, or maybe there's still wrestling magazines out there that she's buying from 
Win Dixie or whatever, but she's cut out pictures of like Ruby Soho and Mickey right. James and, and who yeah. else did you notice? Jordan Grace. Yeah, it's it's super marky, especially when like the Ruby Soho stuff comes out. Yeah, like like yeah, those aren't those like those aren't very recent acts to watch. Like ex- at, at least like Mickey like, James, it would have like fit the whole like oh this is like when I was you know, a little girl, my childhood yeah. room. Yeah, but like yes, yeah, and like Jordan Grace, like I like Jordan Grace, but like has she reached that point where she's like inspiring the current generation of wrestlers yeah aren't they the same generation they're literally the same generation yeah well they i think it was because she's had a match with her oh okay that makes sense then okay well that's a weird yeah that's weird okay it was it was weird and she probably should have done a take two (laughs) (laughs) straight up okay all right Um, next up was ar fox versus blake christian this match fucking Uh, ruled loved it yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was, and he had this same thing with the Nick Wayne match a few weeks ago, and I thought it was just because like it was Nick Wayne who's a little more amateurish, but like the beginning of it looked like super choreographed, and I wasn't as into that, but it did pick up. Um, I caught a little bit of that too, and I think I I love AR Fox like Joey. I think he's maybe one step away from being great. There's a couple things I think he needs to work on. Uh, I don't think his um. Like his work punches sometimes he is a mm-hmm. little lazy, but you you see that with a lot of guys, you including do. Mm-hmm. fucking Kenny I, Omega. I also think that's a product of who he's working with. Like a lot of those guys that they put him with in uh, GCW are those kinds of guys, and so he ends up working that style. And with that said, those little like sequences at the beginning they look better when AR Fox is involved than when he's not. Uh, so there's at least that. But yeah, I agree with that. I, I would like to see him um, work with people more on his level. I know he's trying to help young guys. I know he's got a school. I know he loves to teach, and I know he knows he loves to pass down his knowledge. But I want to see him. He still hasn't had his fucking like like big breakout. He's never really broken making moments. Yeah, he needs to, like he can he can. And um, imagine him working with somebody on his level, like closer to his level, like a Danielson or something. You know what I mean? Or like somebody. Um, Literally just anybody else, like just guys more like that are veterans, you know? Okay. So yeah, around town this weekend, you had your fair share of choreographed spots and matches. It is what it is in the current scene. And we can, you know, revolt against it all we want, or we can just enjoy it for what it is, right? I can do it sometimes. Like so, there's so, there's like a um, a quality to it. There's a quality of it that you can enjoy sometimes. Like, I mean, we've seen like, you know, Jericho and Eddie Guerrero do it or Jericho Malenko or, you know, Guerrero Malenko, those old school ones. Like you can do it to where it's fun to watch and look good or fucking RVD and fucking um, Jerry Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, you can watch that stuff and it'd be really good. This is very like they don't know what they're doing. They don't have like sometimes they don't have like their um, their basics down. You know, you well, see it looks a, lot a little of- bit more dance routine it looks dance routine Yeah, It looks like they're working together too much as opposed to like trying to hurt each other. Cause you can do this and it still looks good. And they're, uh, and they're just not right. Like, right. I mean like back in the day they would straight up rehearse matches. I mean, I'm thinking there might still be a few people who do that, but well, I mean, no, 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 no. Rehearse matches. I mean, that's very common now. Uh, back. I, I think it was, it's more common now than it was back then. Back then, like you would have, you would guys, hear about it more from like like Macho Man and whatnot. Like you would, you really would, but when Macho, you're right. When Macho Man or like DDP did it, it was actually pretty unheard of. Not unheard of, but like it was really rare. So I don't know why they did that kind of stuff. I don't know why um, 
like Macho Man wanted to do that stuff. But most of the guys back then, it, it's called working. Like this is what actual work is. When somebody says like somebody's working, this is what it actually is. It's people being able to react and work with your opponent, right? So like a lot of guys will be like, oh, see you out there. Like a lot of teachers will be like, um, oh, see you out there, you know, see you out there. They, you know, they don't talk about anything. Like they'll maybe talk about the finish or something like that. Or maybe they won't fucking talk about the finish. Like I've been in situations like that and good workers are guys that can go out and do that. But you hear that word thrown around a lot, worker. Mm -hmm. And what does that really fucking mean? And what it really means is what you can go out there and work. And that's what work is. Work rate is not the same thing as work. It's not the same thing. They are not, they do not go hand in hand. Um, If you, if you want to kind of see an example of that in entertainment form, then the film, the wrestler, uh, when they're building to the climatic mm. match that Mickey Rourke's character is gonna going to have with his old rival, they meet in the back, and Mickey Rourke says, "Oh, you know, you want to go over the match a little bit?" And I can't remember his rival's name, but he goes, "What do you mean go over the match? I'm the face, you're the heel." Yeah, <laughs> see, yeah. see, you, out see you out there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I loved when I was when I was wrestling. I loved to do that kind of stuff. I don't know if like I was great at it at first or even good at it at first, but I loved to do it because I felt like every time I would work that kind of match, I got better. Like every single time. I don't ever feel like I got better whenever I had to like work with somebody that wanted to call everything in the back. I did not really care for it. I would do it when I had to. But when I had somebody, because somebody, some people might like think like, especially a younger generation that don't really get that fucking like um, the value of what that is. You might say, hey, let's call it in the ring. And they'll be like, uh, well, man, this guy's fucking lazy, you know? And it's not because you're lazy. It's because you want to work. You want to be able to feel the crowd and you want to be able to react to what's happening. You want to be able to like make things look like they mean something. And that's when you get like that stuff that's like a little sloppy, but it still looks fucking cool. You know what I mean? I will say some of the quote unquote choreographed stuff is rather intricate. And I find myself being impressed that they're able to recall this stuff after taking all these bumps, including... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of these scramble matches that we see, it's like, we see them fuck up sometimes and yeah. be in the wrong spot, or, but when they pull it off, it's like, you know, that was, that was a lot to remember in, mm-hmm. in chronological sure. order. I'm pretty fucking impressed by that. And I still don't know how, like, some people even do it. Like, being somebody that did it, like, it was hard to just remember normal spots. It was hard to remember fucking taco drop down spots. So, but and you would have to fucking do it, right? And then some people they'll call it like some people that are really good they'll call it, right? They'll call it whenever you're you're working and stuff. But like, it's it's not that shit isn't easy. The memory stuff isn't easy. But that's especially the thing. when especially when they're having sometimes multiple matches in a day. It's not like- <laughs> you have people that are good about good at it and not good at it. Osprey does that kind of stuff and it's great. You know, it's yeah. different. It's different than watching. Like uh, like two greenhorns and GCW do it, you know, it's completely different. So there is like a good, good, right and wrong way to do it. You have to have your fundamentals. And then you have the guys that like you can tell they're trying to remember shit. So they're not really like focusing on making it look realistic at all. So, True. yeah. So and, there's and, you, yeah. and that comes across as well. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that when you rehearse things and you choreograph things, and you're doing like a memory based mm-hmm. match um, where two guys, you know, two guys have to, or two women have to uh, both be in the same spot at the same time. It's a one off. It's not like mm-hmm. Busby Berkeley, like rehearsing for, you know, well, maybe that's not a good example, but it's not like a Broadway show. Right. You know, where exactly. they're going to do, they're rehearsing it, but then, you know, they're going to do it night in and night out, the same thing. They're 
they do this and then they do the match and then they've got to come up with their next shit. Yeah, and sometimes it's like this weekend, sometimes in the same day. And it's hard, like, and the, and another thing, like, if you have like an, an amalgam of both, um, I've been in situations where I had to remember a whole lot. And I'm gonna tell you this right now, 99% of the time, I'm sorry, there's a lot of like thunder and shit going on outside. If y'all hear it on the mic, but um, there's there's situations where like like it just it just like nine times out of ten, it doesn't go as planned, like exactly as planned. There might be like a gap between spots. There might be a gap between parts in the match that you had called and you have to figure something out in between there. And if you're not good at working, you won't know what the fucking do. That's where you get the deer in the headlight shit. But like, I remember there was a time where I was working with Gemini who uh, is from around this area and he was really good, but he does a lot of that stuff where he calls a lot of stuff, but he's also very good. And I remember like, this was one of my last matches too. And we had a match and he called some stuff and then there was like this gap and then it was something as simple as me running up to him and kicking him in the head and and it doesn't sound like much but like it helped the match move forward and after the match he was like oh my god that was such a good idea for you to come over and kick me in the head and it's that but i would i don't think i would have been able to even think of that it sounds so simple and it sounds like something simple that you that anybody would know how to do but nope but it's it really isn't and he was like he told me he's like he's like if i hadn't had like known how to work or had been learning how to work or calling stuff in the ring and being able to react, I wouldn't have thought of that. And it would have been real fucking clumsy in that match. You know what I mean? So, so in, in other words, you didn't do what we see, what I suspect we see a lot of people doing, which is sitting in the ring, drowning, yeah. trying to remember, wreck your brain for the spot. Exactly. Of going and, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And you have to be in like when a spot doesn't go go the way you planned, sometimes you might have to just abandon that plan and you need to be able to be good enough to like react and move forward. Like, well, I'm glad we're having this conversation now because it's going to certainly apply to you know, the <laughs> next match and some Straight other up. stuff throughout. But, but AR Fox, AR Fox, getting back to this match, mm-hmm. AR Fox did something in the corner that I've never seen before. Uh, do you want to try to so describe that? I know exactly what are you talking about when he when he kissed his girlfriend? No, no, no. That oh, was okay. great. No, no, no. That was. He's no, never no, seen that, was, that before. That's I've, yeah, I've seen that. That was fun. That was that was. That well was really done. good. No, yeah. It was a move, mm-hmm. right? And and the kind of the opposite corner from where we were standing, Joe. Do you remember yeah. that? I I do remember it, and I honestly can't remember how to describe it either because the yeah, the, the, the I don't move know if that's, I could either. The move that it was like, what the fuck yeah, am I looking at? And it was really cool to like in the, in yeah, a cool way, cool. not not a like a what the fuck that sucked, like in a really yeah. cool way, like wow, dude, like Airbox really is on another level, and the, the style that he adds to the moves that he does, like the basic moves. There was this really amazing spot. This was my favorite spot of the whole match was they were working for a, a, a vertical suplex and um, AR Fox was underneath, but he ended up rolling up and over um, Blake Christian while having him like hooked for a suplex and then getting up, rolling through, getting him all the way up for the freaking suplex and does this like twisting like like spinning um suplex and it was just the fucking most stylish thing i've ever seen in a fucking pro wrestling match and it was it was really it was jaw dropping like this guy is just next level like absolutely next level it's he's he's it looked like a it looked like a street fighter 2 move really but (laughs) but not in a not in a bullshit like you know yeah a duke in way or whatever we we, we saw that in what young bucks or kenny match or something right It looked like a Zangief fucking like or Saturday Night Slam Masters <laughs> movie yeah. or something. 
it's, it's awesome. And then you have people that are like, I've always heard this, like, oh, everybody's come up with something. Like, you, you're you not going to come up with any kind of new move and stuff like that. But you can make something your own. And when I see something like this, this is like the, the like perfect example of making something your own. It was a fucking suplex and it was just eye popping, like so fucking good. Just oozing with fucking style and charisma and just everything. It was awesome. Love this shit, man. I'm going to have to go back and watch it because the spot we were talking about previously in the opposite yeah. corner, I think he did come up with some new shit, but oh, I'll have for to sure. go back and watch that. He's full of that stuff. Like, I'll just pretty much everything... Pretty much everything he does is like that, which is awesome. Yeah, I love that that spot where he fucking like he he has a um, he has his wife. I think it's his wife who's who uh, comes with him to the ring. They come to the ring. He had so much charisma coming out. They were doing like the fucking bounce and stuff, and everybody was going. You know, everybody was like singing along and stuff like that. And then they get up on the ring and they're doing the fucking bounce, and it just looks like just so much fucking charisma coming out. And then he does this move where. He he uh it's that old like clothesline that the Miz stole from like Matt Seidel or something, where like uh they you jump and then you do the clothesline in the corner and then like your legs come through like the ring, you know? And usually the wrestler will just sit there, right, and they'll look cool or whatever. He goes further, goes all the way through, grabs the top rope, hangs there for a second, his wife runs up, gives him a kiss on the cheek, then he skins the cat, comes all the way in and does the drop kick in the corner. Insane shit. Just yeah, very entertaining. Holy fuck, man. So, yeah. AR Fox is just one of the best on the indies. Best kept secret on the indies. Straight up. So I didn't actually see a ton of this match, though. I didn't feel particularly bad. Mickey James versus Alley Catch. Mickey James was cool. Veteran working with uh, somebody learning. I'll be real with y'all. I don't have a very high opinion of Alley Catch. Um, there's just something... Are you telling me that there's a reason we've skipped... 90% of her matches when we watch GCW shows. I mean, I, I we, we gave this one a chance because we were straight up there. So <laughs> uh, it wasn't the people to take yeah. a break. This wasn't the worst uh, alley catch match I've ever seen. Uh, maybe because Nick, Mickey James was carrying her, but um, oof, like, I don't even like, I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to begin. The match wasn't terrible. Honestly, I'll be real about it. It wasn't terrible. Um, but like I said, I'm not the biggest Alley Catch fan. Something about her just like she's just missing something. It seems like she tries hard, but something's just missing there. And I, don't. I think she's learning. I think that she's right now at you know a mediocre level. I don't think she's as bad as maybe we've made her out to be before. Yeah, I agree. Um, however, she was wearing a straight edge T-shirt and drinking a beer, so she's fucking clueless. Uh, <laughs> eat the pan, Alley Catch. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what the fuck, dude? That, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, straight up, dude. Keep that Putting in. Put you on dude. blast. Yeah. Straight up. Like, how are you going to do that? You broke edge? How are you going to Yeah, you're going to do that. You're going to. Oh my God. I know we have like some mutuals too. I've never met you. I've never met Alley Catch before, but. Um, and I know we have some mutuals and they seem to really like her a lot, but, you know, I don't know her. And oh my God. Breaking she the seems, edge. She seems. She seems really nice. Yeah, you know? she just seemed like really nice outside the ring. We so. know plenty of edge breakers, but they also typically don't wear straight edge shirts and drink beer. It doesn't really matter. It's just like we're just goofing and having fun. Yeah, <laughs> it but matters like, to Joey. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's it's kind of it's kind of cringe, but I mean like it's like I wouldn't like uh, 
not be cool with somebody that does that either. So, oh, dude, if I was twenty years old and saw that shit, I'd be pissed. <laughs> when I was twenty years old, I'd have been pissed. I'm a bit older now, like is <laughs> no, that? It's just kind of funny. It's just kind of fun to goof on someone. That's it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, the match wasn't terrible. Mickey James was awesome. Um, she got a good reaction. She got a great reaction. Yeah, I guess. Um, I the another thing I thought was really weird is Alley Catch cut cut the promo at the end. And said that she's going to be running through all of the legends or something like that, or running with all the women. Uh, also, like bravo to her for having the first ever women's match on Joey Janela's Spring Break. But also, why was she cutting a promo that she was going to run through all the competition when she just got her ass beat by um, Mickey? Well, because James? there's no competition within GCW. Well, I mean, she says she's going to be running through all these women and stuff like that, and it's just like you just lost. I'm- I'm sure they're going to bring people in, and maybe they will bring in people that are okay with putting her. And over. that's and that yeah, and that's not on her. Like I I just I think that Mickey should have just put her over, and she should have cut the same promo, and it would have been fine. There's just some weird like, um, I mean she's just a weird feature of GCW where like they put her in matches with like names, but she always jobs, which I mean I guess kind of makes sense, but like it's just a weird way to. I don't think they have like one of your actual stars and and they don't have a women's division. So I guess that's what you have to do. Yeah, you're right. But like at the same time, like if she's going to be wrestling all of these women across like multiple shows then she needs to be getting put over, like she needs to look like a threat instead of just somebody that just eats the pin from everybody. It's so she's she's wrestled Penelope. Did she did you wrestle Rosa? Yes, she wrestled Rosa. Yeah, lost to Rosa. So she's losing to the all the AEW stars and impact. Stuff. yeah which is weird i don't know if the, i don't think that's like a thing like uh maybe that is like a mandate from like the higher ups or something like that like hey you can use this person but they can't be they can't lose or something i don't I mean, know there's certain things right like i mean like i don't think she should be beating rosa but like i mean maybe ruby soho honestly okay i don't, honestly i don't mind her beating rosa like, like rosa wasn't champ at the time and thunder rosa like w- like why not put her over on this indie company it's not gonna hurt her it's not going to hurt her in AEW or anything like that. Nobody's going to... Maybe if she was champ, people might talk about it. But nobody was going to fucking bat an eye at her beating Thunder Rosa on GCW. It, it might... I don't know. It might be... And I hate to speculate on this kind of stuff, but people that are st- signed to AEW, I'm sure there are some guidelines they have to follow right. regarding indie bookings. And oh, she, did, she did actually beat Jordan Grace. Oh, she did? Okay, that's good. I feel like this was a big show. It was a good mo- opportunity... So, I mean, like I said, I'm not like a huge fan of her, but I also really recognize her as one of the stars of GCW. And so like there's that respect there. And then like and, if, and, and I want to see them have like a strong women's division as well. And I think that they sh- this was a perfect big show. It was a perfect opportunity to put her over. Uh, Mickey James isn't champ anymore. So put her over. Fuck. I don't Hell, know. I don't when she was this. champ, they were fine for, you know, yeah, they fucking, the rumble. Yeah, she got dumped out in the rumble like. Come on, man. Like, give Alley Cash his win. I mean, TNA has kind of, or Impact, whatever, um, it's kind of at a position where it's just willing to do, like, whatever in order to get, like, just a mediocre, like, pop in interest, right? Like, it's willing to have its champs lose and whatnot. And, I mean, is GCW a tier above Impact? Like, I don't know if I would go that far, but, like, part of me no. almost no. thinks, like, it is a slightly bigger name now. I would I would say that it is yeah I would say that more people are are, are interested in GCW than are Impact right now. 
Do That's they, probably do, true. Do they but have, Impact Impact still has TV, and I guarantee they, they still, still see themselves as class over GCW. I agree with you on that. They have, and, and dude. If if I was if I was running Impact, I would a hundred percent put my champion in the Royal Rumble with my title on, even if they got dumped. I, who cares? I agree. With, I, I agree with that. I would have like, but I would have like jockeyed for like have her eliminate a few people first. I, like I would, I would too, but it still looks bad no matter what. And it also, and also you would do that because if you were running impact, you'd be desperate just like them. They are yes. right now. So like, yes. that's, that's, that's a, my that's, point. Yeah. That's a desperation thing. And, and but you know, it's what, like, here's, here's a worker that you have that people know in this company and she's coming in wearing your belt and sure, she gets dumped, but hey, if you want to see her, this is where she's at. Now you know. Yeah, now you know. I agree with that. But at the same time, we're not talking about that. We're talking about her not putting over um, Allie yeah, Catch when I, she's when she's tangent, when yeah. she's not champ. So yeah, yeah, sure. I want to see. I want like. Didn't she get? Didn't she lose at um, at World on GCW as well? Allie, yeah, Ruby. Allie. Ruby. Oh yeah, she wrestled Ruby Soho and lost the Ruby Soho. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was. and like, wait, wait, was the world? Was that the uh, Hammerstein? That was the Hammerstein. Hammer, yeah, it was the Hammerstein oh. Ballroom. Yeah. What the fuck do you call it by the actual name that no one calls it? What the world on GCW? Because that's the yeah, name like, of the show. Well, it's just called the Hammerstein Ballroom show. That's the one that we would have known. Oh, um, what do you guys think of the names of the shows? And I know Pro Wrestling Gorilla l- probably led the charge on that. Um, I like them. I like that. I like the the uniqueness of of that kind of stuff. I don't know about some of them. Uh, but you know, some of them are just like weird, dude, yeah. Astronaut, yeah, what? yeah. We the fuck was that? Still, I, I you know, we still don't know what the fuck. And... Yeah, still don't know what the fuck astronaut means. Uh, they don't make any sense. I mean, I guess I think I like the way like ROH would do it. Like they would do a show and then they would have like the theme leading up to it. And they didn't always have like an annual one. They do. They did after a while, but they did like a like Death Before Dishonor, for instance. Well, Final Battle. But yeah, Final Battle was always about like a like a blow off and stuff like that. Like there was always like it always made sense. And, it had uh, a had like Nick Gage come out dressed as an astronaut for that show. Would have had no complaints. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, oh my God! You know, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we didn't attend this show. But the Planet Death show with Nick Gage as the host did we get any word on what that was like we missed that i don't know i think he just cut, gonna, promo, cut a promo or something i'm gonna i'm gonna text a friend and we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit because okay. i have a friend that was there uh so yeah i think like like i said i think that like the gcw needs some kind of like way to steer their ship because especially with roh being back and people and it being back in people's eyes uh they're yeah. not going to be the hot ticket anymore and if, if they don't fucking get something tangible to fucking sink your teeth into anymore so this like not having storylines and stuff like that, it, to me isn't gonna fly anymore. To me, and, and it's been it's it's been I've been on the fucking edge of that for a while. I love GCW, I love how it's sloppy. I love the fucking punk rock feel, but I feel it, it's it's just it's time to have something that you can sink your teeth into. To me, to me, I don't I don't know about the punk rock aesthetic as more as it is. It's almost like a glorified backyard aesthetic. Really, <laughs> you think so? Done really well. Yeah, because. When I go to those shows, I feel like we're going to a show, like a fucking almost going I to feel, a... Dude, I'll, I'll tell you, I feel more like we're at a kind of local new metal show is what it feels like <laughs> to me. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, cl- these days, close enough. So, uh, <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, like, I, I just, I think, I think it's time for them to, like, take that next step forward and evolve. Um 
the way and they we've been do saying things. that for the entire time that we've been we, talking about we, re- we really have we really have but now it's even more fucking like time because yeah. like like you said they're like the top indie roh is, wasn't the top indie anymore um fucking is uh, roh an indie anymore we're though? even talking not anymore but we're talking we we're talking about like but roh suffered because of like aw and having gcw yeah. and having these other options and then like now that roh is back and like we said it, we're, it's it's more relevant than impact it's straight up more relevant than impact even even though True. impact has bigger and better stars like better wrestlers like better talent it's still more relevant than fucking impact and which they have crazy. tv which is crazy and it but they're, it really they're running is. legit yeah. bullet club angles on it yeah with jay fucking white exactly and, and you're right and you're still right yeah and like it's with, with 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 ROH being back, that's another promotion. They're gonna have actual competition for being that relevant third promotion in the United States. So, um, that's time to fucking step it up. Yeah. Do you mean in terms of just just sheer like, production? Not just putting pro- money not, into it. I don't. I don't think like production, putting money into it, having a real booker, having like things that people can like really latch onto. Cause like we said, man, like for every like good AR Fox match, there's a fucking uh clusterfuck, one hour and a half clusterfuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's I, I get it. I get like that some of the charm to it sometimes. But man, like if, I don't know, man. Like I just I just feel like they could do something more. It's really weird that it felt like they were going that way with RSP uh storyline with uh with Nick Gage, and now they have like no great storylines going they had like the storyline with alley catch and effie and then like that was kind of interesting we saw the like blow off for that and stuff and it was a lot of fun to watch but where like there's no other stuff that's going on like that they just that was fun i have to give it up that match was fun it was a lot of fucking fun to watch like we had a fun fun time watching it and cool stuff happened that made sense so like people popped crazy for it and stuff like that but at this, like, so I we want more. I want more of that stuff in GCW. Like, if they want to be the new ECW, ECW wasn't about garbage wrestling. Hardcore, hardcore wrestling. The term hardcore for hardcore wrestling is not a fucking like. It's not a, like a like a a style. It's not a style. It's not a wrestling style, and it's been bastardized over the years. Same thing with hardcore music. It it's been bastardized, and people equate it with being like a harder style, the weapons, the garbage and shit like that. Same with fucking music. They think like a fucking new metal band's a hardcore band just because they sound hard or whatever. And that's not really what it's it is. It's heavy, dude. Hardcore hardcore is a term that's about the hardcore fan, the the fan that believe that not believes but that cares and understands what the fuck they are watching. And that's what made ECW a hardcore promotion is because they didn't insult your intelligence and they actually like they had a, a real booker and they did stuff that was like that. It was the alternative, right? It was the it was the it was the promotion for the hardcore fan and hardcore does not mean weapons and bullshit. They just that's just like kind of yeah. like that's what what led that's that's what led to like um that's what the extremes they just had their extreme style that kind of fed to that, right? That's that's the difference, but it's been bastardized over the years, and maybe there's people that are going to disagree with me on that, but I don't care. I really think I'm right on that. <laughs> Doc, I think you had a point about GCW, what what maybe they could do to come up. Yeah, like, I mean, this is, like, kind of my last say on it, but, like, it's it's funny that uh, the RSP thing, I think that was, like, when you first introduced me to mm-hmm. GCW was the blow-off of that. Yeah. And that was, what, 
two years ago? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they haven't had, like, a strong story since. Like, you had, like, the well, build for, like, you had, like, the the Nick Gage, Gage Matt Cardona, Cardona yeah. But there was, like, it was just that one match, and then they went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought, like, I was, like, when I, when I saw that, I was, like, oh, shit, we're going to be moving forward. So the next, I, I was expecting more storyline. I expected like I expected this show right here, the, like this show that we watched, Janela's Spring Break, WrestleMania fucking weekend. I expected that to be when like Nick Gage got his championship back. Like I thought we were gonna see a big money fucking Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona rematch. Like finally, like, like that's before what the card was like, announced. I thought yeah, before the card. Like that's what back then I was like, oh, you know. He's he lost and it's he's gonna get his title back one day. It's a story that fucking writes itself and it's insane that it didn't happen. It's insane it, that they couldn't write this easy fucking story. And like, can you imagine how hyped that would have been? People would have been pumped. It just dawned on me that I don't know that Card- Cardona was booked this he w- weekend anyway. He was, he was. He wrestled Chris Dickinson. He was the first match okay. on the uh, night two. Okay, okay, okay. And let me tell you, that match had nowhere near the excitement that a Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona would have had. And what did Nick, what did Nick Gage do? Defend the championship by himself in an opener? Like, Well, I can tell you what he did as host for Planet Death. What? Because I just got word from my friend who attended. And what's that? Quote, he came out, yelled into the mic, left, never to be seen again. <laughs> so apparently that was... <laughs> and I said, uh, between matches or just once? And he, he said, just the beginning. Yeah, wow. Okay. So just advertise. <laughs> and all he gave was a where's my fucking gang at? Where's my left? fucking gang at? Y'all ready to see some motherfucking killers? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, he probably was just like, I'm gonna go fucking crash. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> he met William Regal. We saw that picture. Him and William Regal yeah. hung out or something. Um And yeah, like what the fuck, man? Like this is what GCW needs to move forward. Honestly, I would say keep the crappy production. Keep the crappy look. <laughs> Keep all that shit, but get a booker. Get a booker. Get somebody that's going to make shit make sense and make people fucking like invested in what you're doing. Because right so now... Are, are you available, Joey, for the I'll, gig? I'll book. I would book. <laughs> you're going to give him your CV? Just fucking book. Yeah, straight up. Just book GCW. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, right. Moving on to the show. So Speaking of lack was, of stories, the yeah. scramble match. Yes. Uh, it was fun. Seen, yeah. yeah, I didn't see most of live, man. Yeah, one of the things I did like though was uh, Gringo Loco and Ninja Mac made up for the uh, sort of weird finish they had to their actual match, and they basically did the exact same spot except it wasn't awkward. They did the whole like twisting power bomb off the top. It looked great. Neither of them won the match, but it was cool seeing the kind of throwback and actually working this time. We had fun <laughs> for all the things we were that standing, we were standing. Yeah, for all we were the, standing right there. Yeah, well, for all the things that we were saying that that GCW should do to stay tangible, th- it, it it hasn't run out yet, and we still had fun. <laughs> so we watched this match, and it was a fucking good time, and that's pretty much it. Nothing. It wasn't the it wasn't the craziest scramble. It was mm-hmm. at a, it was on a good spot in the card. Through this, I'm still having a really good time at this show. So mm-hmm. far, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm glad we did this instead of going over to the Super Show over at WrestleCon. Yeah, agreed. And of course, the most ju- uh, GCW thing about this was it ended with some hugging and kissing from uh, Dick Wayne and Jimmy Lloyd. Always, always. 
All right, so uh, uh, next who, up, wait, we're ready who went for over? I can't even. I can't even remember who Nick went over Wayne. This match. Oh, Nick Wayne got the pin. Okay. Uh, next up, we had X Pac and Joey Janela. The uh, not the main event, but the main selling point, if you will, of this show. Yeah, um, here's one that that attempted to have some kind of storyline. Uh, Janela's beloved, and it's weird for him to try to be heel, but people still like kind of went with it anyways. Which is good. I didn't buy it, but I mean, people were still into it. So the I, same people that were cheering yeah. him were, were booing were booing him as well. Exactly, just getting in on it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, X Pac. Um, before the show, uh, Denise Denise Salcedo was on the mic on the house mic as she walked over to the table, kind of doing a Carney Barker thing. To get people over to Xbox table for $25 photos or $25 8x10s <laughs> or whatever. And she's saying it as she's walking to it. And I'm just, this just stinks of the midway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like, like fucking uh, Xbox is standing in the back by like this little fucking, I don't know. It looked like a bathroom or something. I don't think it was a bathroom, but it was just like a little opening to go in the back or something. And he's just standing there just waiting for people to show up to get their pictures taken. It was funny. Whatever the match was okay. How did it look on like a uh, on the on the feed? It looked it looked fine. Um, I mean, it wasn't like the most exciting thing I've ever seen, but it was it wasn't bad. Um, I think it looked probably about as good as it did in person. I mean, there was a lot of like kind of setup spots, like mm. sort of like what you'd expect, you know, sort of like let people rest and whatnot. And uh, one note I had about this was. I didn't ever think that X-Pac would be the last member of the clique standing in the ring. Straight up with all his fucking drug use and shit. Oh, my God. You know, uh, with all that said, like, this match was fine. It was solid. Um, X-Pac is the veteran, and he's great. And as as far as, like, his in-ring talent goes, don't really care for him as a person. But um, the match was fine, and Janela was, like... Janela has really become a star. Like he's looking better and better every time I see him. Uh, he came out with like purposely super dark spray tan on, like it was dark, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty funny. And uh, well, yeah. that leads to my criticism because I don't think that they built any heat or carried over any real heat into this match, mm-hmm. other than X Pot grabbing the mic and saying uh, "nice spray tan dipshit." There wasn't. I didn't feel the heat in this match at all. And this yeah. is where, and again, I mean, yeah, I'll echo what you said. X-Pac is an, a professional in ring. He's still rather athletic. Um, didn't embarrass himself whatsoever. Acquitted mm-hmm. himself. Um, yeah, I think Janela's straight up getting better. I was not ever on the Janela train, and I'm coming around on him each time I see him. But I didn't think this match for being the big selling point, and we saw the trash getting thrown in the ring when he turned mm-hmm. on him. I don't think this they built any heat any you know any heat out of the ordinary in this match and this is when I started to get fucking tired. <laughs> so right. I don't know if that if that's coincidental or if this match started to kind of put me to sleep. Yeah, well, this was the first time that I actually spotted you guys in the crowd and I did notice you didn't seem as uh lively if we will. Right. <laughs> I, I definitely yeah, I definitely wasn't talking about me or Joey. This. You yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's no way. I just, I was just like, yeah, oh, it's over. What's I was next? not as into this either, even though I really like Janela and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, this... I, I really, I really thought that they were going to try to pull off some pro wrestling magic here, mm-hmm. outside of outside of the actual, you know, physicality of the match, and it didn't happen. It didn't, and, and I, I think I... one of the biggest things is like people really love Janela. They were not people are not ready to truly boo Janela. They'll boo him because that's what you're supposed to do, and it's fun or whatever. But like, and he did, but he didn't do anything really had, to earn yeah. to earn any boos either. And that's my criticism. He had zero heat. Yeah, it was zero. Yeah, all he heat. did was a low blow at the end. Mm-hmm. So, I guess are they going to carry this on then? Carry this program on? I don't know. I I think that I don't know. I I'm not, I'm not oh, sure God. how they kind of Maybe played down it off. The road. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure how they played it off on uh, on on the feed or not or anything. I didn't really, it didn't really come across like it was going to continue. Xbox said he's going to keep wrestling, and he didn't really say he was going after Joey. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll see him on GCW again. Honestly, and like I said, I don't like him as a person, but having a veteran that's that good um, on your roster to help the young guys, I think that's a positive. So I hope he stays there. As long as he needs beer money, it's a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we had AJ Gray versus John Moxley for the GCW Championship. This match picked up. I had a great time watching this match. You guys got a little involved with it. We did. We like honestly, dude. Like everybody in the room was ready for AJ Gray. Like everybody liked Mox and everything. Everybody can. Everybody clearly respected Mox and enjoyed seeing him. A big star. But everybody was ready for AJ to win the championship here. It was. I think was, Mox really came across like he was really like he really wanted to make AJ look like a star. Yeah. He sold his ass off for him. He did, he didn't get a ton of offense in uh, throughout the match. He really just like let AJ just like lay it mm-hmm. in, and make, look made him look as good as he reasonably could without putting him over in the end. And with that said, he did like. Um, well, I mean, without you know giving him like you know the actual win right right i mean he he did i mean people were very very invested in who was winning the match by the uh the end of this match so so mission accomplished uh the the finish was what it was uh i guess they're gonna keep that going but um aj definitely was elevated in this match even if he didn't win but it it really did feel like it was time at this point it was unfair because mox was about four hours four or five hours removed from having if not the match of the day, then the match of the day in that building. I haven't seen everything from around um, from around the weekend, but Mox Busick, as we said earlier, was match of the day. It was just incredible. This felt, you know, at times a little spotty, a little by the numbers for what it was. Um, one thing I fucking hated in this match. Matches going on. Uh, I think it was after the guys had. I can't remember if it was before or after they had wrestled around the crowd. They came back around to us, and then they ended up ringside again. So our ugly mugs are probably on the feet. All sure over the fucking place. Yeah. All over it, yeah. yeah. We, we were having a fucking blast during this match and just yelling shit and goofing and popping. There was like you a, can see Joey wiping a tear from his eye after the finish. No, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, there was like so, a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. So from out of nowhere... Without any prompting from AJ or Mox, here comes the ring crew with a ladder, and they start <laughs> setting up the fucking spot. Yeah. Unfucking real. Yeah. yeah, the feet it just kind of showed up out of what? nowhere. But yeah, I didn't yeah. think like yeah. someone had to set that up. The ring crew <laughs> really at GC- Yeah, the ring crew at GCW is very hands on with setting up spots and taking them down. Like they're 
they're like move, they're taking them down. I get because it's yeah, like let's clear the get, trash, yeah. and that you that that yeah. would fall under the duties <laughs> but, of a of a ring crew member. But maybe Mox is like he doesn't want to do the work and set up his own <laughs> ladder spot, so he just pays these guys. It was so it's so it's, stupid. It's so, so weird and stupid. stupid. Yeah, I guess they the ladder was really big, and they have like doors under there, and like the ring is packed with shit. So maybe they had to do it that way. Um. I don't mind it. I don't think I mind it as much as Davey, but I still don't really like it either. But like ultimately, you know, we got that crazy spot where AJ jumps off the ladder through through the through the through the stuff, and that was a really fucking sick spot. Um, we were goofing. That was out. okay. We were, I mean, goof- it was okay. we were goofing around, like saying like get the tubes, and then everybody was started saying it. And that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Um, I, I, I like the match. I had a really good time during this match. I had a blast. So this woke me up for sure. Uh, next match, your main event was John Wayne Murdoch versus Alex Cologne for the, what was it? Some some extreme type championship thing. Their ultra violence. Ultra yeah. violent, right. yeah. yeah. Ultra violent championship. Match of the night, and not because it was any good, uh, technically. <laughs> <laughs> so this had. This was like just garbage. They were doing crazy shit, and it was fun to watch. The opening spot, like they said, they had this big fucking light tube, like uh, like area set up, like, and within seconds of the match, Alex Colon goes up to the top rope and gets thrown off immediately. Nobody expected it to be that early, and he fucking goes through it, and it was insane, insane bump. Um, yeah, Alex Cologne just kind of got destroyed this whole time. <laughs> he really did, and it had one of the some of the best selling I've ever seen, and it was definitely the best uh, storytelling I've ever seen in a in a death match. This is what um, this is the kind of stuff that I want to see more of in GCW: the storytelling and stuff. And uh, this 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 was a great example of it. But people really turned on John Wayne Murdoch hard, and I know he's been healed for a while, but. They did this really great spot where Alex Cologne throws a forearm. Uh, Murdoch ducks and he hits the post with his forearm, and he hit it so hard it made like the it made a pop. Like it, it sounded brutal. He went down to the ground and sold his ass off as if he had broken his arm on the post. And everybody, everybody bought it. Everybody fucking bought it. Well, one of the things he did that I think really put over that he had actually broken his arm, which you know, we're, we're inclined to believe he didn't, was that when Murdoch went to pick him up or grab him when he was selling his arm, he squealed. Yeah. Like, no, dude, this oh, is yeah. serious. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and Murdoch backed off. Yeah. And yeah, that made me, that made me. Well, doubt, then, like you, you had, know, like you know, doubt it for a second. I got worked for a second. I, 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 I was, I mean, I wasn't sure if this helped it or made it work, like or immediately gave away that it was a work. But when like the people came out to like help him, and that kind of gave away to me it was a work because GCW doesn't have a, uh, you know, they don't give a shit about the talent. They don't have a medical staff or anything. <laughs> okay. Um, so, <laughs> but the selling was really good. To be fair, with a rag. To be fair, I've never seen anybody um, get injured Die. during a match like that, like during a match. So. So I don't know how they would have normally react, reacted, but like, uh, yeah, he was. I bought it. I, 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 everybody bought it. Everybody was really concerned for Alex. He was screaming in pain. He had like his arm was like wrapped up in like some black tape, and you know when you wrap up your arm, you know it kind of looks lumpy because it's flesh, right? So like you look at him, like we were standing right over him, like we were right there. So we were standing literally right over him, and I was looking at his arm, and it looked lumpy. 
So you could buy that it was like a straight up legit, legit, like he was legit hurt. I kind of, I got, I like they weren't throwing the X up or anything like that. So I was like, okay, this is a work. They can um, work that. They yeah. can work that. They could, too. they could, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't think most, most. I've most, seen them. I've seen them work. They do, before. but I don't think that, I, I don't know. I don't see it that often. I don't see people work it that often, although I have seen it worked. So I was like, <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. And then Murdoch started working really hard, and he goes like, "This is when he's like really turned up the heat." And he's, he's like, he's, he's he cussing wants Adam. at him. He, he, yeah, yeah, he wants Adam. He's yeah. cussing at him, calling him a pussy, like looking frustrated that he's hurt, and like it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal. And uh, the finish does not take long to come after this. It looked like they find like, they they spent the perfect amount of time outside with Alex uh, for him to be like, "I can go, I can go, I can go." And then uh, it led to the finish, and people were shocked. Like it worked. Like this fucking worked. Everybody was into it. Everybody leg- there was legit hate. There was a very, very much a different feel for the way people were booing for John Wayne Murdoch here, as opposed to Joey Janela earlier in the night. And it was awesome. Yeah. He cut this promo where he's like, you know, get the fuck out of here. Like, get sh- pack your bags and get the fuck out. You don't belong here anymore. It was a fucking awesome promo. And I people they were showed mad. the promo, actually. They did? No shit. Oh, shit, dude. The promo. Oh, my God. It was the, great. Yeah, the promo was money, dude. He was, cutting the pro- he was cutting the promo. He's like, after all that shit you were talking, he's like, you're a fucking pussy. And <laughs> just just like saying, like, he's like, you're not as violent as everybody says you are. No, nobody cares about you anymore. It's time to pack your shit and get the fuck out of gcw and like people were so mad the people bought this and uh yeah it was really awesome we also didn't mention that literal knives came out oh yeah (laughs) they had had some actual kitchen steak knives one of them looked like you know a like a blade you would buy at a fucking pawn shop or something yeah (laughs) i had sent uh, i took a photo of it you know they're doing the spot where they're working i think toward the hard cam and they've got the knife in the forehead. And I sent it to my wife, and she's like, is that a fucking knife? And I didn't even realize it was. I thought yeah. it was a pair of scissors or something. And I looked, I was like, oh, shit, that is a fucking knife. Yeah, it's, but, yeah um, they use legit knives. John Wayne Murdoch seems legit in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying... I think my favorite deathmatch wrestler of this millennium is Necro Butcher. Yeah. Just, I, I didn't like everything he did, but... He was hard to look away from, mm-hmm. but John Wayne Murdoch might be a legit killer. Yeah, he lo- he's got a killer yeah. sounding name. He's from Waxahachie, so if you're listening to this and you're in the greater Ellis County area, <laughs> when you go to the laundromat, do your clothes, and you're coming out to your car, be on the lookout because John Wayne Murdoch might be fucking lurking in the shadows. He might be waiting in your back seat if you're going on a <laughs> tender date in Ellis County. And you're not sure. You think you might be getting catfished. Just be sure it's not John Wayne Murdoch before you get out of your car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this guy might be a legit killer. I don't like this kind of stuff at all. I don't. I, I usually don't. I'll put it that way. But if you're going to do it, I guess there's a right way to do it. And John mm-hmm. Wayne Murdoch is fucking doing it right. At, at, least this, at least this appearance, we'll see what happens going forward. But I cannot believe... I was not thrilled that this was the main event. I figured the GCW title match would be the main event. But with that said, I, this was the right call. I know they probably like to do this as the main event because that gives them more time to clean up. But uh, wow, yeah, I was pretty stunned. Well, and then, 
And then, do you want to talk about what happened when we when we sauntered over to the merchandise? I will. Area? I will. But before we get to that, um, I could also tell like the respect. I will call this out: the respect that AJ and Mox had for this match, knowing it was coming up and there was going to be a lot of light tubes. They only used like one light tube spot. Like their match was a death match. Yeah. But they only had one light, or actually technically two, but it was really one and one and two, whatever. They only had one light tube spot and they didn't do a whole lot at all. They used a lot of barbed wire. They used a lot of stuff that they didn't end up using in that in in the uh in the main event, which is cool. And that's totally a professional thing for somebody not to like blow the load of of something that's coming up next, right? So uh, that the was- light tube, the light tube spots and and the ultraviolet match didn't seem I had criticized before that it seemed like two friends trying yeah. not to hurt each other sometimes. And I didn't get that feeling. Yeah, in this match. they did it not felt pretty. It felt pretty stiff. Alex Cologne is fucking great. And if he wasn't doing deathmatch wrestling, you could see him being a really good, like tough guy, fucking storyteller in, in any kind of uh, form. Like he'd be great without death. He's one of those guys that'd be great without death matches too. And, John Wayne Murdoch, I wasn't, I didn't buy him going in. I know a lot of people talk about him and stuff like that, and I was like, I don't get it. I got it after this match. Good shit uh, from both guys. And we went over to the merch table after the match, and we were because we were going, we were just walking around. We were gonna go see like see if Nick Gage was out there, buy some merch, and like all the wrestlers from the show, most of them at least, were out there selling their selling their stuff. They had like their tables set up. They were setting selling shirts and stuff like that. Dude, Alex Cologne had his table set up. All his shirts out, the boxes, and his cash bag just chilling there. Nobody was there. Nobody. Nobody was watching the table. He wasn't at the table. And like, holy fuck. He could not sell shirts that night because he fucking dedicated himself to this fucking angle. Fucking gold star. Bad and fucking honor for this fucking guy. Big respect. Dude, if that was part of the idea, that was fucking genius. Straight up genius. I can't believe that his cash his cash bag was there. Well, it might have just been rolled up newspaper in there. It could have been, but like it, <laughs> it was, was bulgy. It was it sitting there, bulgy, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you have the balls- Joey was like, dude, dude. Make, can you no. change the version? I'm gonna grab no. This. And I was no. like, Joey, no, dude. Like he just worked his ass off. You're gonna take his change. Oh my god. <laughs> he's no. probably gonna die tonight anyways. Let's just take he's, his money. He's lying. He's like, act like you're having a heart attack over there. I was like, no, I'm not doing no. that. That's not did not happen. If you have the balls to steal from uh Alex Cologne, then you know. I guess that <laughs> I guess up. I guess you I guess you're owed that money, but <laughs> that the, that was crazy to me. Like that was so cool and um very few people are even going to notice. We might have been the only ones that noticed, like that even like thought about it. You know, like there's no way. Yeah, because, yeah. It was his table was in a prominent spot. He, mm-hmm. he did, it's not like he had one shirt. His table, and yeah. It was like his table was dead center, and just nobody there to sell anything. And this guy sacrificed his WrestleMania weekend fucking sales to do this shit. So presumably, presumably. So yeah, that's that's our theory. Fucking really, res- really respect, theory. dude. Respect to Alex Cologne for this. So uh, I think there were some people online uh, saying that this didn't live up, like you said, to you know the hype that they expected with a spring break event, and you thought it did. I thought it did. I had a great fucking time. I had a great time, and maybe it was because we were there live and the atmosphere was so hot. But uh, maybe they were just looking forward to Janela's match, and it wasn't as good as it could have been. But I had there a, was no yeah there was no big angle hatched yeah other than maybe what we just talked about at the end of the the ultraviolence match mm-hmm. there, no blow off felt you know satisfying so mm-hmm. I guess I could see that but yeah. as a live event 
you know, pretty good. What do you think watching it, Doc, overall? I thought it was like a better GCW show. It wasn't incredible by any stretch, like watching out of the feed versus being there live. But I mean, it was a fun time. Um, there was definitely parts of it that were skippable, but overall, I thought it was pretty decent. Awesome. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. So it's weird. I mean, there's no, there's there's no atmosphere like a hot wrestling show, even if the stuff isn't great on the show, um, which I don't know. I, that's neither here nor there for this show. But man, you can have a really great time going to a live wrestling show. If you have an opportunity to go to one, just go. Just go and see if you like it. Have a good time. So we had thought about sticking around for Planet Death. And when we got into the moment, I don't even think we discussed it. We were so fucking worn out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I drove home and we went to bed with visions of Ring of Honor Supercard dancing in our head. Mm -hmm. So we didn't go to any other like shows during the day. We were pretty worn out. Um, There were like uh, that's not any disrespect or any like uh, reason for like lack of interest in the shows. There's some great shows running that day, but we were just really worn out. So we decided to fucking chill and go to Supercard of Honor that night. So, which brings us to uh, the first. Uh, well, was there any fun little experiences you guys had getting to the building this time, or was this pretty just get to your seats and buckle yeah, up? Yeah, um, not much, man. We we had some Mediterranean food before the event. Yeah, we, <laughs> we went were to hoping Kobe. it was fresh and that you know we wouldn't be hitting the bathroom. It turned out to be fresh. We lucked up. We met some friends in the just about everyone we we knew that was a wrestling fan was going. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that's a really good. The Curtis Colwell Center in Garland is where AEW runs when they come to town. It's a great wrestling venue. There's not a bad seat in the house. It's relatively small. You can't help but run into the people you see. But there was one thing. That, and this is something small. But when we were going in, some lady was really fucking rude to Davey. <laughs> Oh, I tried. I had a bottle of water and she's like, you can't bring that in. So there was no one in line behind us. So I just stepped to the side and tried to swig, you know, take a big final swig as you do before you toss your three quarter bottle of water like a big one. <laughs> she started screaming at him. She's like, she's like, get out hey, of the dude. way. You're holding. She goes, get out of the way. You're holding up the line. And then he just, come on, dude. <laughs> he, he like, no, no, he, and then he stopped and then he drank some more and she goes, oh my God, come on, dude. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> I just no sold her. You know, yeah, I, I was telling Joey, just, I can't believe how rude she was. And I'm just like, you know, dude, if you let people like that get under your skin. You know what I mean? You're going to have a shortened life. True. Yeah. But true. man, oh, man. I, was, I was so excited to be back at a Ring of Honor event. I literally haven't been since 2006. I don't want to tell that story really, really fast. 2006, got tickets. Joey couldn't go. I had a couple other friends that were coming with me. That's one of the so biggest regrets of my life, by the way. Yeah, we and yeah, and, and we and I'll make you, I'll make you feel it even more here. Oh shit! So we had, I worked overnight at a hotel at the time. So Wednesday night, I worked overnight, got off Thursday morning, went home, tried to get a nap. My friend arrived in town, called me before I fell asleep, said, "Hey, I'm here." Went to pick him up. Came back thinking I was going to take a nap. Didn't happen. We were yelling jokes out across the room. So I said, fuck it, got up. Then we had rental car problems. Friend number three showed up, solved that. And we hit the road Thursday night as the sun was going down. We drove all night from Dallas to Chicago at 16 hours. We did it straight. I thought I'd sleep in the car. I didn't. I couldn't sleep. I don't know if it was anticipation or I thought I was going to wake up dead with my friend driving You know, while he was exhausted. So I didn't sleep Wednesday night. I didn't sleep Thursday night. 
We hit Chicago. We check on, uh, this is Friday morning. We hit Chicago. Check in the hotel, dump our shit. We have to take one of our friends over to Northwestern because his sister is a student there. Drop him off at campus. We go eat at Chicago Diner, which is like a famous vegan restaurant in Chicago. It's fucking awesome. And then we had to go right to the Ring of Honor uh, the first night, which was, I think they dubbed it better than our best. It's got the six-man Dragon Gate match. I was fucking delirious during that. I, I was not a caffeine user at the time like I am now, Jesus Christ. So when that six-man match was going on, I think I was hallucinating and seeing black dogs and things running around dragging kids' feet. But it, I don't know. It might have enhanced the moment. Um, finally got a little sleep that night, and Super Card of Honor was the next night. I think we were on the second row for that. We had toilet paper for fucking Jimmy Rave. He got showered with the toilet paper. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Jimmy fucking Rave, man. We miss that guy. We had Lance Storm and Brian Danielson for the Ring of Honor um, uh, world world title. We threw in the red and white streamers for Lance Storm. What happened to streamers in America, man? It used yeah. to be such a thing. I it saw was so one, much fun. I saw one for Jonathan Gresham, and it was one I saw streamer. A single streamer. Single streamer. Yeah. That used to be that like was such a cool visual. Yeah, you was, don't see it in Japan either. Yeah, you don't see it in Japan anymore, but it started in Japan. When uh, there was a wrestler with like a ton of respect and it's a really big deal, uh, you would see the streamers and in old school Ring of during Ring of Honor's golden years, uh, when a big thing would happen, they would they would bring people would bring the streamers. I remember seeing them for Samoa Joe versus Homicide for their last match. I remember seeing, um, yeah, just literally for anything like like a big deal, like Kobashi versus Joe. Um, What's the like? I'm thinking of one match where as soon as the streamers were thrown, they start. They just that was, start that was brawling. Joe, that was Joe. That was Joe Homicide. So there was like an insane so amount good. of streamers getting thrown in, and the match started. And then Homicide went in to hit go after Joe, and then Joe hit him with the back body drop. So he takes the big back body drop in the streamers. It was just an incredible visual. Um, Let's bring that back. I know Ring Crews yeah. are annoyed by it. I don't care. But yeah, it's, Let's bring it back. That needs to come back. It was. It makes a big moment feel even bigger. And uh, it would have been great to see Jonathan Gresham showered as the uh, the new era yeah. of uh, Ring of Honor World Champions. But you know, um, like I said, it, it, that was one of the most that was one of the biggest fucking regrets of my life, man. I thought I was. It was. I worked at a comic book shop, and new comic or twenty four hour comic day was. Was it twenty four hour comic day? I don't remember how. It, it was. Yeah, free, yeah, comic free comic day. book day. That's what yeah. it was. Tweet, free comic book day. And um, I think we were short staffed and I asked my boss, I was like, I really want to go to this. This is a really big deal. And he's like, well, I really need you. And I was like, do you really, really, really need me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do. And I wish I would have just said, you know what? I'm not going. If I could do it again, I would straight quit my job to go to, to have gone to this show because it sounded like we such a great... A, we just had a great time like riding yeah. around Chicago too. And it was, yeah. it was a fun trip, but... The Moments last like match, that, and, and you can never get no, back. Moments like that, you can never get back or never. And your ticket set, yeah. just stayed in my pocket, like no one used it. Yeah. So we had an extra seat to put our stuff in. Thanks, Joey. Yeah. One of my we had some shirts. <laughs> one of the biggest regrets of my life, like you, you cannot. Chances, like you can work any day of the week. If if they need you at work, they're they're not going to go out of business for you missing one day of work, even if they needed you. This is something that you can never ever get back, like an opportunity like this, and. I, I regret it every day, straight up. But this yeah. was this was uh, at the beginning. This was also at the beginning of the CZW ROH feud. Yes. So Chris Hero showed up, I think, on night one, and he tried to throw a chair from the back of the room. This was a pretty 
large for Ring of Honor is a rather large facility that they're running in a Chicago suburb. And he tries to throw a chair from the back of the room into a ring and he shorts it and nails a girl in the front row in the head. It just smashes <laughs> her in the head. And others ran over and were talking to her, making sure she's okay. The next thing you know, they're bringing her free merch, just showering her with free merch. Like, don't sue us. Don't sue us. It was so funny. Okay, but the main event for Supercard of Honor 1 was Homicide versus Colt Cabana blow off. And that's my SAG. So this is the last time that I'm chanting ROH at the top of my lungs Mm -hmm. this night in 2006. I remember... I'm sorry. Yeah, I, know, ahead, I know you're go going ahead, somewhere go with that. Yeah. But I remember like how hyped the stuff was on that show and how we waited months and we're just like so excited when the DVD came out to watch it. Yeah. Go ahead I your, need to rewatch that. Go out of your way to watch at least the six man tag, the Dragon Gate six man tag from that show because it holds yeah. up. You talk about people doing stuff that's like um, choreographed and stuff. This is like the, the pinnacle of it. Yeah. It the, really this, is. Both events were just really solid shows, just really yeah. great shows. You know, the uh, Colt Cabana, Homicide Blow Off, ended with a chair riot. I know we've talked about throwing the chairs or whatever. Um, so flash forward 16 years later, back at Supercard of Honor. Now it's it's since changed hands twice from, uh, I guess, Kerry Silken to Sinclair, now to Tony Khan. ROH is, kind match, of, ROH is kind of a shell of its former self before this. Yeah, and I know that they might have peaked in terms of popularity with the Bucks and and Cody and everything, but it, that was just a different Ring of Honor. It was no, yeah, it was never as good as it was when Gabe was booking, and that was just the absolute golden age. And it, yeah, there, there, it did have like that nice era with like the Bullet Club and stuff like that. But they were kind of riding on the wave of the Bullet Club, and ROH was kind of like ROH. It was like you believed in ROH more than you believed in the in like any one wrestler during that time. Well, uh, yeah, I'll say like, this. I was going to say in that era, it was kind of like New Japan's B-show almost. Exactly. It, it really yeah. was. And that's what people kind of saw it as. And it was just a, it's it's just been a shell of its former self since those mid-2000s and stuff. Since Gabe, when Gabe mm-hmm. left, I pretty much dropped off. And it became apparent really quick. And I think Adam Pierce maybe was doing some booking. Yeah, he booked for he a bit. Left. Yeah, and then, and then I wasn't uh, Delirious crazy. Booked. Yeah, I wasn't too crazy about what he was doing. But anyway, at that time... So at this time, I'm at Supercard in 2006 and, and before this and a little after. To me, the Ring of Honor world title was the world title. Mm-hmm. And and I know we had, we had um, obviously, the GHC title and Noah, and I put that up there, too, at the time. It's, it's a shame that, you know, Noah's kind of dropped off. But um, we talked about these... Not only belts, but angles and promotions. Only the only value they have is what a fan assigns to them. Mm-hmm. The promoter can work their ass off and do all the right stuff to make their title look important and protect it and do all the right things and have a hundred percent success. But if you as a fan don't give a shit about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it exactly. only has as much importance as you put on it. These are we might be talking a, about a, that later tonight. Sh- shades yeah. of Roman Reigns and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, essentially, it's all imaginary, right? And it's when I stop and think about that, it's it's hard to believe sometimes because I still hang on a lot of this stuff. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Some of this stuff still feels important to me, but it's only the importance I assigned to it. But at that time, the Ring of Honor world title was the fucking title. And you would hear guys yeah. say that in promos, you know, but you're thinking, oh, this is in kayfabe. But man, you believe to me it. it was. Yeah. The guys who, it, it, I didn't just believe it. Like, that's how I felt. That goes to show what we were talking about earlier because, like, people would come in to wrestle Brian Danielson. You had Lance Storm come out of retirement to wrestle Brian Danielson as champion and would lose. And like, it's like we were talking about earlier. There's nothing wrong with making your your person that you're building win matches. Like Alley Catch losing to Mickey James, right? Like, these big stars can come in, and guess what? It adds prestige to whatever the fuck you're doing in your company. Samoa Joe, nearly two-year title run. Yeah. Danielson, it was over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some... You know, there, there was some pinballing, you know, when CM Punk grabbed it before he left. But, you know, ultimately it landed in, in Danielson. And then, you know, Homicide got it. And that was a feel-good moment. And then a shock moment when it was when Morishima won it. And, you know, oh, it was yeah. just... Super shock moment. Cause, what a run, man. Whew, and man. The, the Briscoes at the time, like, I was bummed that they didn't make that Chicago show. They didn't, they didn't do those dates. But, man, they're fucking Briscoes. What a... What a fucking tag team. We're going to talk about them in a minute. Mm-hmm. But back to that last event, it wasn't a title match, but it was a blow-off to a hot feud, the homicide Colt Cabana feud. And we're screaming our way to the top of our lungs, and Colt Cabana gets his stride back. He gets the win and gets his humor back or whatever. Homicide shakes his hand. And after we filed into the arena, the preliminary matches are coming on. Well, essentially, my seg is, and I'm just kind of wearing it out here. But so the the first match of this night was 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 Cole Cabana as well. Going into the show, going into the show, it was very exciting. It really did, even before we actually even saw the show, feel like a new era for Ring of Honor. It felt like a new era in wrestling. Like it really had like a, an aura to what was going on. Like everybody fucking kind of felt it. The it was electric going in there. Uh, it was exciting to see. We didn't even realize that we were watching um, a pre-show. I th- I was like, "Oh wait, this match is on the card." Like I was like, I, I didn't even know. And yeah, uh, I didn't what know was, what was the pre-show card. I I didn't realize that there was a pre-show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There was it was uh, Blake Christian versus uh, fuck. Who would he wrestle? I thought it was Cole Cabana. Oh yeah, it was Colt Cabana. Yeah, Blake Christian yeah, versus Colt Cabana. First match. Yeah, Blake yeah. Christian versus. I that, don't know. That I, was my. That was that? my. Yeah. That was my seg that I wore out and yeah. didn't really pay off. But okay. it was just that you know that bridged from Cabana being in the main event. Yeah. And maybe it's a little sad that 16 years later he's in the the prelim opener. Yeah. But at least for we me, got to see there him. was. Yeah, for me there was synergy, and at least we got to see him, and he and he was good. I've got the card up. It's AQA versus um, Miranda Elise. That was. Alize and Miranda Alize. That was by far the worst match on the entire show. Yes, yeah. it was um, kind of the drizzling shits. And I know I've seen AQA before, and I've liked her, um, but this match she's was just, young. Yeah, she's young. Uh, it wasn't the worst match I've ever seen, but it was kind of shit. It was kind of bad. It was pretty bad. It was not a ROH standard wrestling match. After that, though, was Joe Hendry and uh, Dalton Castle. Yes. And this match fucking rocked. No, that you had another match before. Oh, that, they actually. did that. They did what was the next one? Sorry, you had a tag match. Uh, Jasper Kuan and Toa Lenoa with Tully Blanchard. I didn't. That's know right. Or when they came, a yeah. squash match. Yeah, show. yeah. It's, uh, the Shinobi Shadow Squad. Yeah, so it was just a squash. Um, Tully Blanchard comes out, and I guess so. Now we know what he what's going on. He uh, they're launching um, Blanchard Tully Blanchard Enterprises, 
And so he's starting a stable for ROH. And then it kind of like then you have the light bulb go off and you realize that these guys that they've been taking off of TV are going to be repurposed for Ring of Honor. And now Mm -hmm. everybody's had the question, what's Tony going to do with Ring of Honor? Is it going to like go away? Is it going to be its own brand? It's very obvious that he's got plans for this company and they're going to have their own storylines and they're going to be moving forward. It was very obvious because they had Tully Blanchard come out. He's got his own thing. He's he's starting a stable and it's for Ring of Honor. So he's got these two monstrous looking Samoan dudes and uh for uh as as a tag team and it was a squash match. It's whatever. Uh it was fine. It wasn't bad. It was cool to see these guys uh for the first time and that was it. Then we had Dalton Castle versus Joe Hendry. And this is when I was like, fuck, man, they have some real star power in, R- in ROH to move forward with. Like, you see Joe Hendry and especially Dalton Castle, and you're like, these guys could be stars anywhere they go right now. And it's a really nice, it's like, you you feel like ROH is going to ha- be in good hands in terms of talent. It's not like underneath talent. It's not stuff that people that you can't really latch on to. They've got a really fucking good foundation. And this is when I kind of realized, like, they really are going to have a good foundation going forward. And, you know, I get a sense that Tony Khan can pick and choose. True. Who he's going to sign. But, I mean, I wasn't that big of a fan of Dalton Castle until this event. You know, his entrance is a lot of fun. His gimmick is fucking hilarious with the peacock dancers. His little twinks that obey his every word. <laughs> is that and DC? <laughs> Shit. I, I think it's that's it's a fine. thing, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Davey goes twink. first thing that's first thing that Davey said, I was like, I wonder what he thinks about Dave about Dalton Castle, because I felt the fucking star power. I was excited to see him. I thought it was really funny. The part where he like put out his you hand. You the peacock dancers? Well, when, when he put out his hand and he pretended like he put seeds in them and then all the little dancers walked by and pecked food out of his hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so good. And then I looked over at Davey and he goes, I think one of the twinks has a black flag tattoo. <laughs> that's all he said. <laughs> but listen, uh, gimmick aside... He's really good. Mm-hmm. And I know I've seen flashes of that, but he's really fucking good. I was eating it up. This match was fun. It was a solid res- solid wrestling match. There was my favorite point of the match, and I know it has nothing to do with actual wrestling per se, but Castle gets whipped into the turnbuckle, and he goes, Jesus! Yeah, it's funny because it's funny you couldn't see it on the actual show. I, I, I went back and rewatched this match. And you can't see it on the actual feed, but yeah, it's so funny. He goes, oh, Jesus! So, <laughs> so good. So yeah. good. He's excellent. But, yeah. Joe Hendry yeah, is really awesome. Uh, Joe Hendry has a good look. He has like a good like character. Like uh, They have like his music that I still have in my head today. And uh, I'm not going to sing it on the stream, so sorry. Or not stream. I'm not going to stream it on the show, but so sorry about that. But um, Come yeah. on. Sing it's, it's, what is possible has, on the stream is what you're telling me. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll sing it on the stream. You have to tune in twitch.tv slash reclaim Joey. Cheap plug. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, you, I really felt like they have a good foundation here. And I'm just, at this point, I'm just at a fever pitch for being excited for what Ring of Honor has in store for us uh, within this new era. So then the uh, actual show starts with Swerve Strickland versus Alex Zane. Swerve seems super over. Uh, seems like a lot of the crowd was, you know, chanting Swerve's house. Were you guys doing that? Yeah, absolutely. We were absolutely chanting. We were very close. We were, we were sitting right next to the stage. 
And um, I don't know if I was because I just, like I said before, I would feel like I need to get paid by Under Armour to chant something like that. Uh, that seems like one of their commercials. He's lying. I fucking saw him. <laughs> and what's even worse is that he wouldn't commit, which makes it worse. So, like, people were going, Swear's like, house. whose house? And he was going, Swear's house. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Swear's house. The guy, ne- the guy house. next to us was doing under his breath chants all night. Yeah. There was, like, come there on, really- <laughs> dude. You got it. If you think it's going to catch on, like, let's. Yeah. Let's he was scared. It. We, we have outside we, voice. We were really good at getting chants started. And I just think that's our experience and, like, going to wrestling shows and just fucking trying to pick the right times to do fucking chants and shit like that. Um, but he was like, yeah, Swerve was fucking over. The match was pretty good. Um, that fucking spot where he did the Poison Rana off the apron to the floor was insane. Mm. Yeah, yeah, people went fucking ape shit for that. Uh, crowd was hot. Yeah, this match was good. It was a perfect, the perfect opener they could have asked for, for sure. My daughter's trying to get in the room. She wants to talk about, she wants to put her two cents in for Alley Catch. <laughs> We've talked before about openers and how mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a lost art especially with wwe mm-hmm. um but yeah i agree this was a perfect opener and a lot of fun uh next up we had a, another squash match with uh the third man for tully blanchard enterprises the uh newly debuting he was the mystery uh opponent brian cage versus ninja mac uh, as i mentioned earlier ninja mac was a fan choice apparently for the spot um I don't know if that's good or bad for him that it was a squash mash, but I was pumped to see Ninja Mac. And like I said, like there was I don't I don't know if I said this before. I can't remember who I told this to recently, but you did mention uh, that like I did mention it on the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't this was like a crowd which I thought would know exactly who Ninja Mac was and they weren't. There was only a handful of people. Uh, it was impossible to get a, a go ninja, go ninja, go chant going or a Ninja Mac chant going. And uh, I was excited to see Brian Cage. I guess this is where they're going to be using him, people that they've had off TV. I wouldn't be surprised to see Miro show up on here in Ring of Honor. Um, Mm -hmm. Just people that they're not using, I wouldn't be surprised to to see them show up on here. People that are good that they're not using. I I, I think it's a good thing because they're going to be able to to use people in a more meaningful way. I think that's solid. But... I was excited to see Brian Cage, but I was also bummed because that means this match was going to be a squash. Yeah, and I wanted to see uh, I wanted to see um, Ninja Mac wow everybody with the crazy shit that he can do. There was some to be. There's something to be said about um, the squash E being someone who can fly across the fucking ring. Sure, you mm-hmm. know, with a German suplex, absolutely. And do the move over the top that Cage is going to catch and, yeah. and make it look all that much more impressive. Very true. So. Tony Khan, who, by the way, claimed that there was about 2,000 people there, which seemed about right. Uh, It seemed like there were more, but I'm not sure. Well, it's a smaller building. I was a little underwhelmed, uh, but people continued to file in. I think there was a little bit of He said it went, uh, I think it was like the pre-sale tickets. He said it went from like 200 to 2,000. There was more than 2,000 people here. Here's the thing. Like this, this show... I saw people like talking shit about it, how it didn't draw very well or whatever, and it did. It, it, it drew enough to me, but at the same time, there were a bunch of other shows going on. Impact was going on. GCW mm-hmm. was running. Like Wasn't WWE, WWE doing their Hall of Fame. Yeah, WWE was doing yeah, the, the Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame SmackDown. Yeah, if you're going to the Hall of Fame instead of a fucking wrestling show, I don't know what the fucking tell you, but. Um, so there was a lot of things running literally at the exact same time. In fact, Tony Khan came out at the beginning of the show 
cut a promo, talked about how excited he was, and he's like, you're in for a treat. And he's like, he's like, who's leaving? He asked, who's leaving before the end of the show? And then I guess a couple people raised their hand or whatever. He's like, I'm telling you right now, if you leave, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And um, so he... That he, was a little bit of an oversell in my opinion, but that's what he does. It was, but it was it was, <laughs> it was was still exciting, Whatever the, the surprises that ended up happening, especially with like there being such a classic matchup for FTR and the Briscoes. And then, of course, um, yes, the debut of Samoa Joe, and uh, oh, not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not debut, <laughs> but like the the fucking uh, return. Well, everybody he's, should know by now, right? He's he's done with his training. <laughs> it, it makes sense that this show didn't draw as many as as it would have maybe if there were was nothing else going on at this moment in time. But and I'm still I'm really glad that it, it drew enough to be loud and exciting. Um, it did not hurt the atmosphere really at all, especially during the tag match. The drawing power of like the card itself as announced, like it was, it's definitely a good card for like wrestling fans and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I think I guarantee a lot of people who um, maybe like they just watch like AEW or WWE or mm-hmm. both, they probably don't, they probably don't even know who like Jonathan Gresham is, to be honest with you. And yeah, it's, it's right. Yeah. It, I think it, I know they had to do the Bandito match for you know, kayfabe reasons that they both have ring of honor titles and they need to, they need to unify them. Mm. But I think that if they had somehow gotten that little bit of business taken care of in advance and had Gresham up against, you know, I don't know because obviously they wanted Gresham to be the champion. So you, right. You probably don't want to beat Adam Cole before he's do a rematch with hangman or something like that. But Put a, put a name in there that might have been a good idea. I feel I feel like a lot of people were um, were here were AEW fans as well because um, I, I I think there were people that didn't know who Gresham was and at the beginning Tony Khan said hey uh, who's been to a Ring of Honor show and then people raised their hand and who's who's is this the who's who's in here is it's the first time they've ever been to a Ring of Honor show and I would say about eighty the eighty five percent of the crowd raised their hand so. This didn't even draw like their normal ROH people, I guess. Sure, yeah. And so it, I, I really think that it was mostly like the not not the mainstream fans, but the fans that are just underneath that, the people that really only like AEW for the most part. And that's why I said like you know people may not have they they didn't know who like Ninja Mac was, for instance. So they might not know who Jonathan Gresham is. And I think our friend Wesley told us that somebody in front, right at the beginning of the match, the match was like two seconds in, uh, of the main event and. Jonathan Gresham's in the match and he goes, this guy fucking sucks. Said that about Jonathan Gresham and they left. delusional. And they left. Yeah. And they left delusional. 100% delusional. He's fan-fucking-tastic. Um, Just poorly cultured fa- fans right there. Exactly. Man. Exactly. And there was some weird, there was a weird mix of fans here. Davey and I have this like knack for finding the weirdest fucking wrestling fans is it wrestling fans in general or do we just end up sitting next to the weirdest fucking people well first and foremost we always get behind people that are six foot five or taller and all so in front of us in front of us is like fucking a guy who looks like kratos and is as big as kratos and then <laughs> the video game then, character or the wrestler <laughs> The wrestler, and then, <laughs> and then fucking Ed Too Tall Jones as his friend, and then I'm looking, and they're sitting directly in front of us, and then to the left and right, I'm looking. It's like uh, someone with a, a growth disorder uh, over here, um, like a five foot tall 
girl over here, an actual little person over here, kid over here, <laughs> in front of everybody else, and then but, right wait, in front of us. Just in front of us. At every show. <laughs> at every show. Yeah. Fucking lurch. Well, that's funny. But then, yeah, we, we also get some really funny kind of marks around us, too. Dude. Some really entertaining comments that this is no exaggeration when i say this we had two guys that were in front of us that were doing commentary like when i say commentary oh i mean that they were actually trying to do real commentary for the show like i don't gresham, know trying to get the upper hand yeah exactly they were doing that they were doing that shit and they're like gresham definitely doesn't want to win this with count out he wants to make sure like straight up like full commentary and i'm, I'm pretty not, sure that line was actually on commentary yeah, too for what it's worth i'm not exaggerating when i said that they did this from the start of the show to the finish without stopping God. They stopped. Okay, I, I lied. They did it. They stopped, and they actually they took part in some of the chants and stuff like that. But I'm telling you right now, no exaggeration. From the start to the finish of the, sh- of the show, they did commentary, and every time they said something corny or cringy, I just looked at Dave, Dave and I just looked at each other and we're like, God damn, how, I can't believe this is existing right now. Lots One of, of the guys looked like of Kobashi he, and shit like that. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah, there'd be that a they, regular chop. There'd be there was a regular chop, and the guys like. Shades of Kobashi. I'm like, that's oh just a standard job. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. one of the guys looked like he would have been in place in like RoboCop 2. It's like one of the street punks, like a big guy, big lurchy, dumb guy, like third or fourth banana. With the weirdest undercut like, you've ever seen. Weird undercut and a weird like RoboCop 2 mohawk. I don't, I don't know, man. The other guy I, was really... wearing a, a, a button up Bret Hart shirt. And uh, yeah, right, it had like yeah. Bret Hart all over it with like perfectly combed hair. He really thought that Jeez. he was a commentator going through the show. He thought he I'm, was the fucking play by play guy. I'm really disappointed that they didn't like when the fans were chanting. Like, I'm, I was disappointed they didn't keep the gimmick, you know, just be like, this crowd's alive for FTR or like whatever. They did. You know, they did, oh, this. They did do that. Dude, oh, they, did, they did all of it through the whole show. They did. They did do shit. Well, you like said that. they participated in some of they the chants. They I was participated like, you know. in the chants, but they didn't participate in people getting crazy loud. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so Man. yeah, they did. They did all of that stuff, dude. And I'm there's. I'm, <laughs> it's crazy because I tell you the story, and there's like you might think there's no way they did that the entire. No, I'm there's no. I'm literally not giving any exaggeration here. Like it was the entire show. So it was weird. <laughs> that was just a side what, note. What was next? Uh, next up, we had. Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty with Matt Seidel. Uh, commentary put this over as a quote-unquote mirror match um, as far as styles. Uh, definitely it was very much the story of like kind of this veteran versus uh, more of a younger up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lethal works, you know, more of that veteran style, right? And we find out what this uh, new way that he's been searching for is when he delivers Gosh. a low blow. That's right. It's awesome that it actually manifested here on this show, too. Um, people really hate Matt Seidel for some reason. Did he do something? Really? Yeah. Did he get canceled? Did he do something wrong? Like, or, or did people just hate him because of that one time that he botched on his debut? There's, there was like, "fuck you, Seidel" screams yeah. coming at, coming out of the crowd during silent moments, and yeah. everyone would laugh. And it was yeah, very weird. You would, you would have thought that he got strange. a welcome back. This is his first time back in Ring of Honor since he left so oh so long ago, and. Like people hated him, hated him, and yeah. uh, yeah, they it probably was didn't weird. know he was in ROH. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they probably, probably didn't. don't remember that. Most yeah. the majority of the fans there, I'm sure, didn't. So I don't know why they hate him, but they do, and it was weird. Yeah, the closest thing I could is... find to cancellation is he like smuggled marijuana into a 
Corklin, but I mean, you know, who who knows then? Who gives a shit yeah, about it? Like, half of those <laughs> half of those fans in there were holding. Man, um, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, Moriarty is is good. I think he's getting better. Um, and I I think the kind of the story of this match was that Lethal was going to have a tough time beating him clean, obviously, and that's a carryover yeah. from the AEW storyline. And when he does the spot, when he does the low blow, which is, we talked about that recently, it's every heel turn mm-hmm. is a low blow. Um, he did a good job at this It really one. worked, though. It like did. He, did. he sold it like he was disgusted with himself. Like, his facial yeah. expressions were great. It was so natural, too. Um, like, Jay's pulling uh, Moriarty away from the apron, and he grabs, like, the actual apron skirt and pulls it pulls it back so the fucking that ref turns cool, around yeah. to fucking fix it. And that's when he hits the fucking low blow. It was so expertly done. And, uh, yeah, Jay Lethal's fucking awesome. I'm so glad to see him get, like, a... This is obviously, like, a, a signal of him getting, like, another push. And we said that before. Like, I don't want to see him do the Black Machismo gimmick again. I want to see him do... I want to see him evolve. It's time for him to evolve and do something fresh and really take the next step in his character. So it's gonna be a heel black machismo. <laughs> a heel black machismo. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, he, he can he can push around uh, Black Elizabeth. Man, um, <laughs> he um, the he really got a reaction out of the live crowd with this too. There, there was a gasp. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you I, think yeah, we've seen this it, shit it enough. <laughs> I was I was very much I was very much invested in this match, and I was having a really good time. Throughout this whole weekend, I really like let myself go on this kind of stuff, and I gasped. I had I, I remember when it when it happened, I had my hand over my mouth like some kind of fucking like worried mark, like the uh, taker guy. <laughs> yeah, straight up, I fucking had my hand over my mouth like, oh, oh my god, Kathleen Jay Lethal just fucking did that, you know? Because this is the first time Jay Lethal's ever been healing his career, as far Maybe as I know. Joey will show up in Jay Lethal heel turn promo packages. Oh, I hope not. I really <laughs> hope not. Shot. Oh Jesus my Christ. god, that would make my life. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> so Seidel gets in the ring after this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To confront Lethal after he wins with a low blow. People boo Seidel, and then whenever, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then people were like, thank you. We're like, thank you. It, it kind of killed, like in the arena, it kind of killed the heat a little bit because people were then chanting, thank you, Lethal. Because <laughs> he's not going to come. I don't think it really came across really? on the feed. I, could, did, I didn't realize that people hated Seidel that much. Oh, I, when they were yeah. booing, I thought they were booing Lethal. No, well, they they were at first, and then when he when he beat up Seidel and he was leaving, people were like, "Thank you, Lethal." <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Damn. I don't know if it was the entire arena, but it was very clear to me. <laughs> I wonder if it's like one of those uh, like there's like I know there's uh, like MSK in the performance center in NXT. Like they had like mm-hmm. those like hecklers. Yeah, I wonder if it's something like that for Seidel. It could be. It could be. It very well could be, but yeah, this is cool to see. It was all, this match was awesome. Good to see uh, Jay Lethal taking his next step. Uh, next up, you had Mercedes Martinez versus. Oh, Willow real, real quick, real quick, real quick. Sorry. Sure. Later, um, not that this should surprise anybody, but of course, Seidel is out there in crutches. So later during the FTR Briscoes match, he is out of the curtain. Kind of behind our seats, stand. I can't remember who he was. So yeah, with. it was it was a backstage sellout, and so which means that all the wrestlers were very invested in the in the uh, tag match. Okay, everybody knew mm-hmm. it was special. Every single person knew it was special. You can see people on Twitter fucking shit on it or something like that, like WWE fans and stuff like that. But if they have any respect for wrestlers, and they then then the wrestlers felt the same way. But the the locker room empty out, and they're like we're like I said, we're right by the stage. And if you turn around, I saw like Jungle Boy, Swerve, 
uh, Seidel, I saw a couple of others come out. They were standing out there so they can be a part of this fucking moment. Like, they were, they wanted to, like, feel the crowd and see the reaction and watch the match with their own eyes. And they were just standing out. They were just standing out there watching the match. Pretty and rad. Seidel, um, Seidel was sans crutches. <laughs> yeah, he had his crutches on. <laughs> yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Anyway, yeah. uh, go go ahead. Uh, so That's funny. Uh, yeah, Mercedes Martinez. Next up, we had uh, Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez for the interim ROH Women's Championship. Mm, yeah, uh, because Perazzo missed, couldn't, couldn't make the event, so there has to be an interim champ in, right. in Tony Khan's mind. With that said, I like the idea of there being like an undisputed champ uh in almost every category to uh to start this new era uh, that they're doing so yeah it's kind of stupid but i'm okay with it i i, I can roll with it uh Mercedes- I, mean, I think it you yeah, could have set up like a number one contendership instead i think this is fine though they could have done that too yeah you're right um mercedes martinez uh she's a favorite around here we like her a lot but uh, I had never seen Will Nightingale. I'm going to I'm going to be the dissenter a little bit. Okay, because I'm not that into her. Really, I think okay. she's solid. I don't think she really does anything that's out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. I think she's fine. I've never really seen a match with her where I was like, oh shit. And again, I think she's someone else who could benefit from watching some tape. Yeah, you're right. I, you know, I can't disagree with that. I, I think yeah, I'm probably like between you guys as far as like opinions on her but i mean i generally like her though yeah i agree uh i i think the best stuff that i've seen her was uh during the may young classic i haven't seen anything as good since then so maybe she's fallen off or just maybe she just hasn't hit her stride i don't know but i do like her and i still like her because of those matches um uh, i this is my first think of nighting what do you think of nightingale yeah this is my first time ever seeing willa nightingale uh I thought her little promo was kind of cringy. She's trying to come off cute and stuff like that. I didn't get it. But the moment she came out and I saw her smiling and waving, I got it. Like the way she was jumping around. Um, she has a really good presence, really good charisma. She was okay as a wrestler. And this match was okay. And there was that part where she did that moonsault off the top, but kind of ended up going sideways and just oh fucking my God, smashed. She killed her. Just smashed uh, Mercedes with her her fucking oh, leg. Dude. Oh, my God. I was worried about her. Straight up. I'll say this about about the promo. I think that she risked being cringe, uh-huh. but I think it came across, and I, I think she pulled it off. Uh-huh. And it's funny because we were talking about the Alley Catch promo from earlier, and Doc, I'm assuming they showed these packages on the feed. Did you see like the buildup where they're interviewing? Yes. Okay. So you know what we're talking about where she's like, I'm pumped, I'm jazzed, I'm all those things. Yeah. It was kind of similar to what Alley Catch was trying to pull off, but I think Nightingale has a connection with fans or is capable of a connection with fans that Alley is still working on. She, uh, yeah, she sure. 100% does. Way. Yeah. 100% way more charisma. 100% way more realistic like comes coming across way more genuine and stuff. Uh, yeah. It worked. That that promo actually worked for me, which surprised yeah. myself. Uh with with the match not being great, I I would love to see more Willow Nightingale. I thought she was great and I hope they don't get rid of her. I hope she's still part of the company going forward. Um I think yeah, she's a good so, addition. She's she's far and away better than a lot of uh a lot of women wrestlers that we see on TV right now straight up. So doc, do you want to read the result? If we didn't spoil it already, <laughs> I think we already did. But uh, Mercedes wins uh, with a what was this? The uh, a pin. 
<laughs> yeah, it was just a pin. Yeah, like she did like a. Sl- I think she did like a sleeper first, and then like pinned her. Right. Um. um well, yeah. this is this is. I think this was the first title match on the card, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and then the rest of them are title matches. Yeah. So we see Tony Khan putting the belt on someone he is definitely already paying. Mm-hmm. He's already got signed. Um, that he's already paying going forward, I should say. Which we, you know, it's probably the safe thing to do because that gives him the option of signing Willow or not signing her. Throughout the night, he's already he... paying. He's already paying Martinez, so it's a safe, safer bet to put the, pin the title on her. Throughout the night, did you guys get the feeling that they were just burying ROH guys? <laughs> yes, and and only not in the traditional sense, but only in the sense that they're not going to be moving forward being, with some of these guys. Maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but. He's doing the safe thing, which he's he's putting the championships on people he's paying going forward. Uh, he's like people with he's sort paying, of one exception, and that people with that, sort of one exception, but but that exception was like two guys that he's not paying going forward. Well, also the, also the guys that ended up with the belts are people that have like name value from the show as well. And yeah, with, that's true. With the we'll talk about that exception in a minute because he has worked for him before, and there's mm-hmm. a, kind of a relationship there. I'm sure he wants to maintain straight up with a certain Japanese promotion. But mm-hmm. um, okay, this match was eh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. There was a, you know Nighting. It was fun seeing Nightingale for the first time. And then next up, of course, it, the uh, the main selling point of the show, right? FTR versus the Briscoes for the ROH Tag Team Championship. Uh, this really had a big like dream match aura to it. You know, I think we when we talked about, um, I think probably like, I don't think the podcast had started up yet with uh, Kenny Omega versus Danielson, where you just get like this hype, like holy shit, this is awesome. Like before they even do moves, that was exactly like what the crowd was already doing before they did anything. Let me tell you this: I watched this back. Uh, from, I watched this back. Um. And even though it comes off really hot and really loud on the uh, on the feed, it was still much louder and much wilder in the fucking sure. in, in person. Like it still didn't come across as as big a big a deal as it was. And that's with it coming across like a big deal on TV. So I've been to including the original Supercard, which I mentioned, which was great, and various wrestling events throughout my life you know some pretty low rent and and up right up to like you know wrestlemania at a at a giant football stadium this was including when i was a kid when hulk hogan you know when i was eight or nine was my hero when, when i was thrilled this is still even com- even if i'm allowing myself to put myself in eight-year-old dave's shoes and compare my excitement for this to the little Dave's excitement for Hogan versus Savage and, and Memphis or whatever. This I it was my is my the best match I've ever seen live and the most keyed up I've ever been for a live wrestling match. I and have to agree. I am at my oldest now that I've ever been been, obviously. <laughs> as you cannot do anything about that. Man, it was fucking electric in there. It was buzzing. I was buzzing in a way that I didn't think I was capable of doing for wrestling, almost mm-hmm. embarrassingly so. We're FTR, FTR, I think, had a little bit more vocal support in the crowd. And dude, I am a, I am a Briscoe Brothers guy. Our Briscoes, I guess, we're just going as now. Um, I fucking love those guys. 
There's no, there's probably nobody else like them. I love their promos. I love their body of work. I love to think about what they're going to be doing in the future. I love this fucking match. I love FTR, but mm-hmm. I wasn't showing that in this match because I was just reverted to just being invested, a little kid. Yeah. Oh my god, I was screaming my fucking. There were my points. Little, my tonsils out for the briscoes. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, I'm supposed to be. Supposed You're supposed to be, to be too civilized. cool for this, yeah. Yeah, I'm supposed to be too cool for this. <laughs> we oh, were there. Were, there were points where we were standing in our chairs, fucking screaming. This is so before pumped. the before the. This is before the bell even rings. Yeah, there was like like there was like this moment where it was before the holy shit chant, but they were just standing there and like people showed up for this match. Like the crowd, like the the crowd, like there was the crowd. The the arena wasn't filled. But it, people came in for this very match, and it got a lot more filled for like just the match. And then after they left, like some of the people left again. Mm-hmm. But it was it was fucking crazy. Like there were there was this moment where they were just standing in the ring, and then people started clapping, and then they started screaming, and then the fucking just volume just comes up really naturally, and just fucking goosebumps, man. Like just absolute fucking goosebumps. It was so wild. And then after that, a little bit after that, like the big ass holy shit chant happened. And man, what a fucking and since, experience! And since this was match three of four for the Briscoes of the weekend, and they were gonna mm-hmm. have to go right over to Impact, you know, maybe some a skeptic says, ah, uh, you know, they're gonna pace themselves a little bit. Nope, nope. They this was, was they delivered. This was I'm telling, and, and I'm I've seen a lot of the great matches, and I've seen you know rock and roll and midnight and you know, I don't put the road warriors up there in the category, but you know, fantastics, fucking brain busters, whoever you want to put in there. This is, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if enough time has gone by to say it's the best American tag team match of all time, but man, it is in the fucking top 10 for yeah, sure. It has to be the in the top five. Yeah, yeah. It has to be. Oh, so fucking It was good. so good. And it, you know what? It's like, it was between, two real fucking tag teams like yeah. not not a tag team and two fucking singles guys rolling together not two fucking teams or of, of singles guys rolling together it was two real fucking tag teams and you can you can get this hype and get this pot like th- get this crazy without that you can be a draw without having those two fucking single guys rolling together that we've talked about in the past the um, only and we'll we can go through some of the spots. The only tag match that I can definitely say is better than this, in my opinion, is and it's um, it's not two real tag teams either, but is the four pillars, uh, match in all Japan from '95. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think is the greatest tag team match of all time. Well, maybe we'll review that sometime for the show. That'd be cool. We should do a we should do we should do a greatest match of '95 episode well, that's, because there's that, some controversy there. But there's that's not, the only one that I can definitely say I, I, that I feel is better than this, and that is maybe my favorite wrestling match of all time. So I mean, Jesus Christ, this was this was fucking fantastic. I don't know if that's for our weekly show, but that's something that we've been wanting that we want to do for our Twitch channel is to do like watch alongs and things like that. We record them and then we upload them to YouTube. So that might be something for that. that That'd we can be do. cool. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, like, like you said, this, I don't even like think we should go through every spot in this match. We shouldn't really go through too much in this match. This match was great. One of the, yeah, great- there's some finishers stealing and stuff yeah. like that. But- one, of, mm. one of the greatest matches of all time. And I don't even want to review it. I want to tell, like, if you're listening to this and you didn't watch it, go watch this match. If you're one of those people that thought WrestleMania was like good, Go fucking watch this match. Go out of your way to watch this match. I don't want to spoil it for you. Go fucking watch this match right now. And be prepared. It's not 
just like a spot fest. You mm-hmm. know what we, I mean? That's we did not kind really of what spoil it when we talked about the premise of the show, but sure, true, sure, true, but still, like, still, like, like maybe I'm not. I don't, I don't, I don't mind giving a result. I don't mind giving the result, but yeah. I don't want to give like what happens in like in between that time, the journey there, because the what made this match great was not the finish. What made this match great was the match, and that's why like and it wasn't it wasn't like an accumulation of spots. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. the history. The build up, yeah, yeah, they they did a great job, you know, going back and forth on Twitter or whatever for those who followed that. If not, you can it's still on it's still on their feeds. You can go check it out. It was it was part partially the crowd, but it was just two tag teams that know what the fuck they're doing, mm-hmm. that are brilliant, that were giving it everything. There were some crazy high spots, there was some scary shit. There was some inventive stuff. But they were all perfectly fucking, like, put, like, in. they all worked perfectly fucking placed in the match. There was that tag team coordination and things Mm -hmm. that FTR, I think, is probably the best ever to to do that kind of stuff. You know, I think that, I I would say that Briscoes are just as good, if not better. Yeah. yeah, Especially, especially Mark, especially Mark Briscoe. If you ever, like, watch these matches and you watch Mark Briscoe, like, the way he fucking does things, like, points like he'll fucking do this thing where he doesn't where yeah. they do the move and he'll point for his brother to go get the fucking pin. He'll fucking point at it like a wrestler. He'll do like the call like even though like they're about to do a, a um like a double team move, he always looks like he's communicating with his partner. And I don't see very many tag teams do that at all, much less as well as the Briscoes fucking do. Jay I think is the more gifted athlete and yeah. and and Mark has his strong points too like like mm-hmm. you just said. Not that Mark is a bad worker, but Jay is, is fast and furious. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Mark does some great shit too. Mark like has the that. Mark has the heart, shit. man. Mark has the heart. Yeah. And Jay has the intensity, and they're fucking perfect. They're the perfect tag team. They really fucking. They're are. my favorite tag team of all time. Yeah, I would say so too. Mine <laughs> too, man. Right now, I'll say that too, man. My favorite tag team of all time. Straight what, up. What did you What did you think of this, man? You don't, and you don't have to like gush like, like we did. Make us, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there no. This go. was this was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this was definitely you know top 10 top five tag team matches of all time uh i do have to put over that we did get a cameo from the man the myth the legend doc samson in this we did match. <laughs> i fucking posted a picture i posted a picture of him in the fucking uh in the fucking pro wrestling discord <laughs> that's like the legend that guy needs to be in an angle straight up dude the 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 legend oh my god he should do an angle where he refused to he refuses to cut someone's uh staff infection open and drain it that guy will forever be a hero to us just from that CM Punk <laughs> promo where he just stares into the camera and doesn't move. Fucking amazing. Oh, my God. So, uh, Doc, what what happens at the end of this match? Who's victorious in this? So, FTR wins. Uh, we get thank you, Briscoe Chance. FTR, you know, they adhere to the code of honor after kind of rejecting it at the start of the match. And they kind of worked it a little bit, you know, throughout it. But that was... Uh, so them, you know, putting the code of honor on is really cementing sort of this, you know, face turn that they're making. And we'll talk more about that when we talk about AEW. But then they leave with the titles and the Young Bucks come out and attack the Briscoes. Uh, they, you know, cut a promo real quick. Um, FDR makes a save and they say that they'll be having a match Wednesday uh, for the ROH championship and the AAA tag titles. All that's on the line. And... Uh, I think right after this, I said you guys just saw the greatest tag team of all time. Yeah. So that, you know, an apolitical statement about 
one of these three teams. Right, we just saw <laughs> You can right. refer it any way you want. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I, I was... Um, Sorry, but the fabulous Freebirds weren't in there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, I, I do have a question. I do have a question for you, uh, Doc. But, like, um, I, ever since they've... Uh, ever since the end of Ring of Honor... Um, in its in its most previous form i've told you how awesome the fucking briscoes were and when we watch them we're watching them in gcw they do some garbage shit they haven't done anything that great and then like going into this match where you're like oh like the briscoes aren't that great like what did you expect from this match and then what did you get out of it i still trusted you that you were that they were like actually like you know really good and like they definitely delivered to like the hype that you gave Mm -hmm. um and I was also going to kind of mention too that in this finish, like commentary was really, you know, like, oh, what's going to happen to the Briscoes, right? Like, yeah, you know, they're not signed, and there's that uncertainty. And I think that's why, you know, the crowd was like, you know, thank you, Briscoes, was really exactly trying to put it over. Um, I feel like the fact that the Bucks attacked them, I mean, there's, there's no way that'd be incredibly mean spirited to just, it, you know, bury them on the way out. It was very organic with what they did. Like everybody felt like they should do the thank you Briscoes chant. It was very organic. And I agree with you. I think that, I don't think that they would have done that angle if Briscoes weren't going to show up on uh, AEW TV and get in the mix. Like right, because you think they would have the Briscoes yeah. kind of uh, get their they, heat back. Sorry, they would they, they would have had FTR stand out there for a while while yeah. the Briscoes got their love, and um, and then Briscoes exit and Young Bucks attack FTR. I um, think and set up the match. I think the Briscoes my- weren't going to be a part of it, but. There are reports that, you know, maybe whatever Time Warner doesn't want them, I'm, you know, enough people have fucking, I don't want to say snitched out because he did say some stupid shit a yeah. long fucking time ago. But there's, you know, there are people that want to wield that little power and don't accept apologies. Well, and he apologized for that a long fuck. It, it's not he like apologized he waited. For recently too. He apologized for it recently, but, but see... But see, if he apologizes for it recently, it's like, right, well, yeah. he's apologizing because a fucking AEW contract is on the line. He apologized for that back then when that wasn't on he the did. line. He did. He apologized back then, and they also gave up their pay uh, to get to anti-hate groups uh, for their for their upcoming shows. Like, like, they did a lot of shows where they just gave up their pay. And they, like I said, like you said, they did an apology way back then. And they did do an apology now, and you could say that oh maybe it's because they have an AEW contract on the line but man when you watch when you read that apology it sounds so sincere you know he talks about how he thought that it was like a he was stand making a stand for god which is like you know religion fucking brainwashes people and shit and um it seemed it like it did not seem like your average um i really want to save my career apology that you see from like youtubers and shit like that that fuck up and uh I, and, and if Effie can forgive him, we can all forgive him. Straight up, and you know what? Like that, the story that that they weren't gonna be, they weren't gonna come in, um, because of that. It's kind of old at this point. Like it's been a minute, and there's probably yeah, sure. th- there's probably been talks. Tony Khan probably had a plan to have a match this big on that Ring of Honor show, so he decided to just kind of roll with what was happening. Save the Briscoes, save the Briscoes uh, FTR for that show. And then fucking bring them in as a surprise. I can fucking see that's happening. In fact, I'm gonna go as far as far as the calling it that Briscoes are coming to AEW, or they're gonna be part of Ring of Honor going forward. Like they're not going anywhere. That's my guess. There's just no way. I don't. I think that there's probably been some kind of talk, and we just haven't heard the news about it. So I'm gonna, I'm calling that right now. What do you think about all that, Doc? 
I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's definitely what I think is going to happen. I mean, I'd be shocked. Even, even if it's like, I mean, we don't know what they're going to do for ROH as far as TV. Um, we mm. know there's like talks and whatnot, but like, I, I you know, even if it means that he's like, yeah, I just have to like, you know, relegate you guys here outside of pay-per-views. Like, mm. I could see that even happening, but I, I don't think that they're, I 100% don't think that they're done with, you know. No. I, the and ROH, AEW universe. I especially don't think that they're not going to get their revenge on the Bucks. Like, they're not dropping that. That's just insane to bury a tag team of that caliber like that if they were going to. Maybe they would have done that. Impact is putting out that, you know, the, the word is out that Impact wants the Briscoes to work full time there or as often as possible there. And I'm hoping that's not because they have some waste. insider insider knowledge of, you know, what's going on with, with Tony Khan or Time Warner or Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor doesn't have TV yet, according to Tom, uh, Tony Khan. Right. So there's not it's not guaranteed that it'll be with a Time Warner station. Um, who knows? You know, there's still, you know, there's still this lingering HBO Max thing. It could be a streaming show on HBO Max. Sure. In fact, that's that's kind of what I would guess if they get that deal inked, but yeah. I don't know. And but that Here's, would still be a Time Warner thing. And I know I know what they're afraid of. They're afraid that someone will post the screenshot and people that didn't see the apology or maybe and combined with those that don't care about the apology and combined with people with chips on their shoulder or dickhead or people that just don't know how to forgive will build a fervor and it will, you know, build back up out of nowhere again. I don't, I know, I, yeah, I know they're you afraid might be of right. that. You, they might be afraid of that, but I just don't see it, man. And like, I mean, I, I just don't see it like uh, not blowing over. And uh, I think that, I don't know. I think we'll see them, man. I think it's going to be okay. I, I'd also like if Impact was going to use them regularly, why would they put out that they wish they would? They've been working Impact shows. They talk to the people at Impact. They've probably offered a contract to them already. There's a reason they haven't fucking signed. So yeah, I mean, just like take that for what you will. Like, I'm there's just no way the Briscoes aren't fucking waiting, or they don't already have like a fucking handshake deal with Tony or something like Wasn't that. Wasn't there a word years ago when WWE was trying to get them that they didn't want to go full time on the road because the they chicken didn't farm want to be away from their chicken farm? It, that, that, that's hundred percent it. They wanted to keep running the chicken farm. And uh, that makes sense. If they did work for AAW, they would be able to still do their chicken farm stuff because they wouldn't the be working yeah, they every single day. They'd probably yeah. rotate them in and out. Too. Yeah. And you know, then, yeah. They wouldn't have to be on TV all the time. I mean, look at Britt Breaker. She still does her fucking dentist stuff. And Tony says that he wants people to be able to do their outside projects. And the 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 schedule isn't heavy enough for them to have to give up the uh, the chicken farm. So it works out for the Briscoes and as long as they're allowed to to come in then they're coming in and I think that there's probably something that's been worked out I just I just know that there is I just I just feel it in deep in my loins and I'll say this you know that I must really love the fucking Briscoe brothers as a vegan who fucking loves some chicken farmers (laughs) right (laughs) because I will (laughs) I'm not holding that I'm not hold. you know it's not enough for me not to love these guys so even with that (laughs) Even with that working against them for me, I, I, they're my favorite tag team of all time, and I fucking love these dudes. Right. I, yeah, just one last thing. I just wish they'd start a Beyond Chicken Farm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing I wanted to say this. Uh, Dave, you've talked about how people were working multiple shows this uh, weekend. 
Uh, somehow the Bucks came here fresh off their match uh, on Rampage. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> they move quick. Yeah. Pro- it's probably astral projection. Yeah, that's probably what it is. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, crystals were involved. Next up, we had the ROH TV Championship match: uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Rhett Titus. Uh, this was a glorified squash match. It really um, was. Suzuki got the win. Uh, this is his first American uh, title, I believe. And uh, honestly, like one of the few times that you really see him go over these days, to be honest. Yeah, in America, at least in like, or I guess, yes, America and Japan, I guess. Um, we didn't really expect him to win. Nobody, I don't think anybody did. And uh, I guess he's figured into Tony's plans and. Uh, Rhett has him. Like I said, I thought that, like, you know, Rhett is a ROH guy, and I didn't think that this would be, like you said, a glorified squash. So people were still chill and watching the match like when the fucking finish happened. Nobody expected the finish to come. And it's not that people didn't like the match. It's just that people didn't expect it this to be the finish. And when he hit, when he fucking, when he hit the three, every, or whenever, when, when the finish happened, everybody fucking jumped up and was just like, it just went insane, just out of nowhere. It was like really weird, the shift in like um, excitement. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a little surprised to see Suzuki getting the title, but you know, in retrospect, it makes total sense. And like I said, Tony Khan wants to keep a relationship going with New Japan for sure. Titus, mm-hmm. he doesn't have ink yet to our knowledge. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes, but none of that is public. So, yeah, this made sense. Neither neither guy was an AEW guy. Somebody was going to have to be wearing that thing. I think it made sense, and it was really cool to see Suzuki with it, and we were excited about that. Yeah, I mean, we ended up seeing Rhett Titus later on Spring Break Part 2, but maybe we'll get to that later or something. Did Who, who weighs more? Um, the opponent that Titus worked with primarily during Greatest Clusterfuck or Minoru Suzuki? Well, I heard the Invisible Man is like, seven foot eight so i don't know okay okay jesus christ are you ready for the uh, next match uh yeah yes let's do it the uh roh peer championship match josh woods the current champion versus wheeler yuda uh kind of again this is the aw guy he gets to go over uh commentary seemed to i don't know if they're jumping the gun or what but they were kind of treating him like he's already part of uh the uh blackpool uh combat club uh, they were like, he's under, you know, special tutelage lately from William Regal, which well, obviously hasn't transpired yet. Well, they, I, t- Tony said on Twitter that William Regal was there backstage to watch Wheeler Yuta. Like he was there okay. for Wheeler Yuta. So I guess they were kind of going off of that. Um, they're moving the story along a little bit. Yeah. How do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about the fact that uh, Brian Danielson's the only person in this group who is not a champion? He's also the only person in this group that wasn't in Dallas wrestling this week. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's true. Straight up. Schmoozing, schmoozing somewhere, sipping fucking peach nectar or whatever. Not he might have been at the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't think so. But yeah, he was going to he see Vader. <laughs> yeah. Well, he no, he would have been up. like with his wife, right? Yeah. So he was going to see Vader and hear some stories from Vader. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Nikki? Oh yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah, Bella, Bella, Isabella. That. I, I feel. I feel like his wife would be like you know, wisened up enough to not make a stupid statement like that, right? Uh, I don't think you'd let her make something like that. I, I wonder if Danielson's wife has seen Joe versus Necro Butcher. Oh yeah, like Mox's wife has. Screwed up. Maybe that's that. Yeah, she needs to. You know. Okay. So, um, 
I mean, Willer Yuta really doesn't do anything for me. He's oh, he's pretty talented. I I consistently refer to him as the Yoshihashi of R or not ROH, of uh, Ring of Honor, not Ring of Honor, fuck of AEW. See, and, I don't uh, think he's awkward. Well, he's like the Yoshihashi of a Ring of Honor now too. He's dorky, man. I don't know. I just, I he's just, a little, I think, he's a little green and young and he's still a little undersized, but I don't think he I does think anything awkward. I think he's good. He looked more serious tonight, I thought. I, I like, I liked his uh, presentation. He did, but to me, he was outshined by Josh Woods. And this is the first time I've ever seen Josh Woods. And I didn't expect much from the, like, the weird picture. He looked like an ex MMA guy <laughs> or something in his picture. And then when he came out, um, he was good. Like, I thought he was really good. He had a good look. And I felt like he outshined Wheeler Yuta and then just had to do the job. And Wheeler Yuta gets his little nod and gets his I contract. I didn't really get that and... impression personally, to be honest. I, I really? didn't really feel like he outshone him. Uh, maybe really? it was just a live versus not live. Did you feel he was better or as good or worse than Wheeler Yuta? I, I kind of thought they were about like the same. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. What surprised me was that it wasn't, wasn't until after this match that... Apparently he was officially signed, or at least in kayfabe officially. Yeah, signed. yeah. So it's I mean, so strange. He's been on TV almost as much as anyone, saving for like Adam Cole. Right. Like he's been he's involved in like this pretty well, he major angle Cole right too, now. I think. Yeah, he's involved he in was, this yeah. major angle. He was part of Best Friends and by Transitive Property Chaos, and he's been on TV <laughs> a lot. You know, is even he part of Chaos? No, it's jump. possible. I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. It's possible he was signed all this time. But on TV, the way they use him, like he, um, he's like, like the jobber. He clearly got the nod here. That's what they, that's the, that's what they call it in the business when you finally get the win and like you're treated as a guy that's not going to be jobbed out all the time. Like, so he clearly got the nod here, and that's probably when they decided to say it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think that there's some other guys that they treated that way as well. So. Um, I don't it's know. Interesting. Don't, yeah. Well, it's interesting to see what what he's going to. I I like the pure title gimmick. With I did the, too. Yeah, you know, three rope breaks. Is it? Did three people kind of get it breaks, how it worked right? live? So yes and no. I heard some people confused, but not everybody was confused. Um, they did show the the rules on the screen. If you've been yeah, like a, the number four yeah. breaks you get. If, and if you're like an ROH fan from our era, then you know exactly what the pre title is and like guys but like I, some, and here i am i can't remember if it's three or four rope breaks it's three it's three, three. rope okay. I, I remember it's three okay. rope breaks and like okay. um you know guys like danielson had it nigel mcginnis samoa joe jimmy rafe like it had i think mcginnis was the best mcginnis was absolutely sure. the best pure champ and uh then they did away with it and they had a a tournament to bring it back. So if you, even if you watched modern ring of honor, they had a tournament that I remember got a little bit of hype on like Reddit and stuff like that. So people were talking about it somewhat, and at least in some fashion, I think Jonathan Gresham was the first, uh, pure champ coming back. And, uh, so I don't know if people, it seemed like people were confused to, to me, the rules aren't that confusing. It's just, you get three rope bakes and you run out. Right. And then there's a time limit. There's a strict time limit. Next up, we had, uh, the main events, Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito for the uh, with Chava Guerrero for the ROH Undisputed Championship. Um, this was actually the first match I've ever seen with Bandito. Mm-hmm. Um, what you I, think? I, honestly, I I, I love this match. I thought this was great. I thought both guys mm-hmm. were awesome. I've been a big uh, Gresham fan since I first saw him. Actually, only a few weeks ago. Um, but I thought this was really cool. Um, I really liked it. It's interesting, kind of having like Bandito with like the 
like being the baby face with the heel manager and then mm-hmm. he, he eventually like tattles on his manager and like gets him dejected which i thought was really uh it, interesting it, and it seemed really over the crowd to me it sets up like like i was saying like tony khan has some like uh plans going forward so it seems like he has bandito figured into those plans you know bandito loses the title so he needs something to do um he gets rid of Chavo, so Chavo obviously is still employed with AEW or, or with Tony, so he's going to use him here. So I would imagine that they're going to debut somebody in ROH that Chavo is going to manage as a heel to go after Bandito for Revenge or something like that. That's my guess. Um, that's a classic kind of storyline right there, and it gives Bandito something to do going forward now that he's lost the title. And um, man, this match fucking ruled we were really into this match it felt big it felt like a big deal it really did feel like it was you know a new era of roh and uh jonathan gresham gresham was a hundred percent the right choice to go here to go with here it wasn't the best gresham match i've ever seen they're a little bit of a clash of styles and there was some feeling out i don't mean story storyline feeling out or in-ring storytelling feeling out i got the sense that they were trying to kind of figure out how to work with each other in the match sure which mm-hmm. is fine it was still really good. I thought that kind of added a little something to it for me. I agree. Yeah. So, you know I, what? I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Yeah. And I bet, I bet if I watched it back, I would appreciate it even more. Chavo is such a great talker. Remember when he was, um, he was obviously featured prominently on the Dark Side of the Ring episode on, yeah. on, on Eddie. And oh, yeah. he, he was, or it was on now, uh, uh, Benoit. Wait, I, th- Wait, was it the Benoit episode? I think it was the Benoit episode, yeah. Sorry, yeah, but sorry. They, it, it, yeah. it talks a lot about Eddie and whatnot. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so he's heavily featured on the, the Chris Benoit episode of Dark Side of the Ring. And what a depressing episode that is. But to have him on there as kind of a voice of reason. And it dawned on me listening to him talk that he's such an articulate orator that why isn't he working in professional wrestling right now they could use him in mm-hmm. this capacity at the time he was under contract to uh lucha underground and i think there was some fuckery with that contract gotcha. so okay i think that's what it was it was yeah so when he got ran out of the andrade stable or whatever it was like fuck but great to see him here he was so good in in this limited mm-hmm. role and i hope you're right i hope you know the obvious thing does transpire and we get more bandito Apparently, the match of that um, Mark Hitchcock Super Show was Speedball and Bandito. Apparently, oh my god, oh, I bet that was fucking yeah. sick, dude! Another guy. Apparently, that was the yeah. match of that show. Another guy who fucking worked that. Yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. We should um, look out for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was terrific. Check it out. Gresham keeps the titles. We figured he would. I think he says later that thanks to Tony, he doesn't have to ever fly another flag. He can just fly the ring of honor flag for the rest of his career, which kind of says something about, you know, his plans going forward, you know, mm-hmm. and, that he may yeah. not, well, he may not, although I'm sure there'll be some crossover in AEW. It sounded know, he, like there would be in the scrum that he yeah. would be at this, there, but he'd go elsewhere too. At this yeah. point, at this point, we're all fucking chanting ROH. We're all happy to chant ROH and it doesn't feel forced or weird. And mm-hmm. it was very like, we meant it right yeah, and it felt good to be doing it again. It felt like Ring of Honor is back proper. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that is the case going forward, but for at least one night only, don't think it was fueled too much by nostalgia. 
Yeah. It felt like Ring of Honor was it back felt, and it, it was really important did, again. It really did, did feel like an evolution and a new era for Ring of Honor. It really fucking did. And there's talk that, oh, he's going to use it as developmental and, and such and such. You know, if, if that's the case, he's set it up to where be every bit as feel, good. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't feel like that. It nope. doesn't feel like yeah, it's you, going to Yeah, you're going to have the guys who can work matches with people coming up and Exactly. Exactly what they need. And like, that's honestly you know, true. What we're hearing yeah. about uh, like NXT, I think like Orton did an interview recently where he said like these guys can't like, they can't work safely. Like yeah. they're not safe to work with. And like, you know, basically just burying their whole fucking developmental program. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, which is really shocking to hear like in a WWE interview where they're usually so you know, sterilized. Yeah. Jerk circle jerky. Yeah. Um, and then, so then, uh, you want to run us through what happens next? Something yeah. Big so happens? after this match, uh, Gresham, like, you know, cuts a promo, um, to how, like how much, like uh, he wants to really restore the honor to ring of honor and bring it back to its roots. And Jeff lethal interrupts him and basically, you know, says like as his mentor, he's kind of entitled to being his, you know, next match for the title. And, Gresham says, you know, no, not after, you know, the low blow. And then uh, who's the guy with Lethal? But they that was is Sanjay Sanjay Dutt. Is Sanjay yeah. uh, Sanjay Dutt. They mm-hmm. uh, attack him. They beat him up. And I I can't honestly I call this. I don't I wish I had said it on the show. Samoa Joe comes out. Oh, yeah. Everybody knew. We all knew it was going to be Samoa Joe. Davey knew it was. He goes up. Here comes Samoa Joe. And then that music played and Davey even had the fucking cam like cameras ready and stuff like that. (laughs) And like, dude, even though we knew we saw his ass walk across the stage and just everybody lost their mind. Oh, my God, dude. What a fucking moment. What a big fucking deal. This ruled so hard. Um, so Samojo comes down, he makes the save, he cuts a promo about Ring of Honor. And unfortunately, the feed ends right as they hand him the mic. Really? Oh, damn. Yeah. Dang, They're dude. like, oh, now we gotta go off the air. I'm like, what do you mean? You handed a mic to Samoa Joe. Oh, my God. That sucks. Well, um, he cuts a promo about Ring of Honor. He talks about, um, you, you remember everything he said, Dave? Not everything, no, but he essentially talks about his time in there and how important it was back back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of puts it over going forward. Yeah, and that just, ROH just is in good to, hands. He, yeah, he tries to let us know that Ring of Honor is real shit. And he, I wish he would have just said, he can't really say this and probably didn't want to, but I wish he would have been inclined to say, to say, if you've seen it, in the last however many years, maybe you hadn't really seen it. Right, straight up. <laughs> so after that, Tony Khan uh, gets on the mic and he's just elated. Best promo I've ever heard Tony Khan cut. And he's pumped. He, he says that a new era of honor begins. Um, he's like screaming and he's like pumped up and I can't help but fucking feel his energy. And we're just screaming and we're chanting ROH and it's just a sur- it's surreal. It's legitimately surreal, like how great this this is. And then uh, he gets up on the ramp and then I took that picture that's now making the rounds all over the internet. Should have uh, watermarked that dude. I should have watermarked it. Dude, I Monster know. Pop. It is everywhere. It's everywhere. And he's like, he's like, fucking Samoa Joe. Oh my god, I got Samoa Joe. And he's like jumping in the air <laughs> and just like fucking Samoa Joe. Like, can you believe he's here right now? And he just felt like 
dude, is there some no like he gets wrestling and you I there was never really a a question of it, but man, to see it manifested right there was just mm-hmm. just surreal, man. And I felt that energy and uh leaving that show, I was just on like the fucking most natural high like possible and it was so what a show. This is the these were this this uh this series of shows that we went to, the best live wrestling I've ever seen. Well, and Joe, too, was, like, one of, like, those, uh, I mean, like, you'd, you'd probably put Homicide in the conversation, too, but he was, like, really mm-hmm. that last guy that, like, when you think of ROH, like, as far as, like, the names you associate with it, Joe yeah. was really, like, that last sort of holdout that AEW didn't have. Yeah, and you're they, right. They at least got Homicide to show up. Yeah, they at least had true. Homicide Nothing. make an appearance, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so. you, could say that, you could say that about the Briscoes, too, but. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, when you think of, like, I, I just think, like, general mainstream when they hear ROH it's mm-hmm. like it's you know it's punk it's Danielson it's it's that's Joe. because they made it to the mainstream as well and like there were guys that you were sure would have made it to the same level that were kind of on that same level like Nigel McGuinness I mean Austin just, Aries yeah Austin has shown up and it's probably by his own making yeah and yeah and like there's you know those guys that just never ended up making it there for whatever reason Roderick and, uh, Strong Roddy yeah Roddy um those guys we haven't man. seen Alex Shelley there either but um, he's. I guess he didn't spend as much time. Mm-hmm. He, he became a part timer at some point and then went away. But there was talk. If you watch the media scrum after this, there was talk that oh, look at Samoa Joe. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. It looks like, like he can barely what? look look at Tony Khan in the eye. He looks bored. But I think like he was working. He, I think I think he got annoyed with the first question he got, which was okay. So you get fired twice, and then what's going through your head is this. I think that kind of annoyed him. And then I think he went into character and started working it. Yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of stuff about, oh, look at this guy. He doesn't even want to fucking be here. That's he total feels bullshit. Like he's taking yeah, a step no down. Yeah, total bullshit. So, yeah, so Joe was like, he was working a lot of it. Like, maybe you're right. He probably did get annoyed by a question like that. What a fucking stupid question. You're a fucking, uh, a fucking wrestling journalist and you fucking say some stupid I think ass someone had shit asked like Tony like why he didn't like try to hire him like in that interim period so appara- too, which I think he was also annoyed with because yeah well apparently he did and like like there was always plans to bring Samoa Joe right back to WWE so from what I from what right, I yeah. gathered and uh Joe also mentioned that he was involved in trying to get WWE to buy the ROH library which, which is I wonder, fucking insane. No. I wonder I wonder I wonder how high That was that when he was first the signed price. there to be fair. Yeah, I wonder yeah. how high that drove up the price. Yeah. Um for for Tony Khan that WWE <laughs> at some point was was involved in in the negotiations. But other than that like Joe was 100% working. The stuff he was saying how he was going to like there to be to like be violent. He wasn't there to help young people, and like he was in full work mode. He's clearly excited to be there. Why wouldn't he? And actually, uh, I full I fully believe that he wants to squash the new generation. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wants to fuck people up, and uh, that's fucking awesome. So go Joe. Um, yeah, this rolled, man. Everything about this was great. This was easily the best show of the entire weekend, and uh, it it doesn't even come close. If anybody says that WrestleMania was, they can fucking fuck themselves straight up. <laughs> I mean, I know it's your opinion and all, but how can you call yourself a wrestling fan and not feel like this was just like the best show of all the entire weekend? To each their own, but to me, you know, yeah. this was it, and it was a privilege yeah, to be there. Yeah, 100%. So we, we, we filed out, and, and, you know, going home, I was also worn out after just having attended one show, but 
I have a long, a long drive, but, uh, man, you know, going home, it was just like, oh man, I, I don't want this to be over with. Yeah. But, you know, more or less it was, it was over with. Yeah. I kind of wish we, kind of wish we had went to Chanel's spring break part two at this point. But if then, we had any gas, we could have gone over there. Yeah. I don't mean like gasoline in our cars, but I mean gas in the Like, RP like in our, in our souls. <laughs> yeah. We could have gone it over there, but, um, you know, I think, I think seeing that clusterfuck which was the back half of that show mm-hmm. i think it would have been fun funny kind of like a midnight movie mm-hmm. but um i think i think i would have been pretty pissed by the end of that song kinda, <laughs> yeah. you know considering <laughs> to, the to time be fair, so i i watched janelle spring break part two so we're not going to do a rundown of all these shows there was a lot of shows and a lot of matches that we watched and i for the sake of time i know we're doing big episodes this, this week but for the sake of time we can just kind of like talk about some of the highlights but I watched I watched the show, and it was really solid for the first half. And then they did the clusterfuck, which is basically a shitty Royal Rumble for the indies. And the highlight of that was straight up early morning guy steal. Nobody knew who the fuck this guy was. Can't even find him on Google. You can't find him on Google. I don't. He's never had a match before. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? So he comes out, and he's the wearing the whole thing. It should be said the whole. Greatest clusterfuck. You said yeah. it's like a shitty Roy. Yeah. It's completely a comedy. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, Sean Ross Sapp was in that. Sean match. Ross Sapp was yeah. in it. The Invisible Man made his return. Uh, um, fucking uh, Maven. They had Maven who came out and did drop kicks to literally everybody as they stood still for his drop kick. And then he just eliminated himself and said, I want somebody else to win and just left. And like it was crazy, but the highlight of the entire show, even though there was actually some really good matches on this show uh, for the first half, in fact, the, the match quality might have been better than night one uh, for the first half of the show was, like I said, early morning guy steal. So this fucking guy comes out and Davey and I are watching this and we can't fucking figure out if he's wearing a rubber mask, prosthetics, a fat suit I don't know what the fuck. 100% of fat suit. What? Yeah, it has. We don't. I, you're right. But I just still don't know what the fuck we were looking at. It's terrifying and hilarious all at the same time. He's wearing the Carhartt overalls with the flannel shirt. He's wearing some goggles. And it just looks fucking insane. Like a like, holy. Like, what is this thing? What was your first impression of seeing him, guys? Well, I I just couldn't figure out if it was. We kept going back and forth and trying to get higher resolution. It was just like, okay, his head, mask, <laughs> what the fuck? prosthetics, or just heavy makeup and a bald cap. Yeah. And I still don't know. I still, I don't, still don't know. Don't yeah. fucking... Still don't know either. He had the pack of hot dogs. I, for that, I wish I was there. He had the pack of hot dogs on the back of his neck. And then, <laughs> so he goes to get in the ring and he jumps up. He, he does, tries to do the springboard over the top to get in the ring, like the fancy way to get in. And he fucking trips himself up on the top. And this is all on purpose, obviously. But, but, and then he just eats shit. It's GCW. It's yeah. never obvious that it's on purpose. No, it was pretty much on purpose. He's definitely playing this fucking. Well, yeah, this, in this case. Yeah. Yeah. In this case. Yeah. And so he, he fucking gets caught up on the top rope and he fucking smashes on the ground, on the, on the mat. And he just eats shit, and it's fucking hysteric. We're dying. We're laughing our asses off. And um, he gets up, and he's like, no, 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 fuck it. I'm going to the top rope. So he goes to the top rope, and then he slips. And he's, he's like, struggling to get on the top rope, and it just looks so fucking funny the way this guy looks. And he slips, and he eats shit again. 
So then they try to get they they start going into a spot with him, and he ends up doing a double blockbuster. Then does two Canadian destroyers, goes to the top rope, and does the funniest fucking 450 splash. It was a really good 450 splash, but it looked so fucking funny. I don't know who's underneath this mask playing this character, but it's somebody that knows how to do this shit. And he does this 450 splash and he fucking smashes onto, I guess it's onto Jimmy Lloyd or something. And he just bounces up in the air in this fucking suit. And dude, the crowd is going fucking wild. And we're laughing our asses off. We're watching the feed. We didn't go to the show itself, but like we're watching it and just fucking dying. So that he was the highlight of Janela Spring Break Part 2. <laughs> for sure. For me. Yeah, and, I, me, and I watched this uh, after you, you guys did, and I just you know kept hearing you talk about early morning guys steal, and I just thought, you know, you woke up a boner or something, but <laughs> um, but yeah, this was hilarious. Like, this this guy is just... I mean, the, the Canadian destroyers, I think were even goofier than the 450 Splash, mm-hmm. to be honest, but man, that was, that was something. Definitely the highlight of this show. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like I said, there was some other good stuff. Like, the, the, the wrestling quality was probably better than night one of the matches. Like, we had Chris Dickinson versus Matt Cardona. It was your standard Matt Cardona affair for GCW. Um, but it wasn't quite as, like, red hot. Like, he kind of cooled off a little bit, it felt like. Uh, Tony Deppin versus Biff Music was fucking great. Um, Biff put over Tony Deppin. Uh, it was a good match. Biff Music is another fucking MVP of the week- weekend, working all these matches, and he's top tier. Speedball Mike Mike Bailey versus Jordan Oliver was an unannounced match, and this is easily the best Jordan Oliver match I've ever seen. This is what this kid is capable of. So, whenever I say I like him, and then we watch a match and he's fucking garbage, like this is not one of those matches. <laughs> and then of course, uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Effie, which sounds insane on paper, but was pretty good um, to watch. They did. What do, was the finish of that match? They did. I, I actually didn't see that. They did do a kiss spot. Oh, that's right. And then, right. and then Suzuki, he did a, uh, Effie did a kiss spot on Suzuki, but then Suzuki ended up beating his ass, and then did put him in the Gotcha Style Pile Driver wins one two three. So Mizoru Suzuki wins again, and then after the match, he's like going, and he goes around the ring and he wipes his mouth on fans' shirt, which is really gross to think about, but especially people that have been going to the shows every day. But he was going, yeah, he was going around pretending like he was throwing up, and he was like wiping his mouth and. Uh, yeah, that was the finish of that match. Uh, but the, oh like I said, God. the wrestling quality for the first half of the show was was definitely better um, than the night uh, before. But the the clusterfuck was garbage. But I think it, I guess it was supposed to be, and it went on way too long. If they were going to do funny shit, it would have been better if they kept it shorter. But yeah, it was awful. Did we watch anything? Else? Is there anything else we want to talk about on from that's non WrestleMania related? Uh, the AEW shows this week. Oh yeah, we sure do have AEW yeah. shows. This <laughs> yeah, week. Jesus Christ, we're running long. Do you want to try to get through it quick if we can? If yeah, we can. Yeah, let's do um, it quick. So uh, AEW Dynamite, uh, March thirtieth. We open up with Max Caster versus CM Punk. The Caster rap he references Will Smith and the infamous smack. Hunter Biden. He also tells uh, Punk that he's going to have him crapping his pants like he's a Z Pack, and in, uh, you know, reference to the <laughs> infamous. Uh, interview and spots on uh i think it was a uh, raw or something when punk was wearing right, yeah. shorts and shat his pants yeah because they kept giving him a z-pack because of his injury yeah uh this is pretty good uh punk wins uh tony interviews him asks why he was gesturing for the belt and he says that you know he's here to win championships he's gonna go for the gold he'll be world champion by the time he's done here crowd was super hot for it yeah match was it's good it's gonna be 
it's going to be fun to see him, uh, you know, in the, in the main event build up. And I'm, I, after we saw the match with Dax, it's like CM Punk has finally shaken off the ring rust and Mm -hmm. he is wrestling to the best of his ability. Mm -hmm. He's never been, you know, the greatest athlete or the greatest in ring performer in terms of athleticism or, you know, just movement or physicality, but he does know what the fuck he's doing. He's able to overcome uh, his limitations in a way that's really impressive. And, and, you know, not that I think, you know, he's the best in the world or whatever the gimmick is, but he's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm remembering for sure why I've always liked this guy mm-hmm. outside of, you know, the straight edge thing or whatever. I agree with that. The match is cool. Like whatever, we're going to move forward with the, uh, with what, with what he's doing. Can't wait to see him in the main event scene. Let's do, you know, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, it next like, up, we, it looks like they're going to do that after the, the, Adam Cole Hangman rematch. I'm, I'm a match. Oh, they'll probably save that one for pay per view, and they they'll yeah. probably do the yeah. Adam Cole one as like a TV. Well, they've yeah. got the Vegas pay per view coming up in what May? Yeah. So not Sounds that right. Not, yeah, not that far away. So it might we'll it might be the Punk heel turn. Who knows? Uh, next up, we have the Pinnacle backstage. Uh, MJF is putting up Wardlow posters and saying that he doesn't exist in this universe anymore. Clearly, you know, kind of bringing in the sports entertainment thing that Jericho is also doing and. I actually really like this FTR um, because they're part of a heel group, right? But they're turning babyface. So, like, it's not just like a, all of a sudden, like, oh, we're going to pull apart from this. It's like, yeah, we're friends with you, even though you're a despicable person. But we're also friends with this other guy that you've betrayed. And we don't want a part of this whole little feud. Uh, so, you know, some dissension in the ranks. Uh, pretty good overall. Yes. It's continuing the babyface term, uh, turn, which came to fruition in the show that we just talked about yeah, it, uh, it, at the conclusion of yeah. the Ring of Honor show, their full baby face. Now. Yeah. We're going to see that full baby face continue this Wednesday when they wrestle the young bucks. That's going to be very interesting because last time they were heels for, uh, they were, was, they've, they've both yeah, swapped roles. Yeah. They, they both, yeah, they swapped roles. So that's going to yeah. be cool. I'm, I'm glad we're finally going to get to see that match in front of a crowd too. Oh yeah, for sure. It's about time. Uh, next up, we have Jay Lethal versus John Moxley. Uh, Moxley doesn't have Danielson or Regal with him this week. Uh, we just got a really solid singles match here. A little bit of like ROH vibes. Uh, they do the handshake at the end. This was just a really good match. I think it was kind of, to, you know, Lethal was obviously on the ROH show. I think it was just kind of, you know, provide a little bit of a, a reminder of, you know, what that promotion's about. Lethal loses again and, you know, it yeah. continues what also came to fruition at Supercard of Honor. I love I love that there's like a a correlation in between the two, but they still feel separate. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's they did that they did that so fucking perfectly. It's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we get a Marina Shafir vignette. Uh, so she's coming up to the you know quote unquote main AEW roster off of you know a few uh, string of dark matches. She's on a uh, you know a, a sort of a hot streak on wins. There, I had written that she's a good challenger for Rosa, but uh, seems like that's not the initial plan they have for. Her. Um, I guess we can talk about that now. Uh, there was a Jade Cargill segment where she's looking for her 30th opponent to beat and or 30th match, at least 30th, 30th win. And uh, um, she's there with Smart Mark Sterling. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I found a perfect opponent for you. It's the librarian, Leva Bates, who's, you know, clearly a jobber and whatnot. And she's like, no, like we need someone like real, someone worth it. And he said, mentions Maria Shafir. Um, so we'll be getting that. I'm curious to see how that plays out. 
he had the, the old like Rocky fucking Mickey thing where like where he was he's a little worried about picking her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, um, I mean, man, what a fucking statement! What a way for her for uh, Rena for Shafir to debut if they have her beat Jade Cargill and be the one that oh, for sure in her undefeated streak. That would be fantastic. The women's division needs Marina Shafir. She's awesome. She's believable. Man, we know how good she is. We just saw her on Bloodsport. So I'm sure she's going to do great. I am curious to see what a match with Shafir and Jade Cargill is going to look like. So let's have it. Uh, then we had FTR versus the Ass Boys, uh, Billy's Kids, Gun Club, whatever the fuck you want to call them. FTR is in kind of NWO-inspired gear. That was kind of cool. Um, I don't know if it, the intent was sort of as like a Scott Hall um tribute but uh they've worn the timing is definitely sort of there they've they've worn this gear before and they probably did wear it for that reason so okay yeah i was gonna say i I, kind of recognize that um mjf's on commentary and uh the match is like pretty decent uh eventually wardlow comes out uh you see him backstage just destroy all these security geeks he throws one of them into like this popcorn machine you know popcorn's all over the place uh, he tries to make it to the ring, uh, you know, the ring area to get to MJF on commentary, but he's eventually escorted out. Uh, and then you get a really cool finish. Uh, Gun Club tries to take advantage of the distraction um, and rolls up um, Dax and uh, Cash to break it up leapfrogs over him and then like shoves off uh, Billy Gunn on the outside and then they hit the big rig and they win. Huge pop. And yeah, really good stuff. Uh, FTR argues with MJF afterwards because, again, you know, dissension in the ranks, clearly going to split off from the pinnacle. Yep. I, I wonder if like MJF's going to get like a replacement goons or how that's actually going to work. Yeah, he's going to have just Sean Spears. No, no way. <laughs> they might they <laughs> might use this spot for somebody new. Maybe he'll bring Briscoes. Maybe he'll. <laughs> oh, shit. No, 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 no way. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Like maybe he brings Tully back because you know with yeah. that new tag team or he's something got some like groups. That. Yeah, like because you know um, he lo- he's losing three guys. He'll get three new guys. Well, yeah, and and you know, yeah, he could contract Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Well, F- FTR is the one that fired Tully, not MJF. So right, so. yeah, that's what we're saying. He could contract his uh, his workers or whatever. Mm. That kind of makes them, they they like this these silly little business angles and shit. The whatever and family that's office, and I've got you under contract, and da 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 da. You don't work for AEW, you work for me. Lines up with shit that they've been doing. Mm. Uh, we then have the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage. Jericho says that they're the revolutionary force in sports entertainment, and anyone who disagree, uh, who d- wants to join them, can uh, go fuck themselves or GFY. Uh, you know, because we have to use, you know, acronyms yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the cringe stuff. And they make a big deal how, you know, oh, Kingston and uh, Santana Ortiz are never coming back. And, of course, you know, that they immediately come back, uh, beat them up, take them down the ring. But eventually, Eddie, you know, huge Eddie chance. Uh, he's super over. Shitty way uh, to bring I'm, Eddie back. They fucking killed, yeah, the, they, they killed another opportunity for a big pop, you know? He got a big pop. They could have they did this. Yeah, but he, they could have did this in the ring. And he could have come out for the live crowd and it would have been a much bigger pop, much bigger moment fucking stupid this is stupid i hated this i mean just good just for- him getting taken off tv now he, he did have that crazy bump he took through the table where it looked like he almost tilted over and killed himself or got murdered <laughs> but taking him out of tv 
for even a week, to me, seems stupid. And to us, we're like, he's the the potential for the biggest baby face. Yeah. I don't know if, if that's the case. I don't know if that's what they're really doing. Yeah, and like, uh, it's, yeah, and if you are going to take him off TV, let him get his fucking pop. Like, when did you see Steve, yeah. when did you ever see Steve Austin do shit like this? When did you see Steve Austin get beat up one week and then miss TV, miss Raw the next week? On, yeah, in like well, 90, I think the, in like the 98, bigger, you know? I think the bigger issue I have is just that they got beat down again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah that's true. That's another problem. Yeah, I don't know. That's this is stupid. Like, please fucking don't mishandle Eddie. With, oh my god, it's so stupid. It's such a no brainer that they should have did this in the ring. It's to me, it's this sucks. I'm glad Eddie's over, and I'm glad people still chanted for him. But fuck, man, like how big of a every time he comes out to a huge pop, he looks like a bigger star. It's leading to a six man tag. Whether or not it's going to be at the whether or not they're going to stretch it out to the pay-per-view or do it on TV is the only thing we've got to wait and see. I would imagine they'll do, they'll they'll do the six-man tag before that, and they'll eventually do another Jericho versus Kingston match. If they do that, I just I just hope they get Eddie into a singles situation where mm. where it means yeah. something. And agrees, man, he's good. Get him on mm-hmm. the fucking mic. Get him in the ring. He's I I don't know how healthy he is right now, but I think he's got momentum in the ring. Like he's been, you know, he's been doing his homework and watching his tapes he's been posting you know the the japanese oh, yeah. stuff he's been watching including some some of the same joshi matches that you know we i was gonna say he must be year. a sharing a watch list yeah he well he's he's listening to our shit and he's looking at our uh that's probably what it our, is our twitter feed yeah <laughs> yeah he's listening to monster bot confirmed we then had the jade interview that i already mentioned but we had brian danielson versus wheeler yuda uh, this is the first time that Yuta's really been like over to this extent. The crowd was really behind him. Uh, Regal was on commentary again, of course. Uh, he keeps calling him like he's like, "I'm very interested in Young Wheeler," and whatnot. <laughs> it's just, it's just kinda, I just kind of got a laugh out of that. I guess um, what they're doing is working for Wheeler if they're if they're starting to get behind. People are starting to get behind him. I don't care for yeah. it, but you know, whatever. Well, the the key thing here, um, it was actually you know relatively competitive, and near the end when. Uh, Danielson's about to win. Uh, the cattle mutilation gets uh, reversed, and Yuta does his like you know classic like leg kick their head and beat down. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, when Danielson gets him in that, uh, Yuta like spits him spits at him in the face. Danielson that just was looks super pissed. That's good. That was good. That, that was, was good. Beat yeah. the shit out of him. That was good. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That was good. Yeah, he had a you know he had a near fall too in this match, you know, yeah. and uh, he mm-hmm. got a lot of shit in on Danielson, so. It's clear that, um, you know, they've got big plans for this guy. Uh, next up, we had the Undisputed Elite quote-unquote championship celebration. Uh, this was okay, but man, Kyle O'Reilly called one of like the worst promos I've heard in a really long fucking time. I don't even remember what he said. He was just super awkward. I saw Horrible. him holding the mic, and he was kind of bouncing it in his hand. You could tell he was a little anxious, and it was bad. And I'm trying. I am also trying to remember what he said, but it was it was rough stuff. What the fuck was that? Yeah, what the hell? Like, and it was like it wasn't even like he came across like nervous or anything, right? He didn't like start anything. He keeps like this is exactly what he had intended to say, and it was just awful. Cole and Fish were, you know, they were fine, but man, I was really distracted by that when Kyle Riley had the mic. Yeah, yeah I, he uh, shat the bed. Yeah. Then a uh, hangman came out. He has a. Uh, of all things, a Tesla with like the Longhorn horns on it. 
you know, so yeah. he's, you know, the millennial cowboy, right? He's got, you got to go electric, um, just beats them down. Jurassic Express comes out to help him. They, you know, beat him up, take their titles back. Uh, yeah, so they so they took their titles back, and uh, again, this felt mid card as fuck, and it's your oh it's your three most important belts. Yeah. Oh my god, promotion! Get this Adam Cole shit off of my fucking TV, please. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of Adam Cole. Are you jazzed about Red Dragon versus uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy at all? No, I don't give a fuck. Even though like okay. those guys are, even though those guys are good, I'm just not, dude. Just something about. The flavor of fucking the undisputed elite just so cringe. It just feels like people care about it because it was like X NXT shit. Like really weird. Ugh. Yeah, it's so weird. yeah. I feel like it could. I feel like they're they're capable of better. Yeah. It's like the build. It's like the build is killing my excitement for that match because I would have mm-hmm. been moderately excited about that. Sure, and then yeah. The build, the build just feels has, a little juvenile. Has the has had the opposite effect it's supposed to on me. So agreed. Yep. Uh, we had Tony with Thunderosa. Uh, a quick little interview. You know the one that Nyla interrupted. And she says that pillars get knocked down, but foundations remain, and she's a foundation. So uh, FTR promo. Uh, they take wrestling seriously. They'll become the ROH champions, and then they'll uh, beat the Bucks and prove they're the best tag team ever. We then get the uh, Owen Hart uh, tournament qualifier match, the Bunny versus her mystery opponent, who is the debuting Tony Storm. Uh, crowd was really into Tony at the start. I think I don't know if the match was. I, I think the match was fine, but like yeah, when you fine. go into picture in picture, it just feels like it lasts forever and it, it kind of kills momentum. Yeah, I mean Tony Storm's really good. I wasn't that hyped, but uh, but you know it's not like I'm not happy to see her in the company. She got a she got a pretty big reaction too. Yeah, she did. Yeah, so it's a plus and for sure. I don't, Bunny didn't embarrass herself this match too badly, so maybe she's improving a little bit. <laughs> okay. I don't know. After after you know the the hardcore match that they did, that you know she got that awesome crimson mask for. Um, I don't, I don't know if that was hard way or not, dude. I don't even remember. Did she get busted open? Or was she? Oh, yeah, was she was. Uh, I, I, whether it was the hard way, I don't necessarily remember. I don't know if we necessarily got a good view of it. Uh, she got time. staples, right? Um, yeah, and then she had. Uh, I mean, obviously there was like the tax spot and whatnot for the finish and whatnot. But yeah, yeah I, th- I think like the point you're making is like they yeah. really like do a whole lot with her after that. Well, well, and I think I've come to realize that there was a reason for that. <laughs> so what do I know? Because yeah, she's anyway. serviceable, but not you know. Not get better, class. Bunny. Keep getting better, Bunny. We want to like you. True. Uh, we did get a Vicky and Nyla interview with, with Tony, though. This is the this one. This is what I was. Like. This is what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Nyla with another great promo. She's getting she'll better. She'll cement her legacy with Rosa's blood. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, then that takes us to the main event: Andrade El Idolo versus Darby Allen. Fuck. Oh boy, a TV match. This match <laughs> ruled. Fucking ruled. They keep hitting us with these great TV matches. Darby involved in, in two of them, but and that's what is that? Three shows in a row that they had terrific TV matches for. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. This guess was fucking fantastic. Darby's special, and so is Andrade. Man, this just this was. I mean, the, just like the hard hitting on offense from Andrade. Darby sells his fucking ass off. Uh, incredible stuff. Uh, Andrade eventually wins with a. Uh, I think it was like a distraction. Um, 
involved in it. Uh, then, of course, you know, you've got the whole post-match AFO Sting and Darby Hardy Boys thing. But the match itself is fucking awesome. Definitely go out of your way to see Absolutely it. Absolutely go out of your way. For sure. I mean, this could have been a pay-per-view match easy. Mm-hmm. Easy. This was terrific. And I hope we get to see him again. I think they could even... I think... I think they could even build on this and and have a better match as good as this was. I agree. Yeah. Possibly on a pay-per-view and maybe they'll maybe they'll continue to keep them involved in this same angle. What I don't want to see on the pay-per-view is is them teaming up with the fucking Hardys again. Yeah, please no more. Yeah, I mean I feel like yeah, I feel like we'll get like a tag match with them maybe. Cuz that seems to be like the thing that they want to like go up against like Sting and Darby maybe. We'll see. I don't I I would hope we don't get like an I mean, though we got the eight man on TV, so I don't think they would do it on pay per view. For fuck's sake, Darby single match on the next pay per view, it has to happen. Yeah. Whether or not it's Andrade or someone else, if it's Andrade, perfect. Straight up, because we know it's going to be good. I think it will even be better. So that was Dynamite uh, Rampage, uh, April first. Uh, we open up with the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Uh, this was a pretty solid match. Uh, they're good at working. Um, Just know, I was only yeah. able to watch half this show. Okay, yeah. So this was uh, this was solid. It was a nice high flying match. Um, you what would have you seen this part, right? Yeah, I've seen I've seen just, the first half. Ju- yeah. Just know that I was not able to watch this show, so I will just be asking asking some questions. It's been a crazy yeah. fucking scene. Yeah, in my life let's move through it fast because we do have some yeah. listener questions as well. For sure. Um, so like one, some of my, my highlights for this was like honestly the commentary. Uh, Ricky Starks is great. He's just like as an unbiased commentary. Dante just doesn't have it in him like he's just he just sucks like just burying him because obviously they have the whole you know history in the storyline with him turning his back on team Taz uh, there's other highlights throughout this as well uh, we get a Statlander vignette I didn't think this was particularly great but she's like welcome to the other side of Chris Statlander still seems like she's an alien is she still an alien or is she gonna be serious now uh, she seems like a serious alien yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on here <laughs> So. Uh, we we get an American Top Team promo. Um, Dan Lambert references Cody and Brandy, saying that he was expecting them to you know be running them down. So I guess that might have been the intended feud had they you know stuck with the company. And that uh, Sammy and Ty are basically just their replacements. Uh, Ethan Page uh, was making fun of the whole picture they posted the NSFW one with them you know having sex with the belt, and he said that Fuego must have. Uh, Taking the, he must have been behind the camera doing all the hard work. Which fucking then Paige that's hilarious. Van, yeah. <laughs> then Paige Van Sant said that it was uh, probably Orange Cassidy living up to his freshly squeezed moniker. And <laughs> I have never made that connection before, but I don't think I'll ever be able to look at Orange Cassidy the same way again. Oh my God. Dude, yeah, the fucking line about Fuego being the one to take the picture is fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is genius. <laughs> yes. He probably was too. <laughs> Yeah, straight up. It probably straight up who took the picture. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, that was good stuff. Uh um, well real quick then we get uh Sammy Guevara in the parking lot. Uh when I said that he was an idiot in his title match, I meant it because he's like, Oh, you won't give us the match, so we're gonna mess up your car, which is like you're supposed to threaten it so that he like has the opportunity to give you the match, but he just they just start destroying his car and they're like, Give us the match and like why? They you destroyed his car. Now he's now he doesn't give a shit. He has no reason to. Well, in theory, he would be pissed off enough to, you know. I guess that's true. But I was just yeah. like, you're threatening to do it. So, like, if you give the match, he won't destroy his car. But this was this reeked of, like, sports entertainment. Just straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. 
we get a uh, Tony Schiavone with Hook. Uh, Danhausen interrupts to uh, curse him, and Hook, he no sells it once again. Does Hook can't be uh, does Hook at any time before he gets interrupted on the mic? Does he? I don't think he said all? anything. God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He had, he still has yet to talk. Honestly, yeah, for the best. Yeah, that's good. I mean, maybe, I mean, he could be honestly like even if he was like the next flare on the mic. You know, just, you know what? I just just keep him silent. No rush. No rush. Yeah, I agree. No rush, and especially no rush if he's not there yet. Yeah, that too. Uh, then we had the House of Black versus Fuego, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. Um, <laughs> Jericho says it brings chills to his arms every time he sees uh, the House of Black. Uh, just the way he said it was just really weird. He also called the House of Black his sports entertainers of the week uh, <laughs> after they win the match. Uh, <laughs> Stu Grayson uh, and uh, Buddy Matthews started off. They were really these guys work really well together. I mean, we kind of knew that like Grayson was going to you know work really well like against the House of Black. He did pretty good. Evil Uno had a few spots here and there, but uh, you know the story of the match is you know Fuego still wants to fight him. He tags himself in, gets destroyed. Commentary just completely buries him, even though like the crowd is like chanting for him and whatnot. But like everyone, even Excalibur can't really defend Fuego. So, <laughs> okay. Predictably, he eats the pin, gets destroyed. <laughs> all right, yeah. This is where I, I haven't seen anything more than this. So this is all new. So take us through it, EOD. Okay. All right, yeah. So next, uh, so for the rest of the show, we had a Bucks promo. They list off like all these accolades that FTR has had, and they said, "But we're actually talking about ourselves." And then they list all these other stuff. Brandon Cutler keeps interrupting him, like adding some other stuff. They tell him to shut up, and but thanks for you know put him over. Um, and then they said that you know FTR has you know their accolades that we already have, and we have all all these extra ones, but they've also never beaten uh, the Bucks. So you know, just kind of the heel promo building up the match. Uh, we then had another Owen Hart uh, tournament qualifier match. Uh, Jamie Hayter with Rebel uh, versus Sky Blue. Uh, commentary says that Britt is boycotting AEW because of her loss until they return to Pittsburgh. Uh, that's on 420, so you don't have to wait too long. Oh, yeah, dude. 420. <laughs> oh, shot, dude. Uh, I hope oh, I remember man. to tune in, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be in a fucking state of mind that day, and I might not even fucking know what time it is. Dude, I'm going to fucking get get so many snocks, dude, because I'm going to have the munchies. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, dude, don't forget bugles, bro. Fucking bugles. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this match was pretty good. I mean, like, Hater works as, like, the cocky heel, sky blue, uh, is you know that underdog baby face the crowd was definitely behind her she doesn't get a ton of offense in but i think it's probably the best uh, sky blue has looked um since they've signed her i think she's signed uh she's been on enough probably but uh hater eventually wins of course uh she does a sheer drop brain buster and wins uh with uh, a ripcord lariat does she continue to impress hater i mean oh yeah she's still really good she's fantastic um, Yes, I'm looking forward to when she uh, when they put her in the next level and she's she's competing against the top girls. Well, she's sure. she's moving forward. In she's the in the tournament. tournament so. She's in the tournament, so hopefully we get. Uh, yeah, so we're, yeah, right now we've got her and Tony. So I mean, that'd be a good match if we get that. Another uh, Penta Obscuro promo. Um, of course, we've got Alex Abrahantes and his you know dark priest vampire outfit, whatever you want to call it. Um, Basically, they just tell the House of Black not to forget about Death Triangle and them focusing on Fuego is going to be the death of them. 
Then we have the main event, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee. Definitely go out of your way to watch this. Yes. Uh, some yeah. fun yeah. commentary lines. Uh, Jericho says that it, they look like two wild moose when they were locking up. <laughs> um, oh, my God. We get a Keith Lee Beal to Powerhouse Hobbs. He flies about as far as everyone else he's done that to. Wow. What the hell? For real? So would you he say... Goes, he goes far. What? Like, maybe not, like, quite... It wasn't, you know, like... I gotta the see The one that, that he, like, Hobbs did to Dante, but yeah, he goes he goes into it. Insane. Would you say, just off the bat, that this met expectations that we might have had for it? Kind of. So, it's got a fuck finish. Probably okay. be expected. I think this will... You'll, you'll probably get a really good rematch, but I think... Even with that in mind, I think it definitely met like expectations. This was a fun match, uh, really good. <laughs> there was at one point a, um, they were like slapping each other, and Jericho said that's a slap that would make uh, Will Smith proud. Oh God! Oh my God! Could we? Did we hear enough fucking Will Smith references on commentary throughout the weekend? Jesus fucking Christ! I mean, you can't avoid it, right? I and guess. see signs and crowds and things referencing. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the finish is uh, Ricky runs down with a chair. Uh, Lee just swats it away. Swerve fights Ricky. And while Lee's distracted, Hobbs hits the spine buster. But the ref is uh, distracted by what's going on outside. And then Keith Lee wins with the ground zero. And then Team Taz beats them up after the match. Uh, fun little uh, closing out of the show. And yeah, that's all I got for AEW this week. Nice. Awesome. I'm gonna have so, to watch that quick hit on it next so, episode. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, so let's move on. We've got uh, we've got a couple of listener questions. Uh, this time these come from Reddit. Okay, so we got a couple. We got a couple here. One of them is, can like uh, pertain to the next um, episode. We're gonna be doing the special WrestleMania only episode. Um, so we can split it up. You can listen to them, you know, separately or whatever. And uh, another one that we'll we'll say we'll go ahead and do on this one. So, Lost and Founder uh, from Reddit says, "What would you say is the biggest difference between a- an AEW major live show and a WWE major live show? Seeing it's WrestleMania weekend and the next AEW event is being built at the moment, I've never had the pleasure of attending any of those types of shows. So I'm quite curious as how the vibe is compared to between the two. Um, that's- I think the, I think the biggest difference is downtime." Uh, um, right now, yeah, yeah. I, I think like I know, um, a uh, WWE has done a few different like weird things in the past, uh, but like what they tend to do now is, um, if there's if they're on commercial and there's not like an actual like match like already happening, like but if like entrances have happened, the wrestlers are just like standing there in the ring and like nothing is happening. Um, yeah, and we'll talk about it with Mania. But yeah, like, they do. There's a lot of commercials and like a lot of stuff that like it kind of sucks the energy out a little bit. So, so um, you don't think they're advertising to fans while the wrestlers are they, standing in the ring? They might be. I mean, they might be showing those video packages, is what Wes said. So here's the thing: like that sucks. Like the way Peacock is set up now, uh, they're going to be a bunch of ads, and they were calculating like how much time there was actual wrestling time during WrestleMania and it was such a small fraction of the entire four hours. That's, em- that's embarrassing. I can't recommend going to a big WWE show, but I think the question that you're really asking is about, um, what's the biggest difference in terms of like how it feels like how much fun you're having. Uh, we have a lot of experience going to professional wrestling shows 
And let me tell you, man, I will say that AEW shows um, shit on WWE shows. Uh, the, the fans are smarter. They're, they're, they're usually hotter. Um, they kind of respect your time a little bit better in terms of uh, the amount of wrestling that you watch and the amount of uh, the stuff, like the stuff you see when you go to a WWE show, you can absolutely have fun if that's your thing, but it's very, very much a corporate fucking show. And I remember the last time we went, last time I went to a WWE show was WrestleMania in Dallas, not this past one, but the one before it. Same. Yeah. And man, they were doing stuff like, um, trying to get people to cheer and it felt like they were just trying to direct you when you're watching the show. Like say Charlotte did a chop and it said, woo across the fucking like jumbotron thing. And there were other things where it would say like, this is awesome. And they want you to fucking chant. This is awesome. And shit like that. Like basically like applause signs on a wrestling show. And, and they me, and they spam the songs that they have the rights to. They spam the songs that they have the rights to. They like, oh my gosh! It's to me, it's it's just it's like it can be fun, like you go, but it's the same kind of fun that you might have going to a sporting event that you're not really into, even when you are into wrestling. At least in the greater uh, North Texas area. One thing that you're guaranteed to experience at a WWE show is someone who hasn't watched wrestling since like 98 or 99 who happen to get tickets to the show yeah. will be seated around you and you will have to you will have to hear them say I miss when Stone Cold would come out. Yeah, oh, I remember when Stone Cold came out and stunned the shit out of everybody or when Goldberg came out and stunned the shit out of everybody. Man, I used to love Goldberg. Remember Goldberg? Does he still Man, wrestle? Man, I miss Bruno Sammartino. No, I don't know about uh, that yeah. part. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you, remember, you remember when Goldberg used to come out? What about the whole train? Is the whole train coming out? Yeah, oh, when's the whole train come out? Yeah, you, should, you get that kind of shit. And with that said, like, if you're invested in like some of the WWE matches or if you're invested in anything going, there's nothing more exciting than going to a fucking live show. Um, you're going to have weird experiences. You're going to have good experiences. You might even have some bad experiences, but man, if you have a chance to go to a live show, just like we were talking about earlier in the show, like it was one of my biggest regrets, not going to that ROH show in Chicago, go fucking go and have a good time. Like don't, don't, um, deny yourself a, an experience of going to a professional wrestling show, even if it is WWE. Um, if, if that's, if you're into WWE and that's what you're into, you know, we're going to talk about WrestleMania on our special edition show. And, uh, you know, by all means go and have a good time. Even if it is a house show in Lyman, Nebraska, honestly, I've had a, like, <laughs> as far as WWE shows go, I've had more fun at, at house shows than I have on like, yeah, I've heard the shows like that. better than the yeah, TV the, shows. Yeah, the wrestlers have way more fun. They seem to have more creativity over what they do in the ring. And yeah, it was great. You, you know? do get a lot of false finishes, though, from you, whenever I read results. So they're fun. They're fun. They're, they're a lot more fun than straight up like main live shows for me. With that said, going to these like shows this weekend, nothing beats that Supercard of Honor show just for the sheer like quality of that show. But I would say between atmosphere and just the fun that you're having, um, like uh, there's a lot to be said about those GCW shows that we went to. Those were so fun to watch live. The atmosphere is just unmatched. People going crazy. You can just scream and just kind of let yourself go and have a good time. So we have do have we do have more questions, but we'll save that for uh, for the special episode. And thank you guys for hanging out and listening to the show. 
Uh, this was a long one, but we knew it was going to be a big one. Uh, look out for the special edition episode as well, which is going to be just WrestleMania. We're just going to talk WrestleMania. We did not attend WrestleMania, but we had a friend that attended WrestleMania, so we are still going to have both perspectives on the show. So uh, tune into that. Thank you for listening, and may your week be filled with many monster pops. See you guys later. Rest in peace, Jimmy Wong Yu.